participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Uh, Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, October 24th. No, it's not the 24th. It's October 4th. Wow, I screwed that up. Can we do that again? Yeah, let's re-racket it. Uh, October 4th, 2023. And you know what's so interesting about this? We've been talking about this date in the pre-show for like an hour, and I screwed it up. Off the bat, it's been a while since I screwed it up like that. Anyway, uh, welcome to the program. I hope you're doing well. I'm all messed up here, but it is great to be back on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon in New York City. It's a beautiful Wednesday afternoon in New York City. Lovely to be here, and we have a very fun show planned for all of you. If I'm being honest, it was a little loud in my ears, and that kind of threw me off, but that's on me. because I complained. I complained. I complained pre-show, and I screwed it up. Do you need so, me to make a fix? No, we're good. We're good. We're all good. I fixed it here. We're all good. We're... Revved and ready to go. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. 
if you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code THEMMAHOUR, if you're a first-time user, you get a special gift. And Lord knows there's a lot to like. As we said on Monday, in the world of combat sports, a lot to look into uh, outside of the regular sports world. Of course, baseball playoffs in full swing. you got Champions League today. Uh, the Bills are in London on Sunday. Playing the Jaguars and the Jaguars get to stay for a full week back-to-back feels like a bit of a screw job, if I'm being honest. But uh, there's that. There's Lee Wood, Josh Warrington. There's Bellator 300. There's UFC back at the Apex. So go to DraftKings. They're good people. Now, uh, back into the show. Picks for the weekend. GC's pick. Stay tuned for that. On the nose is back into the show today, and I had a little sneak peek at Frank's questions. What? Yeah, I had a little sneak peek, and I have to say, you've done a fantastic job, Frank. I don't know how I feel about you. You've done a fa- no. You've done you've done a fantastic job. You really have. Well done. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm very excited about today's questions. We'll get into all of that back into the show. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Angela Lee, who, as of late last week was the one championship, Adam Weight champion of the world. Um, she relinquished the belt before the um, Stamp Fairtex fight, and uh, it's been a very emotional time for her and her family. We're going to talk to Angela Lee about that decision, about where she goes from here, about retiring from MMA, uh, her recent Players' Tribune article, all that and more. We'll get into with great Angela Lee at about 3 o'clock Eastern time. Prior to that, we'll be joined at 2.15 by Iron Mike Chandler. Mr. Mike Chandler, Michael Chandler himself will join us uh, to talk about, well, you know what we're going to talk about. Uh, there's a lot. Hinata Moicano had a lot to say about Mike Chandler on Monday. Money Moicano with his graphics. So I'm looking forward to that. Also looking forward to talking to Marab Shvili. In some people's eyes... The number one contender at 135 in the UFC, but uh, I don't know if he's getting a title shot next. We'll get his take on the state of the division. Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Alexandre Pantoja at 115, the brand new-ish, won the belt in July. UFC flyweight champion, we found out last week he is defending, or maybe it was two weeks ago now. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Uh, or maybe it was last week. Time is flying, my friends. Defending his title December 16th, first time. It's Brandon Royville rematch. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Remember the last time he was on, we talked about his backstory and his recent work as a Uber Eats driver, and now he's the champion of the world. So people like that conversation, and I think they'll like this one as well. Speaking of which, thanks for all the great feedback from Monday's show. I'm still unclear as to why the Dylan Dennis video is age-restricted. Uh, Dylan seems to think it's because of the T-shirt. There's no chance in hell it's because of the T-shirt, but he can he can proudly you know put that feather in his cap. I don't know why. There's uh, there's some debate as to perhaps it's the cussing, but there's been cussing on this show for a very long time. Maybe not just me. Maybe they don't like when I do it. So perhaps I need to clean up my act, Frank. What do you think? I like it the way you are. I don't like this age restricted nonsense. What, yeah, what is going I don't. On? Know I feel like we're being targeted. We're being targeted here, I feel like. This is an attack, and I don't like it. So I don't know. The other thing I don't like, you know, when I went away on vacation and GC and Rick did their first show here, they did a fantastic job, and I came back. It was a great show. I came back, and I was like, holy smokes, look at my cup. There's all kinds of pencils in here. I used to have one pencil, and then I had a plethora of pencils, and I also brought my own black pencils, which are super-duper sharp. Look at these. I don't know if you could tell from a hotel that I stayed at. I mean, a black number two pencil. 
But then I was like, man, someone did a really nice thing by putting a bunch of pencils in here. And I suspect it was GC. GC, was it you? Yeah, feels like you could use those. Yeah, but does it really even matter how sharp they are? I've never seen you write with one of them. I never write, but I play with it all the time throughout the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I point. Oh, you like it being sharp. I like it being sharp, nice right. and like crisp, sharp. Look at that, freaking. It's a great pencil. Yeah, you it's can not... go through someone's. What's heart. the complaint here? Well, the complaint is, I actually thought, you know what? I've been using the black for a while. Let me use one of the yellows today. This. There was a oh, sharpen yeah, on yeah, your yeah. desk. There's nothing. This is not even sharpened. Look at this. Uh, go, this is like a womp womp. Go through a couple of them. Are they all unsharpened? Unsharpened oh, number two. One. Oh, this one. Mm. Uh, you know, you pulled two unsharpened. People unsharpened were starting to think that maybe you were just playing tricks on us and you just kept grabbing the same pencil. Yeah, no, 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 no sharpened. No, sharpened. Sharpened, yeah. I actually brought a pencil sharpener. Mm, all right. Well, I pulled it out and I felt very, it was like I was excited about the yellow and then it, it was it was the actual definition of that uh, sound right there. But I am in a good mood, my friends, because it's a Wednesday and we like to shoot. We like to answer your questions. Um, on Sunday, I lost my glasses at the park. I, I actually bought two pairs of these. Lost my glasses at the park dropped them on the floor as I had them here. I was having a headache watching soccer, my kid's soccer, put them on my shirt. I guess they fell, went back to the park later that evening to look for them. But I mean, it's needle in a haystack. No chance I find them. Uh, And then I was lamenting to my wife that I had lost my wallet recently. I lost my glasses. I lost my AirPods. I felt like I was really getting old all in the span of of a month. Then I put on my jeans this morning and guess what's in my pocket? The glasses? My AirPods. Oh. That was a good feeling. I must How admit. come you don't have the Find My AirPods on your phone? You can I, even make it ring a bell for no, you. No, it doesn't do it because it was like the first generation ones. It doesn't Where's ring. Where's that it. damn wampum? Yeah. So uh, that, was a nice, uh, that was a nice surprise. I was very happy to see that. So we're back on the up and up. Uh, I do want to let everyone know that tickets are sold out for our live event on the 10th of November. Uh, working on the guest list as we speak. I've seen a lot of your... Uh, screen grabs, thank you very much. We are all sold out, my friends. Frank, I feel like I'm peaking too much as far as my audio is concerned, and it's throwing me off a little bit. Is that uh, better? Yeah, I think so. So we're all sold out, my friends. We're uh, we're looking good. Can't wait for the show. Thank you to everyone who has purchased a ticket who's going to be in New York. And uh, we do have an announcement about a fun show that we're doing next Wednesday to come on Monday. So stay tuned for Monday. We're going to have an announcement regarding a very fun show that we'll be doing next Wednesday. Stay tuned for that, all right? Now, set at the top of the show, I'm pissed off that I screwed up the date. How did I do this? October 4th, every time we hit October 4th, it's like ingrained, it's etched in my brain because it's one of the most important dates of my career. October 4th, 2008, I was in Sunrise, Florida, covering Elite XC heat. That morning, I get word, 15 years ago today, Ken Shamrock might be out of the CBS main event fight against Kimbo Slice. How could this be? It's a massive fight. This is very important for them. It's on national TV, CBS. This is before this was like a thing and like prelims were on ABC. This was CBS main event. This can't be. This would be a disaster. Get to the arena where the Panthers play. Confirm that he is in fact out and that Seth Petrozelli, the former UFC fighter, tough fighter, on the prelims, moving all the way up to the main event, is going to be replacing Ken Shamrock against Kimbo Slice. I'm sitting there working for MMARated.com, and I'm like, holy smokes, I can't believe this is actually happening. I write it up on the website. This is pre-Twitter, pre-social media. 
I then had like a mailing list of all the top websites, you know, like the junkies and the sure dogs. And I emailed them all the link to this breaking news story. No one knew. And I remember I was sitting on press row next to all the big dogs. And I remember when I pressed send, a couple seconds later, they all started looking at me because I was sitting right next to them. And I broke this story. And at the time, I would say the biggest story that I've ever broken in my career. I did break that Chuck Liddell was out of UFC 85 in London. They ended up replaying that fight, UFC 88, Chuck Liddell, Rashad Evans. At the time, that was a big scoop. UFC got really mad. This is even before I was credentialed to UFC, uh, 2008, June of 2008. I broke in like April of 2008. But this was a big one because the whole main event changed and all of a sudden it's Seth Petrozelli in the main event. So a massive deal for me in my career. And then we all remember what happened, or at least I'd like to think that we remember what happened. I suspect a lot of people watching the show have no idea what I'm talking about. This is one of the craziest moments in the history of the sport. Kimbo Slice, who was the face of Elite XC, run by the Shaw family on CBS, on Showtime, trying to wedge their way in what was a good card. All of a sudden, he's fighting Seth Petrozelli on hour's notice. And in case you don't know what happened, this is what happened. All right, so here it is. Kimbo Petrozelli, the place was buzzing. Hulk Hogan was in attendance. You'll see him cage side. No one knew what to expect. This was by far the most, you know, well-rounded fighter that Kimbo ever fought. Push kick to the chest, a couple of right hands, and it was all she wrote. A knockout in about 14, not even 14 seconds. I think it was 11, it was 12. Seth Petrozelli shocked the world. And in that moment, you couldn't actually hear it, but you could feel it. Elite XC went down the tubes. They never put on another event. They had one scheduled for November 8th, the following month, but that was it. They invested so much in Kimbo, him losing in a little over 10 seconds ended them. It was crazy. It was surreal stuff. Remember my interview with Jared Shaw? Who remembers this interview? MMARated.com in the back, in the media room with Jared Shaw. Loved Jared, loved Scala. He tried to hide it. He tried to mask it. Looked like he had seen a ghost. Remember this? Trip down memory lane, October 4th, 2008. Here's the beginning of that interview. Ariel Hawani for MMARated.com at the Elite XC post-fight press conference, and I'm being joined by Jared Shaw. Jared, a ton to talk to you about, but let's start at the top. Kimbo Slice loses to Seth Petrozelli. Is this your worst nightmare? No, not at all. I think it's some people's dreams come true, maybe some Kimbo fans' nightmares. For me, it's just another day in the organization. Seth Petrozelli, you know, he had the opportunity of a lifetime. It knocked. He answered it modern-day Rocky Balboa. You know, he's a very promotable guy. Everybody in this sport is promotable. Just because Kimbo Slice may have been at the, at the top for us doesn't mean the whole time we weren't gathering all our other nuts. So now we have fantastic fighters, and we have plenty of stars up here, as you saw. Guys like Benji Raddick had a tremendous knockout today. We have an incredibly uh, deep 185-pound division, so obviously he'll be there. I'm not going to run down the rock thing yet. We'll talk about it, but I'm Petrozelli. You know, he's a, he's, he's a name now in the heavyweight division or in the light heavyweight division. He, he can fight in both, which is great for us because Rafael Fajal, Calcante. So there's there, a know? part of that conversation. Uh, it's still up on the MMA rated YouTube channel. Uh, Scala got a lot of shit. I always liked him. I always enjoyed talking to him and hope he's doing well wherever he may be. Sometimes I hear from him a little bit on uh, Instagram. Uh, you know, he was thrust into a, a position 
Casey has Casey on MMA fighting of, of, of our crew has some tremendous footage for a pilot. I've always told him that he should do something with this for a pilot. He shot about the Shaw family, but that was just a surreal night. And, uh, it was very dark in there and we had a bright ca- uh, bright light on him. And some people gave him crap for the way he was like moving around. I don't know. Uh, but it had to have been nerve wracking and to listen to him now, all these years later, talk about like what this means for the future. And they never put on another event. Crazy times, 15 years ago today. And you know what's crazy about that? Chris Cyborg was on that card. She fought Yoko Takahashi on that card, on the prelims, on the absolute prelims. Isn't that amazing? Not even on the main card. And now here she is, 15 years later, still kicking it. She's the main event of Bellator 300. She should be the main event. I don't know if she actually is going on last. But she's defending her title against Katzengano, still relevant, still thriving. New York Rick calls her his goat. 15 years later, it's Bellator 300 in what could be Bellator's penultimate event, their second to last show, potentially, at least under this regime. There's a chance that they may continue under new ownership, under perhaps PFL ownership or someone else. But under this regime, the Viacom regime, this could be the second to last one. We already know about 301. And so shout out to Chris Cyborg for still being a force 15 years later. And shout out to Bellator. Big event for them this weekend, San Diego. And my good friends at Bellator have actually shown me a uh, limited edition poster that they've put together. And they've given us the green light to share this with all of you. Can we take a look at this poster? You know I'm a sucker for the, the history of the sport and I feel like we don't celebrate the history of the sport enough. This is nice. Look at this. A who's who of all the big names. I would I would buy this. GC, you'd put this up in the back, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would hang this bad boy up. Look, look at how many. This had to have taken an insane amount of time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Now I take umbrage with some of the placement, but overall they have all the big names. Mike Chandler is there, Fyodor is there, the Pitbull brothers are there. Old school guys like Chael there, King Mo is there. Uh, Michael Chandler, yeah, Chandler on the left, Eddie Alvarez, Roger Huerta, uh, Hoist Gracie, Kimbo Slice. Um, some of their early champions are there as well. The ben Lima Ben Askren. This is nice. I love this. I thought this was a great idea. Well done, Bellator. Yeah, McKee is there. Horiguchi. Horiguchi is there. I mean, they're all there. I, honestly, I can't see right now very well. I'm looking at the screen. Um, so my eyesight sucks. You know, I have I have some of the, uh, let's see here. I have some of the, uh, the pictures. I mean, it's just a nice, it's a nice thing. I was, I was going to try to see how many I could uh, name. I think I could name them all. Ryan Bader, Michael Venom Page, Tito Ortiz, Sham. Oh, that's not good. Musasi. Anyway, um... Oh, there it is on the big screen. Thanks. Uh, yeah, this is lovely. I love everything about this. I love everything about this. This is great. So that's Bellator 300. I, I also have to say, I have to give a shout out. They, like, they, they switched up the poster this time too. We got a custom logo with the gold. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a nice touch by, by Bellator there. It's good stuff. Down to three title fights. Yeah, I had to change first, it from, yeah. the, from the quadruple. Have uh, they announced what the main event is? To me, it should be Chris. No, it's it's Usman last. Really? Yeah. Chris I mean, and Cat is the bigger fight. But by the way, they're both somewhat local, um, in the San Diego area. They both kind of live nearby. That's that's the bigger fight, in my opinion. Now Usman is like a potential pound for pound great, and I'm interested in that fight. I'm interested in all three. I mean, the Alimale, 
Uh, Liz Carmouche storyline is fantastic, but I would have ended with Chris Cyborg, especially her being the OG, um, you know, 15 years later, you know, like it's just, and she hasn't, I mean, she's been around for even more than 15 years, to be honest. Uh, what is it now? What are we talking? We're talking almost 20 years. Her debut came in 2005. Uh, we are approaching 20 years, May of 2005. So we're like a year and a half away from her 20th anniversary in the sport. I mean, that's absurd. So great memories there. I would love to know how many people watching this show right now remember what happened on October 4th, 2008. Um, we're even watching the sport. We're even following the sport. We're watching the event. We're aware of who, you know, uh, Kimbo and Seth Petrozelli were, Ken Shamrock was, uh, Lee XC was. And this is not me being like a hipster, like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you're not cool because you didn't watch back in 2008. It's not that at all. It's just actually a sign of how far the sport has come and how much we have evolved and how much we have matured as a sport and how much it's changed and how much has happened and why there needs to be an actual MMA Hall of Fame. Kimbo Slice should be in the MMA Hall of Fame for the doors that he opened. Ken Shamrock, obviously, in the UFC, but he should be in the MMA Hall of Fame. Elite XC should be in the MMA Hall of Fame. Uh, they were the first ones to be on network television, believe it or not. The CBS event in May of 2008 at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Kimbo Slice versus James Thompson. That was historic. Gina Carano should be in the MMA Hall of Fame. There needs to be. I have decided that before it's all said and done, if it ain't going to happen via someone else, it's, it's, it's got to happen. It's, I, 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 need to, I need to help make this happen. I have to make this happen. No ifs, ands, or buts. This needs to be part of my legacy. I've decided that I, 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 need, to, I need to figure this out. Um, do you need me to text someone here? Okay. Uh, so that's something that I'm very passionate about that I think one day uh, will come to fruition. Do I need to be a part of it? No. But if no one's going to do it, I might have to you know, pull up my, uh, my big boy pants all the way to the top and make it happen. Now, our first guest of the day... And a reminder, OTN at the end of the interviews today is en route to a Hall of Fame uh, spot because he's now the UFC flyweight champion. And I'm very curious to see uh, what happens when he defends his title for the very first time in a rematch of a fight that happened back in August of 2021. You'll recall he won the belt in July of this year at International Fight Week when he beat Brandon Moreno. And then we fell in love with the story and we were kind of really first introduced to his backstory. And shame on us for being so late, but sometimes that's how it goes. I wanted to check in with Alexandre Pantoja since he won the belt, how life has changed, and obviously to talk about the fight, the rematch against Brandon Royville. He's kind enough to join us right now on the program. Hello, my friend. How are you? Thank you for joining us again. I'm very well. Thank you, Ariel. It's a very pleasure to talk to you again, buddy. Yes, uh, same here. I feel the same. And uh, so much uh, great feedback after your first time on the show. So it's great to have you back on. And I'm just curious off the top, is it possible to say, to share how life has changed for you since July? Is this something that you can actually feel and touch? Has it changed a lot? I changed a lot, changed a lot. Now uh, more people start to me to take a pictures. That's so nice. And uh, I can meet you on other personals. And, uh, but I, I think in my, for me, it's never, nothing changed too much, you know. I keep in my focus, keep in my goals. Uh, I train in America Top Team, best team of the world. And uh, I, I, I like to say that because 
I'm staying one month off in Brazil, and when I back to my gym, everybody killed me. Then I'm normal world champion, you know? <laughs> and uh, that that's very important for, for me right now, you know, um, make my feet in the ground, you know, uh, understand I'm champion July 8th, and uh, I need to prove one more time December 16th that I think keep this in my mind, that, that that's my goal, you know, this is going to make me much better. And uh, I think the big change coming when uh, I make a pay-per-view show and uh, when I'm a champion, I think I, I'm going to make some huge money with that fight, you know. And, of course, that that's going to change all my life. And in that point, I need to be very smart to to work with that, you know. Uh, I think everybody knows, but I'm, I love uh, movies from Rocky. Rocky movies, Rocky Balboa. Yeah. And the third, ter, in the third movie, um, when he Rocky is a champion of the world, and uh, a lot of people take pictures. He he do a, a lot of promotions. And Mick, his coach, say uh, you can be civilization. Something. My words not good, but he he say something like for Rocky because he's don't don't train uh, like he he trained before, you know. And then came Clyburn uh, Lane with so you know, patient, hungry, and want to destroy, you know, and uh, I, I think it, that's a good point to learn, you know, uh, keep it, do it, everything I do uh, before be a champ, you know, I think it's a, my plan is like that, you know. I love that. I, by the way, when did you fall in love with the Rocky movies? When I watched the movie, Rocky movies? Yeah, when did you first, like, get introduced to them? All the time, man. All the time, I I, I watch Rocky a lot of times, and I, I that, that's so crazy because Rocky Balboa is never fight. You know, it's never, you know, Sylvester Stallone. He never sure. fight, but he can talk with us. You know, that that's so crazy. You know, how he can speak all, all the movies. Uh, I see something like a one coach for me, and uh, all the movies I get something. You know, and uh, when I fight with Brandon Moreno, I'm. Before the fight, like uh, two hours before I fighting, I'm I'm watching Rocky Four wow. and uh, the the fight he, he go to Russia and fight with uh, Drago and all crowd like I screen for Drago one and that's very similar for me yeah. that night you know I go all Mexicans supporting Breno Moreno and uh, in one point of the fight just make me more fighter you know and the in the last round. I think it's two one, but when I see the judges score two two, in that point, the last round, uh, Moreno hit me hard, and all arenas scream, you know, and then Moreno hit me again, and all arenas scream more more loud, you know, and I think I need to do something, you know, and uh, oh, I, this atmosphere make me like a put him for the down, put uh, in the ground, make me shooty. And try to take the back, and you know, make make me work, you know, make me work more. And uh, I think it, that's a good connections, you know. I, I, Ariel, I'm very, I'm very glad for everything happened in my life. You know, I, I'm a very humble guy, and uh, I, I think he, God gave me all the points. You know, it's like a, I, lo- I like to watch movies, and I learn a lot with that. You know, uh, who want to be a millionaire? Yeah, of course. That movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jamal, Jamal, no all the answers you know because god give to him uh, before you know some something happened in his life before and i'm feel the same you know uh, i know all the answers right now because i passed for a long journey you know and now i can like uh, share with everybody that 
I love that. By the way, uh, best Rocky movie, which one? Uh, the three. Number three is your favorite. No, 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 no. My number. Yeah. I, I like three. I like, of course, I like three because he needed like. Uh, yeah. After the champion, and I like to the Rocky Four too. When he go to Russia and do it, I all I love one, two, three, and four. That that's my best one, and, you know. And when you first watched all it, all you need, all you need to watch. I I agree. Uh, when you first watched yeah. it, was it in Portuguese? Of course. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I love that. Uh, by the way, that's amazing. Uh, people from Brazil love this movie. You talked about going back home. I saw footage uh, from our friend Guilherme Cruz of MMA fighting the Brazilian beast of you back home. There was like a parade for you. Could you tell me what that was like? How crazy was it to come back home and get this type of reception? It's like a celebration the belt 100 times, like a 1,000 times, you know, because uh, I go to fight for bom in Brazil's bombeiros. Our kids are firefighters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm in the top, and I cross my city, and uh, I can see a lot of people's uh, part of my life, you know, and uh, the, the the people's very happy with that, you know, and I can a celebration over and over times, you know, I I, I celebrate the belt, I be a champion like a one hundred times, you know, and uh, my belt to keep you like a out of the case, the case, I can celebration with uh, everybody, you know. Uh, I love people take a picture with, with this belt, you know, it's very important for me. And uh, I can see my first master, the guy doing everything for me in the beginning, like uh, giving me food, supplements, everything. And uh, that's very special. I can give him his t-shirt, uh, the champion t-shirt. I give to him and I uh, see my mom. Th th that's very important for me and uh, for everybody in, in my city, you know. People say you're gonna uh, make like a, a statue, like a rocky statue. Uh, I don't know what statue. Say in statue. Statue. Yeah. I say no. I don't want that. I want something like a uh, can give the people's uh, the the my the people's uh, no no, no stat, something different. You know, maybe put in one room with a uh, class for kids. You know, that'd be something great. Like that. That that's more my yeah. No no, just something like a stay in the in the court you know but something people can enjoy you know was it was it ever overwhelming for you like all this attention that you were getting you come home you're on the 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 fire truck and all that stuff did it ever get like man this is a lot this is a lot to handle or it was all great the guys talked to me before when i went i win my first fight in ufc i said no i don't want that now uh, -huh. uh but when i get the belt of course of course now wow. now it's my time Nice time to give the back for all, all, all people, and uh, you know what? I think I do that not just for me, you know, but for all the all the the people from the, my city, you know, from Ohio to Cup, that city, and uh, I have support from a lot of time before I go to UFC. I have a lot of support of the, everybody in the city, you know, and uh, I never drive. I'm start to drive when I, I come to America, uh, America, Florida. And uh, I just walk, I walk for the city and everybody stopping me and say, hey, bro, you go to UFC, hey, bro, you're going to get the belt. And sometimes I don't believe that because I'm a little guy, small, sometimes I need to work. And uh, but I say people believe more, you know, and then but but I'll make the uh, I realize I can take the belt when I come to America top team, you know, mm -hmm. I can say that for Don Lambert uh, um, last, uh, last week when I do a dinner for for me. And I can say for him, he changed my life. You know what he do for me is like a, for my family. 
now I have the belt. I'm going to fight for a lot of money, and uh, I really appreciate all Dan Lambert can do it for me and for all the guys from the from, from my gym, you know. That is great. Uh, Dan Lambert, one of the true good guys in this sport, so uh, nice that he put on that dinner for you as well. Um, and just curious, you know, speaking of driving, the last time we had you on after the win, that story about you being an Uber Eats driver got a lot of attention afterwards. Wow, that thing spread everywhere. Were you comfortable mm-hmm. with uh, the aftermath, with the reaction to it? Were you okay with it? Of course, man. Uh, the people need to know everything, you know. And uh, may- maybe one one guy from UFC do it Uber drive right now, you know. Yeah. And uh, he can like uh, you know feel the same, you know. You need you you need to do what you need to do, you know, for a family, for your goals. Uh, nobody can stop you. Uh, that's that's called being an inspiration. You're you're, you're inspiring a lot of the guys. And uh, you know, and, and right now, and right now. Everything is very easy for me, you know. My only, I have only one, one opponent. It's myself, you know. I go to the gym with my Mustang. I eat everything I, I want, and uh, my uh, my gym have AC. I, you know, everything is very good, you know. But I, I need to work with my myself, you know. I need to put me in the in the line all the time, you know. And uh, I I think I'm never gonna lose that, you know. That is great. So. Uh, you get this opportunity to defend your title for the first time on December 16th. Were you happy with the uh, the proposition of fighting Brandon again, a rematch of a fight that you won, or were you thinking that they would go back to Brandon because there was some talk after the fight that they might give him uh, the first crack at you as champion? Now, Rival definitely deserved fight for the belt, you know. It's a guy coming for two wins, big wins. Uh, he knocked Mal, Mateus Nicolau one phenomenal fight from Brazil. He finished match now and uh he won with I, I think Steam Edit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But you know he deserved, you know, he come uh, he fight with everybody in the in the top ten. He deserved fight for the belt of course. And uh very good match, you know, in a very different moment for me too, you know, because when I fight with Breno Rival for the first time, that time I drive Uber, I have injury in my knee. And though, and uh, that fight is a lot of emotion, you know. And uh, one point, I think all 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 emotion very heavy, but I, I can use that. My mind in that fight is two hundred percent, you know, like a very strong. And uh, now it's very different moment right now, you know. He wants something what I have, you know, and uh, I need to take care, you know. Breno uh, Rival is a very very real dude, you know. He's the guy who I, I need to be prepared myself for that. And uh, but something I have, like a, like I said in the beginning, I'm gonna make a lot of money with that fight, and uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna make deserve all the coins, you know, because I'm gonna put a lot a very good show for everybody watch. And uh, to be clear, um, it was actually uh, Rogerio Bontorin. And then Matchnell okay, and uh, Mateus Nicolau, just to be fair to Tim Elliott. Um, of course. Uh, that guy, you, who beat uh, Brandon Royval two years ago, could he have ever imagined two years later you'd be champion? Or did it feel like what you were driving the Uber, uh, you know, you were banged up your knee, all that stuff? Like, did you think, oh, yeah, you know, if I stick with this a couple of years, I could be champion? Or did that seem a little <laughs> far-fetched? Yeah, in, in that moment... Uh... After I, my injury in my knee, I go to the fight with that injury. And uh, in that point, I just want to make money for 
save my 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 apartment, like a save my mount, you know, save my my bills, you know. But you know, like like I say, when I arrive in America Top Team after two years here, in that point, I fight with uh, Manel Capi in Breno Rival and, and that guys. I can realize I can be a champion, you know, because I worked very hard here. I learned a lot with uh, Coach Pahumpa, Macarrão, Mike Brown, Steve Moko, all my training partners, Kyoji Uruguchi, Adriano Moraes, and uh, so many, you know. And uh, I, I can I can feel, I can feel now, I can take the belt, you know. I, I, I feel I'm a champion, you know. And, and, but in that moment when I fight for the first time with the Breno Rival, uh, just emotions, you know, just emotion, just like a try to support my family, bring the money back for my house, you know. It's a very different moment. Did you see Manel Cape's uh, last fight? He's a, he's a, oh, yeah. he's a character, this guy, huh? Manel Cape, for me, is a real dude, man. He, this guy is very savage, you know. He's one of the, the best containers having flyweight division, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, I forget the, the Brazilian guy, what's the name, but he do a lot of a very good work with the kicks, I kick Manel a lot. That's good for create some space. But uh, I can feel Manel is real dude, man. I, I take care about this guy, you know. Yes, for sure. Um, and and just curious about you. You know, you're so proud to be a, a part of ATT. How do you feel about being co-main event to Colby Covington, given his history with ATT? <laughs> yeah, very crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think nobody want to. Uh, nobody wants to get the, this banner from HT. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, but, but that's nice. I, I can see Kobe work uh, a couple of times in America Top Team. And, uh, you know, for me, he's a good cachorro, like I don't like to say, like a, he's an asshole. Okay. But, and, uh, but you know, he do, uh, I don't know what, what to say that, but he take care about one of my coaches, you know, one guy I really like it. And because that, I'm he had some respect about me, you know. Okay. Because he take care about uh, Gabriel de Oliveira. He's a box coach from ATT, and uh, I I can talk uh, with Gabriel about him. And uh, he, he say he nice with me, you know. He pay my lunch. He pay for one room just from me, and uh, that's very important. You can see who 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 you are when you do stuff like that, you know. Of course, he he a uh, character when yeah. cameras on. But, you know, he's a humble guy when uh, everything's off, you know, and take care about uh, your coaches. That's very important. I'm, I'm taking care about all my coaches. I, I support him because he do a lot for me. And uh, because that, he have a little respect, you know, about, about me. Okay. Uh, that is good to hear. Uh, a character when the camera's on, humble guy when the camera's <laughs> off, uh, just like Sean O'Malley, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, you know, uh, I'm a uh, Gilbert Burns very friend, uh, my friend Gilbert yes. Burns, and uh, one time he talked with uh, uh, O'Malley on the phone, oh. and uh, I can talk with Burns uh, uh, after the call. He said, "Hey, this guy is very smart." He, he talking about O'Malley, you know, and I, I can comprehend that, you know, he's very smart. Yeah, he, he do very good work, you know, and uh, that that you can make the answer right now, you know. Uh, I've trained you with uh, O'Malley five, six years ago, and I, this never passed from my head. This guy go to UFC and uh, take the belt, and I take the belt too. You know, that's crazy, very, very crazy history, and that, that's why I call him to fight. You know, but just just because that, you know, and uh, 
he started to talk about my training with him like uh, two years ago, you know, he started to talk about that. And, uh, but let's go back to five, six years ago when I go to a lab before I arrive uh, with Cerrudo, I, I make a 60 hour travel with the airplane fly and I go to lab. I never step in the lab before and I go to the lab, do sparring with all the guys in the, that's very, you need to, Take very balls for doing that, you know. <laughs> but in that point, uh, I'm just a fighter. But you know, and O'Malley come to me and say, "Hey, I can record this training." Of, uh, of course, bro. Just when you finish, send me the video because I can learn something too. And uh, he never passed the video for me, you know. Oh. And I call to Sehudo, hey, Sehudo, say to your friend, give to me the video. And Sehudo say, hey, "Forget, he never gonna send the video for you, bro." <laughs> he, Why not? He's, he's not like. Ah, you know why not? Okay. <laughs> if you lose, you, you don't share the video, you know. That's okay, you know, that's okay. And uh, for me, that's a good deal. V very good, uh, very humble kid in that moment, you know. Uh, very talented uh, kid, O'Malley, very talented. And uh, you can see he wants to learn more, you know. Very special. But like you say, when cameras on, that's O'Malley's show, you know. He wants all the stuff. And very smart, you know. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm from different world, you know. I'm from very different world. Uh, 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 my creation, my beginning in Brazil, you know, Rio de Janeiro, you know, very different lives, you know, very different worlds, you know. And uh, but I'm here, you know. Uh, after 33 years, uh, I take this belt, you know, prove uh, everybody now. Everybody can know my name. And uh, that's why I went to December 16 and uh, take this victory, you know, because I want to, my name stay, like, a, I don't want to maybe help the family, but I, I want to put my name for everybody know who the guy. Of course. Uh, and, and, and you should be in the Hall of Fame if you hold on to the belt for many years. Just curious, uh, how many times did you spar Sean O'Malley? Was it twice? I don't know if twice or, 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 or one because in, uh, in the first training, I think I trained with John Moraga, O'Malley. I do some like a couple guys. And uh, and then I talk with Henry Henry because I'm not good make a good training because, like I say, I just uh, arrive or you go to the train, you know, like I have a lot of jet lag, very tired. And I say to Henry, I want to back to this gym. I want to train with these guys again because today is not my best day, you know. And he do that. Next Saturday, I go again to the lab and make a different training with these guys. You know, I think in that time, I think okay. I just trained with Tomali, and uh, he don't want to show the word this footage. <laughs> a crazy thing uh, that that popped up recently. Yeah, and uh, that's so nice. Both me and him champion right now. Yes, I, I'm happy. I'm very happy that that's okay. And maybe I can defend my belt. He defend his belt, and then you have like a. Something very special to do it, yeah. A super fight, champion versus champion. Would it be you at one thirty-five or him at one twenty-five? He don't can make one thirty-five, yeah. of course. Yeah, but I can for the, for that guy. I'll go one thirty-five. Okay. If so, somebody take the belt again. I'm I'm forget that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, by the way, um, you know, since you uh, you became champion. Obviously, your post-fight interview in the cage got a lot of attention. We spoke about it as well. You spoke about it with other people. In fact, I think there's even a T-shirt being sold now um, referencing that, that post-fight interview. You talked about your family, your father. 
Uh, was there anything that came from that? Did did you hear from family members? Did you did you hear from anyone that said, oh, you know, I, I like that you talked about this. I didn't like that you talked about it. like what, what what has changed as far as your family's concerned since that? You know, about my mom, my mom say, you, you know, do nothing wrong. You know, you just speak what you're feeling, you know, and uh, what, what, what I can say, you're right, you know. In my, with my two brothers, I'm the young one. My sisters, everybody like uh, agree with me, you know. But in that point, I, I, I don't want to like uh, make my dad be a, a monster, you know. Yeah. But I think it, 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 the world changes right now, you know. The dad is now want to care about my, his family, his kids, you know. I don't know see if it, the world change or I make my world change, you know. Because I do that for my kids, you know, and uh, you know, no, no, you don't can change the past, you know. And uh, I realize uh, I can change sometimes. The, I, I can change some, somebody. I, I don't can change my how I, I want my dad see me, you know. I don't can change that, you know. I just like uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with all happening. Like I I told you in the beginning. I think he, God gave me all the answers, you know, and uh, I do my best all the time, you know. Did you hear from your father after? He tried to, to say, he, he sent me a message, but it, it, like I say, it's not what I expect, you know. He, he, he problem with my, he, he see all, all the, all the happen. Yeah. And uh, what, what, what the problem is, it's, uh, he's feel bad because People uh, close to, to, to him understand the history, you know. Uh -huh. Not the history he, he, he talk, but the real history, you know. And uh, he don't like that. And, and uh, I don't say that for, for, for that this is happening, you know. I say that maybe he can realize that and back, you know, and uh, try to do something I, I'm expect, but. Like I say, you, you don't can change people's head, you know, and uh, that's okay. I learned one more time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I thought maybe it, it could have changed. The relationship could have changed since No, he don't out. change for 33 years, bro. He don't, he's not going to change right now. And uh, but, but that's okay. You know, I think he, I'm expect something, but you, you don't can change the, the people's, you know, you don't can change... How he feeling for me, you know? That's okay. He, I I know he loves me. This his style, right? <laughs> that's okay. And uh, you know, real uh, damn, I, I love my 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 boys, my Nicholas and Kawa, my two kids, so much, you know, so much. And uh, I I like I love to spend time with these guys. And when I go to come to America, I can see the rich people take care a lot for your your, your children, you know, especially. Of course, so some poor dads can work, go back to home, and uh, b b take the kids for do some sport and some activity. But I see the rich people here put it, your your children to do everything. You know, student sports, all he can do, he invests invest a lot. You know, and uh, that's very smart thing to do. You know. Yes. Amen. Um, and then for you in December 16th, uh, your, your, your last performance against Brandon was fantastic. You submitted him in the second round. He's come a long way since then, as you said. He's looked very good. You've looked very good. 
And so I'm wondering, how do you feel this fight is going to go this time around? A fight of the night, for sure. For sure, it's going to be like a crazy fight again. Bruno Rival is a tremendous fighter. You know, I lo love his style and uh, very aggressive, very good jiu-jitsu, like me, you know, but he's tall and softball. But, you know, very impressive fight, you know. Uh, I, I love watching his fight. And 100%, uh, this can be a fight of the night. And uh, he proved, you know, when the fight's over with uh, with Raval, I say to him, "You're very young, bro. You you have a lot to do, you know. You and then he gonna fight with with me one more time for the belt. And um, like I say, he deserved that, you know. He, but you know, Ariel, uh, it's it's very w weird this word when you fight with somebody and uh." In, in the, the some point, you you in, you cross the dream for somebody, you know, mm -hmm. because he he dream with that, I dream with that, you know, I'm dreaming with defend my belt, he dream with take this belt, and uh, I need to interfere that moment, you know, it's very hard, you know, that, that that's very hard to do it, you know, and uh, this is a crazy sport, you know. Because all the good guys fight, uh, fight for a family, for for everything, you know, for your goals, for your dream, and uh, you need to go there and queue, you know. That's very weird sport, uh, but you know, I want to prove the world who who I am, how good I can be, you know. And uh, I have a lot to do. I have a lot to do. I'm very good fighter. I improve all the time in the gym. I want to be better all the time. Um, I have the best training part to do that because if have someday I'm not good, this guy gonna kill me. One of the guys killed Jiriguchi. Damn, this Japanese is this real dude, man. And uh, he he might tear moment. He, I can see if I'm good or not. He pushed me, you know. And uh, that's that's the only thing I try to do, be, doing my best, you know. And uh, December 16. I prepared the best show of my life. Well, it says a lot about you that you would talk about that conflict. Like you're trying to continue to live your dream, but in doing so, you have to kill someone else's dream. And not a lot of people would look at it that way. So I think it says a lot about the kind of person that you are. Much respect, my friend. Good luck to you on December 16th. Thank you for coming on. Great to talk to you again. I wish you nothing but the best. Nice. Let's go, Ariel. Thank yes. you so much, buddy. Pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. There he is, the flyweight champion of the UFC, 125 pounds. You know, you don't hear a lot of fighters speak of that conflict like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very thoughtful and um, sympathetic way of, of speaking of the struggle. He's trying to continue to live his dream and provide for his family. And the more you defend, you know, the better things get financially for you and your family, but in doing so, you have to kill nice people's dreams. And Brandon Royval is a great guy, and he wants to do the same. So uh, good on him for breaking it down like that. I'm looking forward to that fight and that whole card, as we've said time and again, is fantastic. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, 
One that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Now, uh, I, 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 I bet that our next guest uh, feels the same. He wants to live a dream as well. He wants to become champion just like Alexander Pantoja has become champion. We haven't talked to Marab Dualishvili in a bit. Uh, a lot has happened in the 135-pound division and still some questions to be answered. So I thought it would be a good time to talk to the machine, the pride of Georgia. Here he is, the one and only Marab Dualishvili. There he is, my old friend. Hello, Marab. How are you? Let's go, Ariel. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. It's great to talk to you again. Uh, first things first, how are we feeling? Last time we spoke, you had to have surgery. How's the hand feeling? How are you doing? I'm healthy now. I'm ready now. I'm happy now. I'm so hungry now, and I'm ready to go. Okay, so you're 100% cleared? You you can punch? You could do anything? I still have a pain on my right hand, but I'm able to training, so, and uh, and I'm ready for fight. You know, I, I, I my hand still bother me, but no problem, you know? Like, I'm, I'm ready for fight, no problem. That's That's the hand that you had surgery on? Yes, uh, so doctor finally told me I'm able to punch, I'm able to training, and when I start punch and like grabbing and wrestling, I I, ha- I still have a pain now, and I tell doctor, but they told me it's normal, you know, you will have a pain a couple months, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to ignore the pain and just just uh, do my thing. Is yeah, the... I did, I don't know if you see, but yeah, yeah. I have a big scar. Scar, right. Big scar. Yeah. Is the is the pain to the point where like it feels uncomfortable? Like you're thinking about it when you're training? Yes, actually, all the time. I still have something, uh, um, like something on my hand when I training. It helps me. Okay. But uh, like I said, you know, we are fighters, and it's never be a hundred percent. We always gonna bother something. But as long as I'm able to training and. Uh, uh, it's not gonna go worse. It's gonna get only better, and uh, this way, no problem. You know. Okay. Um, so then the next step is August nineteenth in Boston. In in your wildest dreams, did you ever think that that would happen to your friend Aljamain? Like, w- w- was any part of you worried that something like that could happen? Actually, I, yeah, no, no, because I was thousand percent sure. Aljo was gonna win despite um because we all know like style makes fight and I know Aljo style and I know Omali style. And I I such Aljo was such a good sheriff and if Aljo grab 
O'Malley good, and I know that Aljo will make him tired, and uh, that that's gonna be Aljo's game after. Even Aljo can beat him if, if like uh, you know striking like Aljo smart, you know he he's doing smart. Like he wasn't. Aljo's last couple fights, he was fighting very very smart. Like he wasn't taking any risk. Let's for example, he beat Peter Ian first three round, and after no more risk. Last he. He in the same thing with Henry Cejudo last couple of rounds he I'll just no risk you know uh, and uh, so but uh, with O'Malley I'll just win first round uh, and but O'Malley was keep running back and I'll just, the people started moving and I'll mm. make decision to make excited fight and I'll just chose to throw some punch and make some I'll just make some mistake and that's what O'Malley throw his right hand Aljo yeah that was heartbroken man yeah. that was heartbroken I cannot never believe this because so you every so before my fight always I tell referee if I got cut please don't stop me and then even with Henry Serhudo or TJ Dilusho Peterian before Aljo's fight also I was there in locker room and we Paul tell also referee, hey, if something happened, no, make sure, let, let us fight, you know, like, don't stop early. But I don't know, somehow I forget that with O'Malley, I forget Aljo to tell referee, especially Margada, usually he's always like a little bit, you know, like he, he likes to stop early. And uh, so, and uh, we forgot to tell this one right before referee to like, please, you know, let us fight. You know, don't stop me early. You know, if I'm have to, if I have to lose, I want. I rather go out and lose like this. I don't. I don't need to. You save me. Why you save me? I, I'm a fighter. I came here for die. You know, I trained so hard, and um, but unfortunately, uh, that, that, that that crazy thing happened, and uh, I just lost that day. I saw that you wrote something afterwards about Mark Goddard, that he refed one of your fights and you were unhappy with the stoppage and then this fight as well. Uh, he's considered one of the best referees in the game, but do you not feel comfortable if he's refereeing one of your fights now? Uh, yeah, like I, every time I see him, I, I don't know, I don't have, I, I only scare of God and every time I see him, <laughs> I, I don't know, I have a panic, you know? Uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, you know who I am. You know if he will be my referee, you know I'm, I'm gonna go and fight. But yeah, I have a feeling that I'm not uncomfortable when I see him. I don't feel comfortable somehow. That's that's my feeling because um, I saw also other fights and every time something happened, he's like jumping around and he always he wants to like st st jump in and stuff. Um, yeah, I respect the job, but uh, yeah. So we we are we are fighters. We are we have a long training camp, and and, uh, and we we when we are in the octagon, for example, me, I'm ready for die there. You know, I'm that's how my mentality is. You know, in in the training room, I always tap. I don't go. I don't. I'm not sparring hard, but when I'm fighting, I I put everything there and. Uh, I I rather go out and the referee save me. I don't need to save, you know. I rather, you know, go unconscious, you know. And you know, I will wake up and I will I will be sure. Yes, I lost. And but uh, if I was hurt, like I was hurt, like Marlon Moraes, you know, the the referee can stop me. 
but I was fighting, then I proved, you know, I came back and I win the fight, same thing, you know, I, I believe Aljo can do same thing, you know, Aljo was keep moving every time. Aljo never never was out. He was keep trying, you know. Aljo tried couple couple ways to get up, but and then and then last time he make decision to the ten ten uh, give to his back and the referee stopped the fight. So unfortunately, it, it, it's nice though that uh, it seems like Aljo's handling it well. I know he just won a grappling yes. match this weekend. He was on vacation, so it seems like he's handling it well. And then we get to your situation. As we stand right now, where do you sit, Murab? Because uh, a lot of people feel like now that Aljo isn't the champion, you know, you should be next. Aljo has said it himself. If he's not getting a rematch, he feels like you should be next. Uh, it seems like Sean wants to fight Cheeto. Cheeto obviously wants the belt. If he's going to get uh, that that opportunity, why wouldn't he take the fight? And uh, the UFC being a little bit coy about their plan. So where do you sit right now as far as the title picture is concerned? Ariel, this is number one bullshit, man. Cheeto were a one and one. And uh, last fight, he beat the guy who has from last eight fight he has a two win you know i respect the the guy the who who he beat last time but we all know man you know like who he beat and he's he's one and one now you know he's ranked six and uh, i beat uh jose aldo and jose aldo beat chito vera you know chito vera don't deserve this you know and um Islam Mahachev has lost before, and now he's a champion. And if Islam Mahachev calls his opponent the the guy who beat him, it doesn't make sense, right? Now you are champion, you know, you are top of the world, you are champion, and you call number six guy, especially when you have a, like a guy like me. I have nine fight win streak, and uh, I beat two former champions. I beat the guy like ten eight rounds. The guy who beat O'Malley, you know, and Peter Yan. But and if he if if O'Malley wants real real opponent, real contender, and he if he wants respect, he has to fight me. I'm not gonna say it, I'm not saying he, I will beat him easy. O'Malley is a challenge for me. But I've been calling him since 2018, since my first fight. Why I don't should not wanna fight with him? Because I no I so because he's a popular, he's he's a superstar. Now he's champion. I want to fight him. You know, I always want to fight him. You know, I always want to challenge myself. You know, I want I always want to fight the guys who's proud of me and who's the challenge. And uh, I, I I keep want to do this. And uh, if it's not rematch now, Aljo deserve most. But if not that, and I am the next guy. And I'm I'm saying I'm ready. I'm healthy. And I'm 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 gonna fight. And uh, that's it, man. I, I I don't see why they should not give me this fight, and uh, it, it's my time now. You're you're so close, and your resume would suggest that you have long deserved this. I'm curious, how would you feel if they don't give you the title shot next? If they go in a different direction, like Cheeto, how would you feel? I'd be heartbroken. You know, who I am, nothing I can do. I I I I never make a choice. Or I I never I. I never choose my opponent. I always accept what the UFC give me, and uh, I'll be the same. I don't think they will never ask me anything, but uh, um, who I am. But 
yeah, I would love to this fight, and I'll be heartbroken, you know. But it's okay. Life is continue. I'm I'm healthy. I'm I'm you know my life is good. You know I'm good. But uh, if it, the right thing is, I should fight next for the title. You know. Uh, Sean if told not, me I'll... right. Sean told me that when he beat Aljo on August nineteenth, it was like he beat you. So there's <laughs> there's no point. What do you? Doesn't make sense. Like like me and Aljo, we are friends we are teammates but uh come on i my name is mir abdulishvili i'm number two aljo number one so i'm you know like how he beat me like doesn't make sense like it doesn't make sense you know i'm a new new challenge and uh, he should fight me i don't i don't understand why why people always like playing on our friendship you know not only friendship we are teammates you know we were sparring to each other and we, we we push each other and then I always help Aljamain Sterling his uh, his his fights you know like when he prepare his training camp and he always helped me and we are friends you know that's all and then and also one more thing Ariel like Aljo mentioned before like uh, he say he's one of the his interview yeah me and Murab not gonna fight this like small money if UFC wants they have to throw some big money. And uh, UFC never offer Aljo or me to fight each other. I, I don't understand why they complain to us we're not fighting. Yes, of course I say I don't want to fight Aljo and I don't want to fight Aljo. But if UFC offer fight and if UFC send like maybe offer good money or if we are situation we there is no one else then we can fight. Then maybe me and Aljo we sit like always and maybe we can fight. But it's now they make big deal like friends, you know, like Aljo was always booked, you know, Aljo first Peterian and next TJ Dillyshaw after Henry Cejudo and then they, they push him back and make him quick, come back quick and they give O'Malley and they never offer myself or they never offer me Aljo. I don't understand why people or uh, whoever they complain. I don't understand, you know. Of course, I don't want to fight Aljo, like I said, but... Like Aljo said in one one of his interview, if UFC offer big money, yeah, maybe right. we fight, or if there is no one else, understand? So, so even recently, Dana White at the uh, the press conference was like, "Oh, these guys are clogging it up," but I don't see honestly. I, maybe you understand what he's saying. Like, I don't see how you're clogging it up because Aljo isn't the champion anymore. So, what's the issue? Why it's, is this is this is this making any sense to you? Yeah, I don't understand. Yes, exactly. Uh, I may I don't understand. Maybe I I don't know. I mean I don't know. The, uh, I I mean I'm a I'm a fighter and uh, I, what I know I deserve to fight front of guys who is front of me and I don't want to go backwards and fight somebody and uh, hey man my job is fight and I'm ready for fight and. Um, that's all I know. Can I ask you a two-part question? Number one, why do you think it's it uh, it appears as though Sean O'Malley doesn't want to fight you next? Uh, um, I guess uh, he looked me as a bad matchup for him. I, I, what th- that's what I'm guessing because if he's smart and if he's if he's real champion, he should want to fight with me, you know. 
because yeah, I'm a real contender. I'm number one, and there is storyline there. I stole his jacket, and I'm Aljo's friend, and uh, I I have my story. You know, uh, I from country Georgia. I came here like eleven years ago, and I came professional fighter. Now I'm, I'm number two in UFC, and then my name is Mirab. You know, and uh, uh, I, I, I have, I have nine fight with Shrek, like I said, and um, uh, and if he's real champion, he should want to fight with me. You know, that's how champion does. You know, they fighting next contender, not like I choose like somebody from top, top six. And on the flip side, why do you think it seems like the UFC doesn't want you to fight for the belt next? No, actually, I don't know what UFC wants uh, because uh, I, UFC no tell me nothing yet. But uh, I don't know what UFC wants. You know, okay. if you ask me, yeah, I, I don't know what UFC wants yet. So I, I don't know nothing yet. Uh, nobody told me nothing. But I'm just ready. I'm just training hard and. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm ready for a fight, man. That's it. So nothing to you, nothing to your management, no no sort of clarification since August, since the fight? No, nothing. Just uh, mm, nothing. I just tell them uh, I am ready and I can I can fight. And uh, uh, I, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm healthy now. And uh, But uh, we don't hear nothing about fight news. And uh, just curious, like if they say, because, you know, they're booked up, until December, if they say, okay, January, we need a main event, can you fight in January, no problem? Absolutely, 100%. Yes, I, I would love to do that. I'm not offering you this, by the way. I just wanted to know, like, if it, the, the timeline. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm very hungry now. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I still have a pain in my, my right hand, but this is nothing. You know, doctor pulled me to training punch and... Uh, they told me to ignore the pain, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, who who do you think wins, Sean O'Malley or Cheeto Vera, if they fight for the belt? Uh, I don't know. I will feel asleep if they fight, so I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> really, you don't think? I mean, they're both kind of exciting. No, oh, I mean, they're man. very exciting. Oh, oh, I don't, man. Like this fight, bullshit, man. Like you know, like. I'm not gonna watch this fight. I, uh, why I have to watch? This you fight? should go to the fight. Some... You should sit in the front row and say, "I got next." That's what you should do. Oh, maybe, <sighs> man. I, I don't even want to think about they will make this this stupid fight because it doesn't make sense. Imagine like Pichito Vera wins. Then now we have a new champion guy. He was like, uh, "Oh my god, it's crazy!" Like, yeah, he got. He got dominant. He got smashed. He's like Sanhagen beat beat the shit out of him, you know. Like, and how he this guy and then now last fight he was bowling fight win and then now, then and imagine if he throw a cup kick again and Domali uh, break his leg and then now we have a new champion Chito Vera. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine this everything happened, man. You know because, like. Yeah, usually when champion lost like this, they should give champion rematch. And uh, if champion not ready or not coming back quick, and maybe the next contender, the next contender is me. I know this is a tough spot, but if it's not O'Malley next, and and you have to fight someone else, 
Is there anyone who isn't the champion right now that really interests you, excites you at 135? Uh, not really. I, I want to, like, everybody else, if you look, uh, everybody ha else has lost or something because, yeah, like, I'm number two. Number three is uh, Henry Cejudo. He's coming from the loss against uh, Aljamais Sterling. Number four is Sam Hagan. Uh, he's good, good opponent, but he's injured now. I think nine months or something. Number mm -hmm. five is Peterian, which is already beat. Uh, number six is Chito Vera. He's one and one, you know. And uh, now I don't know who's number seven is and something like that. Yeah, wow. You, I, I can't even believe you knew the whole thing right off the top of your head like that. That was yes, impressive. I mean, uh, number seven, by the way, is Rob Font. Okay, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I I can fight. You um, versus Henry would be fun. Yeah, yes, but it will be fun. But like, what this fight will get me, you know, I I I I have nine fight win. Yeah, like I know. That, no, know? it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, Your it's, situation yeah, reminds me a lot of Leon Edwards when Leon was trying to get a title shot, and uh, for whatever reason. They weren't giving him the title shot, and then he finally gets it, and then you 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 know what happened next. It, it just seems like some people, for whatever reason, you just have to win one, two, three in a row to get the title shot, and then other guys like you, and there have been others over the years, have to take a very long route to get to the belt. Yes, I agree with you, but yeah, yes. Are you it's getting Are you getting frustrated? Are you getting impatient? Yes, yes. Uh, sometimes I feel very stressed. I I never been this. Um, it's it's hard, you know. Like I'm, I'm so close, and uh, uh, and uh, I've been training hard, and uh, everything. I always was focused on like next fight, my next fight, and I was going step by step. But now I know like next should be for the title, and I don't want to go backward and fight somebody because. You know, every fight is risky, you know, like, and uh, why I have to risk challenge myself, cut weight and, sure. you know, everything can happen. I can broke my leg and uh, if I, you know, this happened in the fight and, and I lost fight because of my injury or something and I'm going to, I'm going to lose my opportunity for the fight title. But this is big for my country, Georgia. Um, uh, I know Ilya is next for the title, but like, uh, the Georgians say we never know Georgians the fourth title yet, so that that would be so big for my my country and uh, and for my career. You know, I I don't want to miss this opportunity. I don't want to miss this chance, and I I you know I wanna what I deserved. You know, I think I deserve for the fight title, and uh, yeah, so I, I think I earned it to this that and. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't want a, another challenge fight, you know, because if we we are talking about sport, we are talking about ranking and who deserve next title shot. I believe and uh, I know I deserve that. Yeah, uh, your situation actually a lot like uh, Bilal Muhammad too, who's uh, on a winning streak yeah. and so close and, and not getting. Uh, just curious, if they say to you, hey, we're going to do O'Malley and Cheeto in the beginning of the year, but you'll get the winner... But that means you have to wait, you know, to maybe spring, summer, and that will be over a year since your last fight, right? Because your last fight was in March. Is that comfortable for you, or would you, you know, at the end of the, you're okay with that? Yes. Okay. Uh, All yes. right. All right. That could be yeah. something. That could be something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. 
yeah, that would be good for me. Me, I, I have no problem to wait. You know? Okay. Because, yes. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, if they if if they really really make this fight, at least they should put me as a backup fighter. Oh, something. okay. You're interested in that? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Cut some weight, make some money. But, man, I I will be free. I don't care even money. <laughs> like, I will, don't I say will that. Will... Never say that. Don't do it for free. What are you crazy, Marab? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, I'm crazy. What are I'm you talking crazy, about? <laughs> no, you need to get paid, man. What are you talking about? Free, never say that, especially not in this sport, because they're actually going to take you up on it and say, all right, you said it, put it in the contract, zero dollars. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. By the way, it's can I ask you about this video that uh, Sean took? You were, I think you were shadow boxing in the rain. What was going on over there? Is that Was that really you? That was me, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we was in UFC PI and, uh, uh, you know, back here there is cafeteria and then I was there and uh, rain starts and like you know usually Vegas it's never rain and uh, I'm like I tell my friend like hey I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do shadow boxing in the rain and you wanna do a video for me and then, <laughs> and then I, I was doing my thing you know I, I feel like uh, <laughs> like you know I feel like a little animal and I go outside and I was doing my shadow boxing and uh Let's enjoy enjoy nature and uh, and uh, and then when I finish my shadow boxing in the rain and I turn around and I I saw O'Malley was looking at me uh. and uh, <laughs> and then he has his phone on and uh, uh, yeah that, that was it but then uh, I saw I guess he post on his Snapchat and uh, yeah that's that's how the video. Came to in social media. Uh, when, when you when you were in Vegas, did you see him? Did you speak to him at all? Like, did you actually have a conversation with him? A little bit. Yeah, uh, I saw him uh, in yeah, Pepper Moss Institute, and uh, I I shake his hand and I said, you know, uh, congratulations and uh, respect, man. You know, and uh, you know, uh, so everybody remembers when uh, Aljo beat. Uh, Henry Cejudo and O'Malley came in the arena and then make face off with Aljo. We we don't know. Aljo don't know about this, and uh, that was very weird. And that's why I jumped there and make sure O'Malley don't do stupid things. Even if it was stupid already. He face off the guy who who has his moment, and he came champion, and uh, he was talking his people and everybody, and uh, O'Malley jumped in. It has, that was such a disrespectful and. Uh, and that's why I took his jacket and everything. But and uh, when O'Malley came champion, and uh, I was there, but I don't did same thing. I don't disrespect O'Malley. You know, I don't jump him. Or I don't push him. I don't pace up him. And you know, I, I you know I let him enjoy his moment. You know, he was champion, and he you know he came champion. He's new champion now, and uh, I respect man. This is. Uh, um, this is not easy sport and I respect everybody who fights and especially this level and and uh, yeah I, I see him and I give him re his respect you know he, he definitely good fighter and um, uh, even we, we we all know what happened and who, who was supposed to win this fight you know he, he did everything what he was supposed to do and then even he, he fought with injury like he said 
he was injured like his rib was fucked up and uh, this even makes me crazy because if Aljo grab him and then you know O'Malley was was supposed to give up but uh, he ran 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 waiting his his moment and he he throw one punch and pretty stuff and that's it by the way when you saw um him at the pi did he ask for his jacket back <laughs> no. no no he he don't even mention jacket he 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 he, he he don't like the fact, you know, he go crazy every time somebody mentioned jacket, he, he go pissed off, you know. Yeah, he he wants to forget this jacket situation, but... Uh, You're not but, going to. You're not going to. No, 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 no. Until, uh, until, until he, he fights me and he fights Aljo, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget. About I, I think we'll jacket. see that jacket again in the future. Uh, for now, though... Great to have you on, Marab. Thank you for coming on and updating us. I hope it all works out for you and that you get uh, what you have earned already uh, sooner rather than later. Hope the hand feels better and uh, and it all works out for you at some point in the very near future. So thank you for coming on, Marab. Great to talk to you as always. Anytime. Thank you so much, Arya. All right, there he is, Marab Dawalishvili. Uh, hard not to uh, feel for him and agree with a lot of the things that he's saying uh, when you win that many fights in a row, especially against that kind of competition. Uh, hard to deny him. So we'll see how this whole situation plays out at 135. Another situation where it seems like every single show, every single week, we're talking about it. We're getting questions about it. Fighters are talking about it, just like they did on on Monday's show. It's the Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor situation, uh, a saga that dates back to February when they uh, first announced, the UFC did, that they would be coaches on The Ultimate Fighter. And uh, here we are in October, uh, still wondering how this whole story will play out. Uh, I've been asking Michael to come on the show for quite some time since February, and I promised him I wouldn't ask the same old, same old. So let's see if I'm able to stay true to that. He is kind enough to finally join us again on the program. Is it true? Is he there? There he is. My guy, Michael. No one makes me work harder than Michael Chandler. It's amazing. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. No, I I appreciate the opportunity. You know, I love you. Uh, Just been... uh, Keeping my head down, nose to the grindstone over the last uh, couple months. And, uh, you know, not a ton to report, but I'm sure Connor will get knocked out uh, sometime next year. Okay, so is this what uh, semi-retirement life is like? Just golfing on a Wednesday? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> this is it, man. It's this not is bad. It. I actually, uh, I'm just, no, I'm getting a practice round, and I actually have a three-day tournament coming up this weekend at Troubadour. Um, so it's going uh, to be a lot of fun. So it's going to be, I'm probably going to buy a lot down there. And, uh, live the golf life, but we'll see. Right now, we're just uh, battling in the game, trying to trying to trying to take a couple strokes off. Oh, you know what this is? This there was a video that went viral yesterday that at two twenty p.m. Eastern, everyone's phone in America is gonna go off because this is them testing. I was gonna say, dude. This is it. I was gonna say, did you did you know what just happened? I was like, right in the middle of the interview. No. Yeah, so I just got a notification and in my phone. Okay. This is a test <laughs> of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. The purpose is to maintain and improve alert and warning capabilities at the federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial levels and to evaluate the nation's public alert and warning capabilities. No action is required by the public. A guy posted a video yesterday that went viral and let everyone know that this was going to happen. And, and then I was talking with the crew here. I was like, this is literally right at the beginning of the Michael Chandler interview. Great timing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you trusting me enough to uh, 
interview me during the uh, the national. <laughs> that's how that big. Was. That's so, how big of a deal you are to me, Michael. I would bypass the national crazy. alert. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. You know, I'm just yeah. I mean, it's uh, I haven't done a ton of interviews these days. Um, just really been focusing on me and the family, and uh, I am happy. Healthy, wealthy, and wise, man. Life is good. Okay, so I'm going to stay true to that promise um, to a degree here. Let me ask you this. Bellator 300 this weekend. We just revealed the poster. I don't know if you saw this. Bellator is coming out with a limited edition poster. I don't know if we could show this poster to Michael because I think he would appreciate it. Um, if we could put it up for him, I think that would be very cool. Where They're, they're making a Bellator 300 poster, uh, and on the poster are the uh, the biggest names in the history of the promotion. And you are included there. How could you not be? We're showing it on the screen here. I don't know if you can see it as well. Let me know when you can. But you're on the uh, the left side of the screen. And so I... I oh, yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I like that they're doing that, uh, honoring the history. I, I would have placed things a little bit differently if I'm, if I'm nitpicking. I think you would have been more front and center. Mm-hmm. You were the face of the promotion for a long time. Uh, I'm just wondering, it seems like... You know, Bellator is coming to an end here, and uh, and I was wondering if you could share with me your feelings as you're hearing these stories. Is there any sort of emotional attachment, or are you so far past that? No, there de- definitely is. You know, obviously, I'm a very much uh, forward-thinking, uh, don't really care about yesterday. I'm ready to, to trod forward and, and create a life for me and my family in the future. But yeah, I wouldn't be where I am uh, if it was not for me having all those fights in Bellator, you know? Uh, and, and I was. I, I, I have to to say scott coker um personally invited me this weekend to be at ufc 300 unfortunately like i Bellator said 300. i i'm sorry did i say yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Said UFC 300. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's maybe that's unfortunate right. we don't know uh, <laughs> but uh yeah bellator 300 this weekend and you know scott and mike kogan rich chu when he was a part of it i mean moving back to bjorn the bjorn Rebby days i mean um, it was a part of my life for a very long time. There was definitely some ups and some downs. It taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about the industry. Um, you know, myself and my management, Dave Martin and, and Randall Alleman, kind of navigating all of those waters all the way into, you know, coming into the UFC now the last couple of years. But um, it's, uh, you know, if it does come to an end, which you probably obviously know a lot more than I do, like I said, I've had my head somewhat in the sand and out on the golf course. But, um, you know, I think, uh, it's definitely would be bittersweet to see to see them go because I definitely was a, a, a in large part I was a lot a, a big reason why Bellator became Bellator and also like I said I give them their props that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my time in Bellator. Uh, I saw that you did some cool stuff with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Um, you and your your family were there. When you see those guys, do they all come up to you and start asking you a million questions as well? And does it get annoying ever? you know, people like myself, but even like now you have athletes or do they come to you from a different perspective? Like, are they asking you business questions? Like, what is the relationship there like? What are the conversations there like? Yeah, a little bit of both. You know, it is it is very cool, man. I love Nashville and I love the Titans. Um, friends with a lot of the guys, some of the coaching staff on the team, train with a lot of the guys here. A lot of guys who aren't on the Titans team uh, who are in the NFL train here and live here in the off season. So um, there's a very great group of, of dudes that I can train with, hang out with, um, outside of just the, your normal, uh, I guess, fight crew, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a little bit long in the tooth when it comes to being an athlete, uh, navigating the waters of, of contracts and what do you do with your money? How do you set yourself and your, and your family up? Um, and that's what I've really been focused on a lot these days, realizing that what is out of my control is when Connor decides to figure out what he needs to figure out when he's coming back. But what isn't in, in my control 
is I have 24 hours every single day to create a life for me and my family. And we're doing some, some very big things, some things that we could talk about, some things that are, have not yet been announced, but, um, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like you said, you mentioned, you know, I, I got the call from Hunter Campbell back in February of this year. Yeah. It's now been however many months. And, you know, the fight could have been as early as September right after the show. And we were talking about December and now it looks like December's not going to happen. So all I can do is focus on me and my, my two boys and my wife, Bree, and enjoy my life. What are the big things that you can talk about that you just referenced? Well, so for me, I've uh, I've invested in a couple different companies and come on board uh, a couple different companies. Obviously, Cram Nutrition, which the PB and Js. I need to, yes. need to send you more. Uh, I will share a, a secret code with you and only you. I can't say live on air because okay. I don't want millions of orders coming in. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Cram. Uh, we're building Cram. We're nationwide in Sprouts. We're now in Myers. Um, it is the PB and J reinvented, and it is uh, like we talked about: sprouted, fermented, organic bread, no sugar added to the jelly. Um, we're doing very, very well with some big, big talks. Um, I have a company right now that I just invested in that we are holding tight to account, um, that I'm very excited about that. I will be one of the people on the board and, uh, and pushing it and building it. And then other than that, um, speed fitness. Um, and, uh, so I'm kind of on the board there as well as an investor there. So just trying to do things outside of just fighting problem, problem fighters have is just uh, rely on that paycheck and it, they don't have multiple sources of income. I've been a guy who's tried to build a life outside of just that. I'd like for that to be a small percentage of my of my income. And uh, we're doing a pretty good job of it. How would you characterize the last 10 months in your life? MSG fight, big time fight, uh, perhaps didn't go your way, but everyone loved it. And then all of a sudden you go from that to, you know, the fight that everyone wants, Ultimate Fighter, ESPN, you're all over the place. But now it kind of is in a spot of this uncertainty. So that like roller coaster, how, like, has this been a frustrating 10 months? Has it been a, like, how, how, how would you put it into words? How would you describe it? It's a good question because, you know, it's, it's not just another fight. You know, this is the biggest fight that we may see, have seen in a very long time, right? The comeback of Connor, the biggest comeback in combat sport, 50, who calls it, um, you know, obviously it's going to be targeted for a, a large card with large names and a large venue, um, and then obviously the 12 weeks on ESPN with all the viewership every single week, the people following the storyline, um, it's been a lot of ups and I did a lot of stuff. I was working my tail off for about 14 weeks straight, every single week doing my own show live on, or on YouTube and, and, uh, uh, talking about the fighting and every week and, and talking about each of my guys. So I put through myself into a, a deep, deep, uh, frenzy of, of hard work and, and immersing myself in it. And then now over the last couple of months, I've kind of pulled myself away from it and kind of just buried my head in the sand a little bit because I, I, uh, I wanted to make hay while the sun was shining, but it definitely, uh, needed to focus on me. So focusing on me and enjoying it. But every single day I have an opportunity to, uh, worry about the things that are not in my control or worry about the things that are in my control. And, and by and large, if you do the right thing and, focus on the, the good in my life because I have a lot of really, really, really good things in my life. A lot of blessings. Um, if I focus on those, good things are going to happen. And this, uh, this fight will get, will get booked. It'll get set up. More and more information will continue to come out. I know some information that other people don't have that may or may not be shared. Like, you know, just like you know, this, this industry, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of, of just what the people know. So um, we enjoy the process and uh, – it's going to be a big fight and it's going to be a big opportunity for me and it's going to happen. It just, uh, is a matter of time. 
Any information that we don't know that you want to share with us today just to enlighten us, inform us, educate <laughs> no. us? No? Okay. <laughs> no. No. But but ultimately, things are moving in the right direction. And, of course, I get it. You know, the guy on uh, Monday, Hanato Moicano, I get it. People call me delusional. Why are you waiting? Why are you wasting all this time? Are you wasting, you're wasting these years and blah, blah, blah. Listen, man, I don't believe we get old. I believe we get lazy and we get busy. And at 37 years old, I feel better than a lot of 27-year-olds and would venture to say uh, that I'd probably feel better, better than a lot of 22-year-olds. Why? Because I'm taking good care of my body. I'm taking good care of my mind, even with the wear and tear that I put on my body. Good sleep, supplementation, treating your body right. Um, man, I feel phenomenal. So I'm not really worried about the uh, getting old thing. Uh, I feel phenomenal. And uh, like I said, I got a lot of tread left on these tires. So I'm going to, if anything, I needed a little bit of rest. All right. Not to go on to another tangent, but I, I knocked out Benson Henderson in August of 2020, signed with the UFC in September of 2020, immediately went into a training camp, was the backup in October of 2020, then fought January of 2021, then fought May, then fought November of 2021. I've been nonstop and said yes to every single opportunity since I signed with the organization. Been in a couple of wars, fight of the years, fight of the nights. Um, so a little bit of time off isn't a bad thing. I'm building things outside of fighting, and uh, the people will be able to see it, and they will be able to see the fruits of my labor when the, when the time comes. Okay, so I've tried my best to beat around the bush for the last, like, 15 or so minutes. <laughs> could, you, could you tell us, as we speak here today on October 4th at around 2.28 Eastern time, where does the fight stand? What, what is the status of the fight, you versus Conor McGregor? The status is unequivocally the fight is still happening. The fight is the fight is not booked for a date. The fight is not booked for a venue. The fight is but the fight is booked between Chandler and Connor. There's no way that Connor comes back and doesn't fight me. If Connor doesn't fight me, he's probably just not coming back, you know? Uh, and that's out of my control. So he's coming back, he's fighting me. Um, you know, at this point, obviously by deductive reasoning, by by uh process of elimination there's now a main event in december there's a main event in november we're not going to not be a main event so that pushes us into 2024 i'm ready to fight in january february march april may whenever um so we'll see obviously you know it makes a lot of sense that there's a very historic card coming up with the ufc um i haven't been told that's when it's going to be but i wouldn't be surprised if that is when it is and if it is I got more and more time to prepare. I've never had this much time to, to prepare for one certain guy, one certain opponent. So my, me and my team uh, training here in Nashville, and also when I go down to Florida, we're going to put together a game plan, knock this dude out in the first round or two. When you signed up for the Ultimate Fighter, were you told this fight is happening on X date or X month? No, I was told, hey, the plan would be do this, and then the fight would be around, you know, right after the show. Because okay. it made a lot of sense, right? Yeah. We do the show till August. Maybe we fight uh, right after the show. It would make a ton of sense from a TV perspective, from a building of the hype, building of a fight perspective, to fight right in, you know, what what was it, August, September, or maybe right now in October, right after the yeah. show ends. But ultimately, that's not happening. But no, I mean, that's one thing I will say. Listen, myself and the UFC have a very good relationship. Um, it's a very honest relationship, whether they tell me what I don't want to hear or I tell them what they don't want to hear or at least tell me the truth or any information that we have. So we got a good relationship and uh, I know they're trying their best and we knew this was going to be an interesting road no matter what. That was one thing that they said, hey, you're about to sign up for the ultimate fighter against Connor. 
and you're going to be booked to fight Connor. This is not going to be a traditional way that a fight gets booked. There will be some roadblocks, some ups, some downs, some uncertainty. And that's what a lot of people, you know, in, in your shoes or the other fighters or whoever might say, what's going on here? You're wasting a bunch of time. Just because it's not a conventional way to get a fight booked or get a or a conventional timeline doesn't mean the fight's not happening. So as we sit here today, it's Chandler versus McGregor um, at a at a date to be determined. Uh, are you able to tell us, based on what you know or have been told, why hasn't the fight been booked yet or even happened yet? I have not been told. Um, obviously, there's a lot of speculation. You know, the guy's coming off of a crazy injury. Is he not ready to fight yet? Um, I also completely understand if Connor doesn't isn't in any hurry to come back. He's got more money than you, more money than me. He's got more money than he's got more money than he than he can probably spend. So that urgency for him to fight um, may not be there necessarily. So it's probably got to be right when it right. He, he needs to be I feel one hundred percent right. Obviously, people are posting stuff, tagging us and different things. He's training, looking like he's training. Um, you know, he's looking like he's doing what everybody ac accuses him of is partying too much, but he's also out there training as well. So he's training. Um, I don't have, uh, it would all be speculation at this point, but yeah, I mean, the guy's coming off of a, a gruesome injury. This is not an easy injury and shame on anybody who says, Hey, he should be back by now. The dude snapped his leg in half. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see either way. Um, I'm looking forward to that fight and I believe the fight is happening. I might be uh, absolutely crushed if it doesn't, but I have no indication uh, whatsoever that I'm not waiting in vain. Uh, have you set a personal deadline? Hey, if this doesn't come to fruition by X month, I'm moving on. That's a good question uh, because I've definitely thought about that a lot. And people have asked me that, um, you know, obviously with the six month USADA deadline, um, yeah. You know, you start looking at different dates. You start looking at different events. Um, you can do the math at what point in time he would need to be entered the USADA testing pool, which will be, you'll know, I'll know, everybody will know because that's a public, uh, basically a public announcement. It will be um, put out there right when he does enter the USADA pool. Um, you know, best I can say, UFC 300 um, could possibly be what everyone is probably looking at. So, between, you know, around right around that six-month mark from there would make a lot of sense. But I haven't set a date. But uh, like I said, I'm just a foot soldier ready for that phone call. And when that phone call comes in, I go to work. Until then, I'm training every day, staying in shape. Like I said, you don't get old, you get lazy and busy. Um, I'm not lazy, and I'm and I am not too busy to keep, get my workouts in. So I just focus on that. To that point, just curious. I mean, you're a proud guy, right? You've accomplished a lot. I'm wondering if at any point your ego pops through a little bit and you ever say to yourself just for a moment because you clearly don't believe that now or feel that way now but like you know what f this guy i'm michael freaking chandler i'm not gonna wait anymore do you ever have moments like that and then you come back down to this position that you're in here does that ever pop up you know i'd be lying if i didn't say that there was a little bit of ego here and there that pops in but honestly ego ego is the enemy of, of us all man um it ego will absolutely uh, ego will absolutely ruin your career, ruin relationships, ruin what could have been. Um, right now, I've been focused on me realizing that, hey, I also, like I said, I'm, I'm a man of my word. I've signed on the contract and said me and him are going to fight after the ultimate fighter. Just like I stepped up, put my work boots on and showed up as a backup, knowing there was a 99% chance 
that I wasn't going to fight against Khabib or Justin Gaethje in Abu Dhabi, okay? I'm kind of a man of principle where I say, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So, yeah, there's definitely moments where I say, yeah, am I doing something here that might be a bad idea? And to the public, to the general people, to maybe even yourself or other people who have said things, made videos, made comments, um, they've said he's he's a, an idiot for waiting around. But I don't see myself um, as anything other than a guy who's letting the process take care of itself. Um, but I have had definitely had my moments, let's be honest. I'm a competitor. I love to fight. Um, I don't get paid unless I do fight, obviously. Um, that's why my paycheck doesn't just come from the UFC. My paycheck comes from a lot of outside sources, and I'm working on those things as we speak. And by the way, for the record, what I've always said is, I feel for you because it is the biggest fight by far. So anyone saying you should just move on doesn't recognize that. And uh, as of last week, my, the last time I was asked about this, because it feels like every show we talk about it, I said, you know, I think a personal deadline would be good just for you to say, hey, but if it doesn't happen by, or, you know, if there's no contract by May or something, I'm just picking a random time, but I said around 300, 301, then maybe you explore. But that's still six or so months away. So there's no rush. Um, and as, as you just said, you've been busy, nice to heal up. It's the biggest fight times five. Why would you go back and fight someone else when that's looming? And, and, and to Connor's credit, whatever people want to say, as recently as this Friday, I saw an interview with him and uh, a young man named Donna Corby in Ireland where he said, Chandler's next. Now, when he says that, he also says, like, he'll do as, as I tell him to do and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm wondering when you see those videos, what, what do you think? Typical, yeah, typical Connor, right? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm fighting Chandler, but even if I want to make him wait right. six months, yes. he'll do as he's told, <laughs> he'll wait around. And that's what we're dealing with. And, and he's earned the spot. Listen, I don't have, once again, going back to the ego, I got, I fight with some ego. I do business with some ego every now and then. I operate uh, with some ego, of course. We all have it, right? But when it comes to this kind of stuff, man, the dude's earned the place. Um, you're a hater and a naysayer if you don't believe that he has. Um, he and I now have some history. He put his hands on me. Uh, he and I have a ton of a ton of respect for each other, even after that. ton of respect for each other. He's got a ton of respect for me. That's why you didn't see a lot of that stuff back and forth in, on The Ultimate Fighter. I have a ton of respect for him, what he built. And he and I are excited to compete against each other. I'm the next fight. He has said it. Obviously, I have said it. The UFC has said it. We have no reason. And even like like Dana said, it actually was funny. He called out Gaethje. He called out Volkanovski. He called out Adesanya. He called out. He called out everybody. Right? He or he would beat everybody. He does that to get everybody going. And uh, but this is the fight that that's going to happen. And I'm really excited about it. And uh, it's a, obviously, like you said, the biggest fight of my lifetime. Five. The biggest fight of anybody out there who wants to talk, just like the guy did on Monday. This is the biggest fight times a million that he'll ever have. So, you know, we're going to we're gonna uh, keep on focusing on the, the task at hand, and uh, we'll knock him out in the first round. I'll ask you just a couple more, and then I'll let you get back to the golfing. I appreciate this very much, so it won't keep you much longer. Just curious, do you regret doing the Ultimate Fighter? Oh, gosh, no. No, man. And, and it wasn't even... It wasn't even the the opening of the door to be able to have people see more of me as a human being and not just the pugilist. It wasn't even just the, the stock and the platform and everything growing. It was, it was the relationships I made with those, those guys, man. Um, the relationships I made knowing that I was just a little piece of Kurt Holliball winning the ultimate fighter. 
uh, Austin Hubbard making the finals, Cody Gibson making the finals, these other guys getting opportunities to be on ESPN for me to put them in the best situation possible. And it was, I told ESPN, Glenn Jacobs, I told the UFC, hey, not only will I do it again, but I'll do it multiple times. I'll build a whole show around me, me bringing in 30 or so fighters, teaching them not just about punches, kicks, knees, and elbows. How do you make it in this sport? How do you go from nobody to somebody in this sport and create not just wins and losses, not just world titles, but something that lasts longer than that? And I think that's what we created during that five or so weeks that we were in Vegas. And I loved the opportunity. You know, there's some other stuff going on outside, you know, Hollywood stuff that we're uh, uh, and a, a theatrical agent. So, you know, there'd be stuff going on on TV and wow. some big stuff that we can create and it'd be good. Movie stuff coming up so, for you? Yeah. Uh, we will see. I got, I got a big hitter. I got a big, I will get a real, real big hitter. Wow. But, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, but we'll announce that later on. Okay. I'm, a, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, you find out from someone all right, else all right. than uh, I like that. find out from me kind of guy. <laughs> I like the tease. I like the tease though. Um, to the yeah. best of your knowledge, is he in the pool right now? I think we would all know if he was, okay. I think, I, I don't think he, I don't think he is. I, like I said, I, I, like I said, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's all public knowledge. You know, when I'm, when I get yeah. tested, you know, when my results come out, right. You can check the list. So I would say 99.99% sure that he is not. And I, and if there is a deadline up until the date, six months up until the date that he wants to fight, rest assured, he will wait until one hour before that deadline goes, goes away. Right. To keep you and me and everybody else on their toes. So when you realize what you're dealing with, you just let it fly, baby. And if he says 85 or even 70, you're still in, right? Absolutely. No, 170 will be phenomenal for the first. I mean, I've been cutting weight since I was 14 years old. Um, and I cut a lot of weight to make 155. When, when I have said I'll fight at 185, it's not because I want to balloon up to 200 and look all slow and muscle bound or fat and sluggish. I, I weigh 190, 185 pounds right now. So I'm basically just going to go in and not, not cut any weight. So the weight doesn't matter. It's two opponents. I've always wondered why we have to be so strict about the weight when it comes to two guys not fighting for a title. If you're fighting a 155 pounder at 170, you're basically just not cutting those last 15 pounds of water. But I'm not here to make the rules, but I am here to enjoy fighting at 170 or 185, whatever he wants. Uh, we are focusing on Connor, and I understand why. But I didn't see in your replies on Twitter at one point someone said, "If it's not Connor, who is it?" And you wrote Diaz. I saw that recently, a couple of days ago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep in the replies, Diaz, yeah. yes. Uh, is I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about Nathan Diaz. He's not in the UFC right now. Why was he the the choice? Why was he the guy that you wrote? Uh, I think he. I think it just you know it was it was a name that would get people talking, and, and I do think you know there's there's definitely some moments where I'm like, hey man, Connor coming back. You know, is he, is he just trolling us all? Is he a real fighter anymore? Is he a real fighter, right? And you think, who is a real fighter? Nate Diaz is a real fighter. I'm a real fighter. Now, obviously, the people are going to come out, throw shade at me for saying, hey, why would you even talk about him? You obviously don't care about the title anymore, blah, blah, blah. But Diaz has always been a guy that I've wanted to fight, not because I didn't like him. I just respect the hell out of him, and I think it will be a lot of fun. And uh, I'd love to get smacked by him and flipped off by him in a cage, and I think it would be fun. Uh, not going to hold you to it, but in your heart of hearts, yeah. when do you think you fight Conor McGregor? When do you think this happens? What's your gut my saying? My heart of hearts, my heart of hearts says the biggest fight we've seen in a very long time has to go down on the biggest card that the UFC is going to put together, and it's since UFC 200, since UFC 100. So, if my heart, my heart of hearts, my gut says we might be waiting out till UFC 300. Good thing is I got a lot of things to keep me busy, and I get an opportunity to train for Conor for a very long time. Uh, Oliveira or Makhachev? 
my heart says Oliveira, but my mind says Makachev. I think I think Makachev is is better than him. Um, I have picked against Islam way too many times. Um, I would love to compete against Islam. I got some work to do uh, to make that happen. Obviously, I do think uh, I do think Islam is is the best guy in the world at 155 pounds, hands down. Um, but we'll see if Oliveira can do it. But I think Makachev wins that fight. And last one, he loves the show. He watches all the time. He's probably watching right now. Any message to Conor McGregor? Um, man, uh, get it figured out. Uh, make sure you come back hap- the happiest and healthiest you have ever been, man, because this is going to be a huge fight. I do wish him well. Uh, he was moving around really well on the on the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Hope he's healed up. Hope he's ready. Hope he's focused. Because I, like I said in that post-fight interview with Joe Rogan, I want the biggest, baddest Conor McGregor, most dangerous Conor we've ever seen. Um, so I'm excited to compete. And uh, like I said, I separated from consciousness within the first two rounds. You're the man, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. By the you way, what's the it. handicap? What are we What are we working with? Uh, we're sitting at a 17. We got a lot of work to do. Okay. okay? All right. Good luck. But but that, that's why you just got to have more fun. Okay? Oh, I like you that. Got to have more fun. I like yeah. it. I like it. Good luck to you yeah. this weekend. Thank you for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. Good luck with everything and, and props on how you're handling it all. Yes, sir. Thanks, Errol. Appreciate it, man. All right. There he is, Michael Chandler. Uh, insightful stuff. I, I thought we, we learned a lot there. Um, and, and I do give him a lot of props for how he's handling all of this because it's not an easy position. Everyone has an opinion on how he should handle all of this. Everyone is saying, hey, like I said, shitter, get off the pot, move on. What are you doing? A lot of people share the opinion of one Hinata Moicano. I get where Moicano is coming from, but man... If you were sitting on a, a lottery ticket like that, you would probably wait. 300 is the perfect place for a fight like this. There's a case to be made that you do it on a 299 or a 301 because then you get two bites at the million by Apple, so to speak. But I don't know if there is a better option for 300 at this juncture, right? With Izzy no longer being champion, who knows who's going to be the star and who knows how the schedule pans out, right? It, it ended up at 200 being perfect. Jones, DC, massive fight, didn't come to fruition, but that was the plan. You get Brock Lesnar. It ended up being Amanda Nunes versus Misha Tate. Uh, and that was a tremendous card from top to bottom. Sometimes the stars just have to align. And I would be shocked. I, I saw someone recently ask Dana White about UFC 300. I would be shocked if they don't have like a preliminary idea or wish list injuries, results could all play a factor. But we're approaching the point now with 294 coming up, 295, 296, December 16th, we're approaching that period where this is, you know, this is the time where you can actually start putting the pieces in place. When people are asking me about UFC 300 back in like March or February, we've been talking about UFC 300. I bet there's a UFC 300 question on the nose. I don't remember if there was, but there might be. Is there a 300 question this week? I bet there was one in the mix, Frank, right? There's always one. Yeah, there's always one. Yeah. So it's impossible to predict. You could say like, what's the wish list or who would be the guy in February, but now is the time where you can actually say in April, this is what we're targeting. Uh, we know what's going down in October, rapidly approaching, 17 days away. We know it's going down in New York here uh, in November, a little over a month away. We know it's going down in December. We're starting to hear more about January. All signs are pointing towards uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which would be tremendous. 
Uh, they've been to Toronto in December. It's cold in January, so I hope that uh, everyone bundles up. Uh, is it going to be Alex Volkanovsky? I know there's been preliminary talks, but last I checked on Teporia, they haven't reached out to him. I would suspect that he would be the guy. Uh, there really isn't anyone else at 145 for Volkanovsky. And then the rest of the uh, 2024 calendars is very much up in the air. And so if everything works out, 297 would be January, 298 would be February. And now we're talking about 299 being March. Like I said last week, sometimes there's two pay-per-views in March, maybe 300 is in April. Would have been better if it would have worked out for International Fight Week again. Is it possible that they do like 299.2.5 and then 0.5 and then 0.75 and then 300? I like that idea. Mm. I think that's good. Thanks for jumping in there. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah of course, man. I just wanted to back you up. Yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think about this whole thing? What do you think about what Chandler said, how he's handling this? Finally, you know, great to finally... There, I joke about this a lot, but my text is like blue, 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 blue. And then out of nowhere, I shot my shot on Monday and he responded. And I was like, holy shit. And so Hello. here he is. I was, I, was, I was happy to get some answers. How do you feel about <clears throat> his stance and, and what he's saying? That's my voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I it was good to hear from him. It feels like he's handling this well, like you said. Uh, the more I think about it, after he just talked, like it feels like UFC 300 would be perfect for it. Like it's the biggest fight that you can make right now. Obviously, bringing McGregor back, and now we're within shouting distance of UFC 300. Like we got 94 in just two weeks, six months. Obviously, you know the whole USADA thing. Whatever goes on there. It feels like that would be the perfect fight to to headline that card because I'm with you. you. You can't give up on the dream just yet. No, like it, it's only been eight months since they had the initial talks. McGregor is saying when he does come back, it will be against Michael Chandler. You can't get like what's what would be the other fight? Like, say it's not Diaz either. Like it would feel like anything that isn't McGregor at this point is just a massive letdown for him. Yeah, and plus he's fought all the tough and top guys, right? He's, right, and he's probably not going to get a title shot right now. Like, I, but I can't it, like he fought Poria, he fought Gaethje, he fought these yeah. dudes, he fought Oliveira, right? So it's like, who's that other guy that you're saying, hey, you have to fight this guy? You're 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 ducking this guy. If you look at the champions right now, uh, we'll start at heavyweight, right? John Jones could be a 300 potential. The timing is perfect, November to April. Is there that other guy? You know, I love Aspinall. I love Pavlovich. Does that get Jones excited, or do they need to figure something out before they fight? Yeah, there it is. Okay. And and, and by the way, that's if John Jones wins on uh, November the 12th, or is it the 11th? The 11th. Um, light heavyweight belt, Yuri, Alex. Okay, there's going to be a winner, we suspect, on, on uh, November 11th, although in the light heavyweight division. It is crazy. Is the next fight for that guy 300 worthy? Maybe as a co-main or a third title fight on the car, but certainly not as a main event. Sean Strickland, that's an interesting one. Um, he's become supremely popular. Is the rematch or a Hamzat fight or a Costa fight? Yeah, potentially. We'll put that one on the side. Leon Colby winner, that timeline would work out December to April. Is there a big fight for the winner there? Mm, not quite sure. It's 300 level. Makhachev, the timeline would work out. He's defending. Winner of that fight? potentially but again is it 300 level i don't know uh volk in january now we're getting a little bit close o'malley could be the guy 
but that means he's on the sidelines for quite <clears throat> quite some time as well. Uh, flyway, no. <clears throat> something in my throat, golly. <laughs> really struggling here, man. Uh, flyweight, something, uh, no, nothing much. Uh, I mean, the timeline will work out, but there's nothing of note. And then you get to the, uh, the women's divisions. Grasso might work out. But again, is that but main is, event? But is Alexa Grasso main event UFC <clears throat> 300 worthy? Mm. Again, I think 300 sells itself. Right. Right, but like you need you need but you need that big dog. Yeah, up. I mean, look, like, they got Brock Lesnar last time. They got John Jones. It just, it just sounds just like yep, UFC three hundred. Conor, McGregor. Conor McGregor's yeah. headlining. Chandler. He's making his return after almost <laughs> at that point almost three years away from the octagon. Crazy. Michael Chandler. Any chance they do it at the Sphere? I don't know, but I mean, no. we're talking we're talking UFC Noche uh, at the Sphere. You saw that? Yeah. I wonder why well, why did they say the Sphere for that one? Like, why not just like any, why does it have to be no chip? Because that's like a branded card. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I wonder the what. the Mexican flag on the sphere outside. What is the capacity of the sphere? I know, I know it's like sort of. I don't know, but those concerts look trippy, man. Those look Oh, insane. the U2 thing? Yeah. Yo, the capacity of the sphere is 18,600. That's a, li- because, you know, it's, a, it's like cut off. It's like a theater. I didn't realize it was that big. 18,000. That's, that's every arena in America. Pretty much eighteen yeah. to twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Could you imagine a fight? Did you see that video of uh, Nganu and um, and Tyson? They had like the face off. I posted that on Monday. Did you see oh, that? on the outside of it. Yeah, like the video on the ball. Yeah. That was yeah. sick. And then and did the you inside see... of it looks even crazy. Oh yeah, the YouTube the in- stuff. The inside looks insane. Did you see the uh, the the pumpkin? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah the it's amazing. Great. I mean, I mean, the sphere is unbelievable. Owned by MSG. I know. It's like the best uh, thing James Dolan has ever done. Dude, they could even, like, say they didn't have anything going on at the Sphere on a random Saturday night. They could just put the fights on inside, like, on the screens inside, and I bet it would sell thousands oh of tickets. What do you think is better, the Sphere out. or the Apex? Oh, man. Can we move the Apex into the Sphere? Oh, that'd be sick. No fans, though, still no fans. What do you do, though, about the screen in back of the cage? I don't know. Like, what do you put know. on there? <laughs> I was listening to the Cheap Heat podcast. Shout out to Stack Guy Greg and uh, Peter Rosenberg and Dip. And they were talking about pro wrestling at the Sphere. And uh, Stack Guy Greg said that you have the ring, you have the fans, and then in the, in the back where the screen is, you go like old school pandemic style with the faces on the screen. Like you, 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 you blend the two. Because they used to have something in WWE called the Thunderdome. When fans weren't allowed in the arena and they had, do you like that? Like, would you like to have fans? No, no you don't no, like that. No, no, okay. Because, no. <laughs> like, if you think about it, like, I'm looking at pictures of the U2 concert right now and it's like obviously like insane video effects yes. behind them. Like, I feel like it really bolsters up a concert. Like, what would you put? Because you'd have to think it'd be distracting for the fighters if the entire arena is just illuminated with something. Like, well, what would you put up? That's actually a good question. It'd be cool if it was like uh, Coliseum. Like you, you, a, every you, fight had a different venue or a different setting. Coliseum. Like a different theme. You're in the freaking fields in Scotland for one fight. A different theme based off of the fight. So let's say it's uh, Izzy versus Strickland. So like it 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 happens in a trailer park. Like in a trailer, that would be good, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that's what Strickland wanted. He is the champion. Uh, name uh, or he gets to pick. Or or if uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Volk versus 
uh, let's say it's Taporia, it happens like on the Sydney Harbor. Sydney Harbor, yeah. In the background. Could you imagine that? Oh, yo, Connor versus Chandler, background is the Black Forge Inn. Yeah. You have the stake on the stone right over there? Come on, that would be incredible. That's what sells it. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, McGregor's fighting here. We got yeah. the stake on the stone <laughs> yeah. in the corner on the, on the video board. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That. I actually didn't think about what would go up on the video board if you did fights in the sphere. Yes. I don't know if there's anything you could put, right? No, I think you can put some. Why? Because you think it would be just distracting? Replays. I mean, it feels like I'm looking at these pictures. Like, it just looks. It I want to know how, how big the uh, the floor is. Like, could you have basketball there? Could you have, like, you know, or is it because it's so high up? Right, and it's not wraparound seating. Exactly. That's the point. It's like theater style. So you have to have something on the other side unless they can reconfigure it. Hmm. Would you go to a U2 concert? Yeah. At the fair, are you a big U2 guy? No, I'm not a big U2 guy, but they're they're a pretty legendary band. I would go Joshua to Tree. a concert. What's Joshua Tree? One of their albums. Oh, um, yeah, cool. Uh, no, I, I love U2. <laughs> I just didn't know you were... For, I thought you were talking about the place, Joshua Tree, right? Isn't that a place? Yeah, that's a cool place, yeah, yeah. too. Uh, would you wouldn't go to a U2 concert Joshua at the fair? No, I would. It looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'd go. All my years of going to Las Vegas, I've never done like the Beatles show, oh, and like Cirque du Soleil and all that stuff. Um, I feel like I probably should at some point, but I never go with my wife or anything like this. So like, what am I, what am I going to do? Go by myself. Actually, when I went to see Seinfeld, when I was there for Spence Crawford, I think it was like the first time I ever did anything Vegasy. Uh, usually it's just like work, eat, go to bed, etc. Well, when we go for UFC 300. You think we should go to the Sphere? Is it just going to oh, be YouTube yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. there, or do they have like a full lineup of things? No, I think they're going to have a full lineup of things. Because I know YouTube has a res- residency. That's incredible! Wow, that is. Frank, <laughs> about making it, Frank? Would you go? Yeah. Are you a big YouTube guy? Not again. Joshua Tree War. Yeah, I like those albums, but um, such a classic thing for Frank to say. Like he likes the obscure, I'm sorry to like question. indie. Uh, oh, we got uh, so, okay. We've got a lineup of things. YouTube yeah. postcard from Earth. What is that? Sounds like a band. U2, U2, Postcard from Earth. Man, it's just U2 and Postcard from Earth. Is for that, now. For now. Yeah. Does it does it change? I mean, I'm, I'm now going all the way to mid-October. It's every day. Holy smoke. What the hell is... Oh, Postcard from Earth, I feel like, is like a, a, like a 3D experience. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, a postcard from Earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think... Yo, for now, up until mid-November, it's just Postcard from Earth and U2. Well, we'll figure some things out. UFC Noche, <clears throat> something like that. You seen Kill Bill? Uh, tremendous, love it. Which one? One or two? No, well, two both. Which, which one's better? One or two? Um, I liked uh, I liked two a lot, but I think the original. Why? Oh, Ariel. Nice. Okay, what? What's the, a, a big great. big discussion point between me and Frank lately? Wow, right. that was just so random in the midst of me talking about the sphere. I thought well, you, you were, were going to say like, let's watch like, Kill Bill on the sphere thingy. I mean, I that would, would be that. fun, but yeah. like you were talking about Frank doing obscure things. I mean, he's just like, oh, he likes number two. He's better. So adamant with with two being better that he's offended that I think one is better. The only sequel that is better than the original is Back to the Future Two. Wow, that's it. Oh, and you like the original, Frank? Don't give me this Home Alone Two is better than Home Alone One nonsense. Godfather Two, uh, Godfather Rocky Two. No, don't give me any of that. Hot take or not a hot take? I think you're all right. All right. Divulged from 
<clears throat> McGregor Chandler headlining 300 to well, I mean, uh, Home Alone two versus no Back Home to the Alone Future one. two is my is my strong stance. Better than the first one though. By the way, the first one was fantastic. Earth Angel, Earth Angel. And you're just willing to throw that in the trash. Will and take you? The second one. I, lo- I love the second one. You know, got- the more I think about it, I feel like Frank just plays the whatever, whatever's the opposite of yeah, your you side. would think that. Exactly. I mean, you're just making my point over there, man. Uh, all right. Well, that's good stuff. And uh, more of this discourse to come as we answer your questions in about uh, 30 minutes' time on the nose still to come. And of course, uh, the parlay. Pals? Boys? Boys. Yeah, boys. Um, And GC's picks for what is a very uh, busy weekend in combat sports, MMA, and boxing. But uh, we found out on Friday night here in the United States that the great Angela Lee was going to retire from mixed martial arts and in doing so vacated the one championship Adam Weight belt, which eventually was won by Stamp Fairtex on the same card. Uh, it has been quite the year for Angela and her family, and she's been very open about everything that she has been dealing with, which I appreciate tremendously. And she's kind enough to join us on the program now from all the way in Hawaii. It's been a while. Hello, Angela. How are you? Great to talk to you again. Great to see you again. Hi, Ariel. Uh, thank you for having me. And yeah, it's great to be on here again. And and I'm looking forward to talking with you this morning. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, could I ask, uh, what have the last few days been like for you since you made the announcement, since you closed that chapter in your life, you gave up the belt, you retired from MMA, um, the aftermath of that, since we saw you in the cage, what has it been like for you? Uh, so the day after the event, uh, first thing in the morning, back home to Hawaii, and uh, this past few days, just been using to decompress and kind of just process everything and kind of find some some back to normal um, way of living here in Hawaii. It's um, crazy because I feel like I almost live a double life when I go out to these events and um, in Singapore and then I get to come back home. And um, yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But uh, it was a really special event this weekend. And I'm really glad to have, uh, you know, been a part of it. Does it feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders? Like, are you relieved that this is now out in the world and you can move on with that next chapter in your life? Yes. um, This has been something that I've been thinking about a lot for the past year. And, um, you know, I'm just at peace with uh, my decision and, you know, the next steps moving forward for me. So I think that I have nothing but, great memories and no regrets at all. I uh, just know that this is the right thing to do right now at this moment and just really excited to move forward with Fight Story, um, the nonprofit organization. And uh, I, I'm going to ask you about that in just a moment, but uh, could I ask you when you came to the decision that this is what you were going to do, that you were going to retire and give up the belt? When did that happen? Um. It it wasn't a single moment, I would say, because for me, um, after everything has changed, I tried to do some things that, you know, I tried to do some things like how I used to before, like I tried to go back in the gym, tried to do a training session and just all of these um, memories and mixed emotions started coming up and I just knew that 
I was not in a place to put myself back in the cage and the spotlight in that kind of way. And um, that I would be compromising my health if I were to do that. So I just knew that, you know, my heart wasn't in it fully. And if that's not in alignment, then, you know, why am I doing, why am I doing it? So there's no reason to. Um, And I'd be remiss if I don't send my condolences to you and your family on what you've been going through and still can't believe everything that you guys have been going through. And I, and I just want to say that I, I wish you guys the best and our heart goes out to you guys. Um, and, and you've shown a lot of strength in, in having to deal with your sister's passing in such a public way. So uh, obviously that is what you're referring to. So I just don't want to beat around the bush there and, and, and recognize that as well. Um, that's something that it's almost impossible to fully get over, right? To fully, you know, heal from. Um, some 10 months later, how are you doing as far as handling that, dealing with that? Um, thank you. Thank you for your condolences. Um, you know, I'm doing my best. Uh, and, you know, I, I kind of have to, you know, I, I have no choice. I have a, a two-year-old daughter who's depending on me. And um, yeah, I think that, you know, losing losing someone is, is something you never get over because you're always going to be missing them. And that, that love that you have for them is always going to be there. Um, but just learning how to move forward and to live life now differently is something that I'm, I'm still learning to do. Um, so not that long ago, just a few days ago, uh, you, you, you revealed in this video on, on the fight story website and, uh, via, uh, the Players Tribune um, about the things that you have been dealing with, but also uh, you revealed to the world for the first time that the car accident that we uh, had talked about so much and you had done interviews afterwards and uh, was was a shock when it happened actually wasn't an accident. It was it was self inflicted. Um, you came out with this this news that you were you were at a point where you didn't want to to live anymore. And I'm wondering why you decided to tell the world this. You you mentioned in the article and in the video that you told your husband but you shared this with the world. Why did you decide to do that now? Um, the decision to do that was because when I decided to honor my sister in this way by creating Fight Story and this nonprofit, um, one of the main uh, goals through Fight Story is um, you know, sharing stories and being open, sharing these experiences. And how I thought to myself, how can I lead this initiative if I don't step forward myself and, you know, be honest and transparent with what's happened in my life. And, you know, thankfully now I'm at a point in my life where I have, you know, healed and I'm in a, a space where I'm okay to talk about that and what I went through. Um, and I just think it's important, you know, for the world to see, I guess, the truth of, of what, what we go through, you know, not just as athletes or fighters, but as human beings. Uh, the URL is uh, fightstory.org. We'll, we'll have it up there on the screen right now. Uh, you've referenced it now a couple of times. It's a very impressive website. The, the video that was put together um, featuring you is extremely well done. 
For those that may not have been to the website and don't know what Fight Story is, what exactly is it? Fight Story is a mental health nonprofit organization, and it was created with, uh, you know, the the main mission being that we are all fighters in some some way, in our own unique way, and we all go through struggles and battles, and we all fight through them. Um, you know, this is what unites us. Uh, even though much of the focus is on highlighting combat sports athletes, fighters, mental health, um, it's not just for fighters in the cage only. So it's something that, you know, I wish um, or I hope that everyone can relate to. Um, and it's just about, you know, starting the conversation, creating this awareness and advocacy for the importance of mental health and how it's so directly linked to um, physical health. And and there's just, um, you know, a really important need for balance, I, I think, in the fight world and sports, but also just in regular life and keeping that balance, finding that balance is, is hard to do. Um, but yeah, the, the goal with this nonprofit is, you know, to, to help people save lives. Um, this, this is not about me in any way, but I just want to share that mental health is very, very important to me as well. And I speak about it on this show a lot. Uh, I've talked about going to a therapist and needing help a couple of years ago and feeling all kinds of things. And so I think what you are doing and, uh, the bravery that you're showing is extremely impressive, and um, organizations like the one that you have started are essential. Uh, one, one of our sponsors is a is a online therapy company, um, BetterHelp. These things are very very important to me, and so I just want to commend you for doing this and for pouring all your your blood, sweat, and tears into this. And so, if I am someone, some regular person that is interested in Fight Story and and and, and needs help and what, like, could could I reach out to the website? Could like how how could uh, I potentially get better through your organization. Is that possible? So right now we're still in the very beginning phases of of the nonprofit, but we've been receiving lots of messages so far, um, people sharing their stories, people reaching out for help. So we've actually gotten a chance to reply to many of these people just hearing them, acknowledging them, and then also redirecting them to ways to find help so that, you know, um, we can be that resource and, and guide them towards um, many other resources out there. Um, because that's, I guess, the, the hardest step is, uh, you know, reaching out and asking for help. And from there, it's just about, you know, pointing people in the right direction, following up and, um Right now, I have so many plans that I would love to share about all the programs and, you know, what I would like to do to actually get involved in in making change and, and helping the community. Um, I'm not sure if we have, we have time for all of that, but uh, it will be updated on the website as we go along. And um, right now, we're just, you know, trying to raise funds to jumpstart these programs. And um, yeah, it's a it's a big it's a big mission. It's a big goal that we're up against. Uh, it's going to take a lot of people, but you know, it's a very important cause that we're fighting for. Um, the the people reaching out and the stories that you're seeing, like the, the, these are heavy, 
stories. This is not like a fun topic to discuss, but it's an important topic. What has it been like for you to field all these stories and have people reach out and want to share this stuff? Uh, has it felt overwhelming? Has it has it been you know tough to deal with? How would you describe how you're handling this since you you know went public with all of this? It's um, it really blew me away just to see how many messages have come in. Um, you know, detailing not only their own personal struggles, but uh, of a loved one or of a loved one who's not here. And just to see, um, just like that, you know, we're definitely not alone in how we're feeling and that this issue is something that affects everyone. Mental health is something that affects each and every one of us. And um, it's just, we don't say it. We don't, we don't talk about it. No one likes to bring up that kind of conversation, um, but it's important, you know, that we do. And uh, it has been difficult to try to keep my own mental health in check while while doing this, while going through the messages and, and connecting with people. But, um, you know, it's something that I'm learning that, uh, you know, you definitely can't pour from an empty cup. And if I want to do good, I want to make sure that I got to make sure that I'm, I'm taking care of myself um, you know, first so that I can go out there and um, continue this mission. Do you recall um, how old you were or, or where you were in life when you realized that this was something that you needed to address, that, you know, your mental health wasn't, you know, in a great spot? Um, it was something that I was always aware of. I didn't um, dive too deep into the topic until this year. Um, this year just had a chance to really do a lot of research, do a lot of, um, self-reflection and yeah, it's, um, you know, it's hard because a lot of times you don't get to this point unless something drastic has happened in your life. Um, and for me, that was the case um, with losing my sister. And, you know, I think that we all need to take a moment to self-reflect, to, you know, kind of see where we're at and, um if we want to make change, in my case, I want to make change, creating a safe environment for my daughter to grow up and to feel safe discussing these topics with me, then, you know, we need to take a look at ourselves and see, okay, you know, what can I do different or how can things be better? Because that's the goal is to always do better, be better with each generation. And um, so, yeah, that's been my, my guiding light through all of this is, just doing it for my daughter. And and just curious, you said that this was the year where you really started to pay attention to it. And I would urge everyone out there to watch the video on fightstory.org and to read your Players' Tribune piece. Um, the, the accident was several years ago. Uh, in, in, in the aftermath of that, did you, did you not want to address it? Did you not feel like that was, you know, because you know, I think someone would read that or, or listen to the story and say 2017 was several years ago. Um, why wasn't that the red light, you know, that went off in your head? Are you able to explain why? Yeah. Um, you know, after everything happened in 2017, 
I'll be honest, I just, I didn't have the the strength at that time to come forward to face not just my family, but the world to say how I was really feeling. And um, it took a, a really long time to to build up that strength. And I think that, you know, everyone, everyone heals at their own pace and I'm not here to tell everyone you need to share your story. You need to share everything that you've been through because that that's not easy. Um, that's not the point. Um, but I was at a place where now I feel like I can open up and I feel like by sharing my story, it would help others. And so, um, you know, it's up to everyone and, and uh, how they're, how they're feeling and how they're, you know, how they're healing essentially. Uh, could I ask uh, on a daily basis now, are there things that you would share um, with someone who may be feeling, you know, everyone has different levels of feeling up and down, but uh, things that help with your mental health, things that you do, any tips, any, any words of wisdom that you would share to someone who may be feeling down and isn't quite at the point where uh, they feel comfortable reaching out for help but is perhaps maybe listening to this and uh, is is looking for any sort of light guidance as to what they can do to just improve on a daily basis. Yeah, um, definitely. I do have some tools that I use um, to help me with my mental health and they may not seem amazing or extraordinary. They're really basic, simple things, but uh, it's what helps me and uh, it may or may not be the same for whoever's listening, but it's important that you kind of take the time to see what works for you. Um, so for me, some things that really help with my mental health is I love to self-reflect. So I do a lot of um, journaling or typing in my phone and like just writing um, thoughts down, writing how I'm feeling or writing um you know, something that's on my mind or on my heart. And I feel like that has been a really good outlet for me over the years. Um, when I'm not quite comfortable enough to talk to someone about it, at least uh, those thoughts and emotions are are getting out there. And, um, you know, another thing that really helps and is proven is to get out, get out of your house and, you know, be in nature, go for a walk, go to the beach, go take a hike, something like that. I mean, I know it's not for everyone, but it is proven that just feeling the sun or, or you know, taking a walk through forest, it will help to boost your mood. Um, and yeah, you know, sometimes life can get crazy and busy and, and overwhelming and just taking um, a few minutes. For me, it's uh, cherishing these small moments and um, sometimes if life is moving so fast, they can often get overlooked. But if you can appreciate and kind of celebrate these small moments of happiness, um, I feel like just being more mindful of that can also just, you know, boost your mood and, and, and help with your mental health. So it's just a few things. They're small, but, you know, whenever I'm feeling down or feeling overwhelmed, like, 
I make sure I go and check these things off my list. I go and do these things and, you know, maybe it'll make me feel a little bit better or a lot better, but at least I, I tried and I, I did it, you know? And, and just curious, you know, um, one thing that was so unique about your journey, especially when we, um, started to, you know, learn about you and your family and watching you was that this really was like a family business. Like, you know, your brother, your sister, your parents, um, could I ask, you know, how some of the other members of your family, how, how are they doing these days? We, we, we hear a lot more from you and, and see a lot from you these days, but, uh, it, are you able to share how they're, how they're handling everything? Uh, yeah. So, um, my family, each of them are, are different in how they deal with things. And, um, my brothers at least have their outlet with training. So they've been able to, uh, you know, still keep up with the training. And um, my younger brother, Adrian, he's been competing as well. Um, so I'm really happy that they have that outlet. Um, but yeah, everyone deals with things differently. And even though we may not all agree on on certain things. Um, I know at the end of the day that we all have love for each other and still can support each other. So that's what's most important. Uh, there was a video that was posted um, via one championship of you going up to Ham and, 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 and Fairtex before their fights to tell them that you were going to be doing this. And both of them, like they were emotional and I could, I could, I was watching it in the aftermath, thinking like, man, you had to do this twice, which uh, you know probably takes a lot out of you. Why did you feel the need and feel that it was important to go to them personally? You didn't have to do that; they could have just announced it face to face before the fight to tell them that you would be vacating the title. Yeah, that was actually the plan of uh, what was going to happen. And um, on on the fight week, I. I asked one, I asked the team, I said, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to tell these ladies beforehand because there's already so much at stake. You know, there's already so much pressure on them. And I think it's only fair to let them know uh, beforehand to prepare themselves and to get, you know, their mind ready, um, you know, before the fight. Uh, I know what it's like to be in their shoes and I wouldn't want something like this to just be sprung on me the day of the fight. Um, so I just, you know, treated them how I would have wanted to be treated in that situation. Are you, uh, are you happy or are you at peace with how the whole weekend went? You know, the conversations with them, the announcement in the cage, uh, is this kind of how you envisioned it all going down? Yeah, I am. I am at peace with everything. And I think that it went the best way it could have. Um, you know, everyone, everyone at that event, everyone I met throughout the week has been just really, really kind and supportive. Um, even, you know, the two ladies stamp and uh, so he um, it's just really nice to see this, um, you know, respect and just mutual camaraderie that we have. Um, yeah, it's it's a hard feeling to describe and even with a language barrier, but I think that, you know, there's just an understanding and just, you know, there's love there. So I really appreciated that. 
man, the, the love that they showed you, the things that they were saying about you, the emotion that they showed, uh, I'm, I'm sure in the moment had to have felt good, right? Like the things that Stamp was saying and that, um, that Ham was saying to you, the respect that they have for you was incredible. These are people who are probably dreaming of fighting you one day. In fact, I think Ham said herself that her dream, you know, is no more, but in the, in the utmost respectful way, um, it was just very, it was very special to see that. And I can't imagine how it made you feel in that moment. I was really surprised, um, you know, while, when I'm on this journey and when I'm fighting, like, you don't really take the time to think about things like that. And, and like, what they showed me was how much, um, you know, how much I did and what it meant for them. And so, yeah, it was very, very touching. Um, do you think that martial arts will still be a part of your life? Do you think that you will still train? I definitely think so. Um, it's weird. Uh, you know, I've been a martial artist my whole life. These past um, eight years, I've been, you know, used to two, three training sessions a day, every day. And just life is different now. And for me, I still, you know, go into the gym and I'll train. But it's for a different reason. And it, it took me a while to see it in that way that I'm exercising for longevity, for my mental health, not for a fight or a competition, you know, and just to have that physical outlet um, for that reason that it's an outlet. And I hope to get back to a place where I can really love training like I once did. Um, but I know there's also you know, many other things I could explore and maybe find a new hobby or a new physical outlet. But I definitely think that, you know, after all this time and still martial arts and MMA will still be a big part of my life. Um, I'm sure you and your husband have talked about this. I'm, I'm wondering, like, when, you're, when, you're, when your daughter says if she wants to, you know, train, compete, how do you think you'll feel about that? It's funny that you asked me about that because literally <laughs> the other week she surprised us out of nowhere. She looks at me and my husband and says, I'm going to be a fighter. Uh, and my jaw like uh, dropped. And I was like happy and terrified at the same time, uh, almost in tears. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's only two, but uh, yeah, that's hard. I know she's going to be you know, growing up and in that environment because my husband and I have a jujitsu gym and we do want to, you know, teach her how to defend herself. But I'm hoping along the way that she'll find her own passion, whatever that may be. Um, of course, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Fair enough. Um, so as far as like your day-to-day -day life now, um, you, you're, you're still so young uh, retirement doesn't really apply to someone, you know, you, you think of someone who's way older. Do you think that the majority of your time and attention will be on fight story? Is that the, the main project that you have that will occupy your time? Definitely. Um, you know, excited to pour all myself into it a hundred percent and to, you know, really, it's really important that fight story succeed just because I see such a huge need for, you know, our mission and what we're aiming to do. Um, you know, 
you know, we've come a long way talking about mental health and, and, um, but we still have a long way to go. And especially in the fight world, especially in combat sports. So, um, yeah, we're hoping to do some good things, make some changes and yeah, just fight the good fight for mental health. Um, I, I asked you about regular people, but have fighters reached out to you since you came out and told the the full story to tell you about some of the struggles that they've had as well? Yes, um, there have been fighters who have reached out and I am talking with them currently about how we can work together or how we can help them through Fight Story. And uh, yeah, it's just very eye-opening to see and um, I'm hoping that over the next few months and years that people will be able to see that we are doing good and we are changing lives and saving people through this. It's such a difficult topic to talk about. There's so many different avenues of, of mental health and yeah. Um, sorry. I, it's still something that's really, it's just, you know, it's really, really close to my heart. And I think, you know, this passion is what's going to drive it and is going to be what brings people together. So a lot of work to do still, but yeah, ready for it. And if I could just ask you a couple more questions and then I'll let you go again. Thank you for this. And uh, honestly, the, it's like, a, it's a bit of a meta question in the sense that I've seen you do a bunch of interviews over the last couple of weeks. Are you t- are you tired of of talking about all of this? Like, is it it can't imagine? Like, you, it's nine o'clock over there, nine thirty now. This is emotionally draining. Uh, this is not you know us talking about your upcoming fight. Um, and I know you'll never get tired talking about this topic or your family or things like that. But is there a part of you that just kind of wants to, you know, not be bothered for a bit and not talk about this, or are you relishing the opportunity of putting a spotlight on this? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. No, um, it is emotionally draining, um, talking about this each time because it is different. It's, it's not the typical interview that would do for a fight. Um, there's so many more emotions involved. And, uh, while I was in Singapore and I did two or three back-to-back interviews, uh, speaking about it and it was very, very hard. Um, you know, just bringing all these feelings up and trying to trying to keep it under control. I wasn't able to, but that's that's uh, I guess that's what comes with this realm of things. You know, of what we're doing with you know the nonprofit and with mental health and with someone who has been through it and someone whose family has been affected by it. It's, um, yeah, it's a topic that it's hard to talk about, but it's, I know that it's necessary. And so each time that I do have a talk, I make sure to take time after that to decompress and, you know, try to regulate myself because yes, there is a lot that comes (laughs) with each, um, interview. And uh, just curious, and if you don't want to answer, I totally understand. But do you speak to someone? Do you do you see a therapist? Do you feel like that helps you? Uh, I'm glad you asked. I I have tried to 
um, be connected with a therapist. I tried therapy and it hasn't, it didn't work for me. Um, and I think that that's okay. I think that there are many different ways for people to, you know, take care of their mental health. Therapy is a great way. It's a great tool to have, but it's not the end all be all. Sometimes it won't make, it won't be the right fit for everybody, but I think just making sure that you find ways, uh, to take care of yourself. And I have a really great support system. Now I have a great relationship with my husband, great relationship with, um, close friends and, you know, they help me to keep filling my cup back up and, um, all these other little tools, uh, that I have, you know, to take care of my mental health. It's been doing good for me. So, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. I think it's really great. Some people, they need that. But for me, it just um, wasn't, it didn't work for me. If we could end on a, a celebratory mood, if you will, now that your fighting career um, has come to an end and, and what an amazing run you had, uh, what was your happiest moment as a one championship fighter? Could you can you share the one that you'll tell your your daughter about, your grandchildren about? Is Is there one that comes to mind? Yes, by far my my happiest moment, the one I'm most proud of is, uh, you know, when I was out in my pregnancy and I um, trained and came back and, and defended my title, um, you know, coming back from having my baby and having her be there witnessing that, uh, that was by far my proudest moment. I had a feeling that you would say that one. That was a tremendous moment. Um, I, I, I wish you nothing but the best, you and your family, nothing but the best, sending you guys a, a lot of uh, love. I, I think it's mana. Do you say mana in Hawaii? Is that the word? Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, sending you guys all that. And I don't know if, if, if I can help in any way with Fight Story, but if there's anything that I could do, shedding a light on it, posting something, I would just like to throw it out there if you need any help from us here. I would love to help you in any way, get this off the ground or spread the word about it. So that is a, an open invitation. Anytime you feel like you need our help here, uh, I would love to help you guys in any way. So good luck with that. Uh, all the best. Stay well. And thank you for coming on to, uh, to talk about this. And congratulations on an incredible fighting career. Thank you, Ariel. Take care and hope we speak soon. All right, take care. All the best. There she is, Angela Lee. Again, the uh, the website is uh, fightstory.org. Uh, you could check it out right now. It's a very impressive website, and uh, it it takes a lot of uh, a lot of courage to talk about these things. And uh, again, I would urge anyone to check out the video on the uh, the website, and I would urge everyone to read uh, the uh, the Players Tribune article uh, that she penned, because you may recall, it, you know, it's. It's hard to uh, to even verbalize and uh, talk about what their family is going through. And I know what many families are going through. It was uh, heartbreaking to hear about Victoria Lee's passing in December, uh, a fighter so young with her whole life ahead of her. Um, and then we find out about uh, what Angela had been going through because I remember when she got into the car accident and um, we we initially thought or for the longest time thought that it was a car accident but then we found out that it was uh 
self-inflicted and uh, she's very open about what she's been going through, but these aren't fun things to, uh, to discuss. These are very hard things to discuss. And I know that there are a ton of people out there. And so having uh, famous people, having, having stars, having heroes talk about these things and, and, and showing that they struggle as well. She's just 27. Um, I'd like to think helps a lot of people out there. Uh, so hopefully if you are out there and, and, uh, you are feeling this way, we talk about it all the time with better help. I just got a, a great message from, uh, a, a longtime friend of the show yesterday about them using better help. Uh, it doesn't have to be better help. It doesn't have, the, this is not sponsored by better help. They're not a sponsor of the show today. It could be anyone. Please reach out, please talk, please, um, seek help. Please do the things that she, uh, discussed that may help you doing a uh, story right now for real sports on a very famous person uh, who I never would have imagined do these things, but actually said the very similar things that she just talked about. Every morning he wakes up and he journals, he meditates, he prays, uh, he talks about his feelings, he talks about his emotions. He too uh, tried to take his own life. And I'll tell you more about that story in a few weeks time. Everyone goes through these things. It's, uh, it's, it's not a unique thing. Um, so just very impressive that she's, uh, reached the point where she is comfortable enough to talk about these things. And, uh, I, uh, I wish her nothing but the best. And if there's anything that I could do to help with, uh, with fight story, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to lend any kind of support possible. Um, I appreciate her coming on. I appreciate one championship for, uh, setting that up. And I do want to remind you, um, speaking of one championship, they had a great event. Uh, this past weekend, Friday night on Amazon Prime, they are back uh, once again with another uh, event. Let me just pull it up here. It is uh, coming up on Friday night on Amazon Prime. It's one championship uh, 15, Tan Lee in the main event. It's an interim lightweight championship uh, main event. There it is. John DiBella against uh, Danielle Williams also for the flyweight title. Um, in kickboxing, in the co-main event, we have uh, Mikey Musamichi, Darth Rigatoni, New York Rick's favorite fighter, going up against Shinya Aoki. What a fun grappling match that's going to be. I mean, that is just tremendous stuff. Timofey Nastyukin against Li Peng Zhang. Joshua P Paccio on the card as well. Uh, so that's this Friday evening from Bangkok, Thailand at 8 p.m. on Amazon Prime. No nope, uh, no pop from Rick on the Zoom for Darth Rigatoni. I, I wasn't aware that he was on the Zoom. Oh, yeah, he's on the Zoom. No pop at all, man. Didn't even flinch when he heard it. Mm. I, 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 was, I specifically said it to get yeah, the pop. that's your guy. That's your guy, Rick. Right, it's more the nickname, but yes, uh, I do love the Darth uh, Rigatoni. And especially when Ariel says it. Darth Rigatoni. He, he, he only says Rigatoni. He doesn't say Rigatoni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, leave, you um, leave off the E on the end. Man. Proper, proper. By the way, New York Rick losing so much weight now he's lost his beard. What's going on over here? I'm saying, looking thin. What is what happening? You now you're looking. You're I don't look, know if those things. By the way, you're looking like circa 2013 New York Rick. What, all you need is a little shape up and the line in your hair, and like you're good to go. I mean, it's possible. Who knows? Maybe I will go back to that hair. Oh, the bun. Um, Frank remembers the bun. No, 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 no. It would go the other way. I'd shave it. I wouldn't go. Yeah. and grow it out like that again. I'm even shocked that After, Frank knew about the bun. Wow. 
Well, I mean, how after did you, after this... Paolo, that was that's done now. We're 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 oh, done. I with forgot that for you good. had the yeah, bun with. Uh, yeah, sorry, my bad. I was bad. about to say, did he not have the? Bun yeah, I forgot about that. Wow, it feels like it was so long. That was just a year ago. Yeah, that's yeah. my bad. Um, oh, it is twenty twenty four according to you. Did you go to? Uh, did you go to? Uh, Frank's barber for the beer. What happened, or was this your decision? No, I just, I just shaved my beard. It was getting cool. <laughs> it was getting cool again, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I can get into this." Then it got hot again, and I was like, "Oh god, oh, I'm just that. gonna, I'm just gonna trim this." Yeah, it has um, been weird. But yeah, not not a lot of thought. It, it was it was just a shave. Not a. Frank, a where do we uh, stand on Beardgate? You know, I'm waiting for it to grow back out. Oh, is that it? Probably by the end of the week. Oh wow, are you going to a new guy? Oh, yeah. Or gal? Yeah. Do you prefer... Haven't picked them out yet. Do you prefer guy working on the beat or gal? I'm different. I've actually had more success with girl, believe it or not. You would think the guy would know because, you know, guys have beards. But uh, I've had better success with female barbers with the beard as opposed to male barbers. I find male barbers are a little less uh, attentive. They, 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 they kind of cut corners. You know what I'm saying? You pay them to do that. You pay them to cut corners? Yeah, on your beard. They line you Fucking up. Hell, Frank, you're so fucking oh, Sorry, I thought I said I was not going to swear in there. I mean, there that was go. there's our age restriction. That, there, uh, that's God. It was just so good. How are you so I just quick? Just bring it out of you. How are you so quick? Unbelievable. Speaking of which, let's get right to it. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. Yeah. It's time for a good old fashioned Q and A. Frank is on fire. Do 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 do. Frank is Ladies on fire. Frank is on fire. I don't mean on fire literally, I mean figuratively, Frank. Come on. Okay, I can't wait to get this. It's been a while since we did On the Nose on the back end, and now I'm actually starting to remember why I moved it to the front end, if you catch my drift. Christian. Juarez or Juarez uh, leads us off. Hello, MMA Hour friends. Question: With Tyson signing a fight against Alexander Usyk, would you and the gang say that this takes away hype from the Tyson versus Ngannou fight? Seems like Tyson won't try anymore. Oh, what a hot tag! Let me just get the uh, the string out here and uh, accept the hot tag. I'm so happy that you bring this up. And we kind of fumbled the ball on Monday by not talking about this. But in our defense, Monday was a crazy, crazy day. When I saw this news come out on a Friday afternoon, I was baffled. I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And initially, what I felt was, if I'm Francis Ngannou, am I extremely disrespected right now? Is that the way I'm feeling? Do I feel like this is a slight against me? Because that's how I was feeling on his behalf. So what I did was, I reached out to Francis and his team, and I was like, hey, am I off base here, or is this the right sentiment? And they confirmed with me that I, I was feeling the right way. Now, it's up to them to channel that and use that as motivation to shock the world and all that stuff. But I can't believe that everyone involved did this. Number one, from the moment this Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou fight was announced, at least to the boxing public, because I think the MMA public was a lot more receptive to it, from the moment it was announced on the boxing and sporting side of things, and I know particularly on the boxing side of things and in the UK, because I listed the talk sport and all that stuff, and they can't shit on that fight enough, right? We, we as a public, have had to warm up to the idea of the fight, right? We have had to say, okay, no, it is going to be a real fight. Remember initially Eddie Hearn told us, no, it's not going to be 
uh, like a fully pro-sanctioned fight. It's going to be an exhibition with no knockdowns. No, there are knockdowns. There are knockouts. There are three judges. There is a referee. It is going to be scored. There is going to be a winner. And we've had to like almost warm up to it. And and they've had to educate the world and educate the public and the, 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 the sports fans out there that, no, this is a legit thing. This is for the baddest man on the planet crown. Yes, it's 10 rounds. No, there's not going to be a belt at stake and definitely not now. But still, this is bigger. This is the lineal MMA champion against the boxing champion, the lineal boxing champion, right? And now all you've done is tell people that, no, this is just the tune-up. This is the tune-up that you thought it was. This is the exhibition that you thought it was. I don't feel that way. I know for a fact that Francis and his team are going to go in there and shock the world, and I know what you all are saying. Number one, you're saying he has no chance, so who cares? Again, disrespectful. Number two, you're saying there's no belts on the line, so who cares? So you're telling me if Francis Ngannou knocks out Tyson Fury on October 28th, he's fighting Usyk? That fight still has luster? No, it doesn't. They don't have a date. They don't. They have the venue, or at least they have the location. Why not wait until October 28th? Why not do what we've seen so many times, what is usually done? Fight ends, there's a winner, Tyson Fury, Throw to the video package, and next, it's the one you've truly been waiting for. Why did it have to happen on September 30th or whatever that date was? What was the point? What was to gain? No tickets. Now, if it's some sort of PR thing or just to get people on board with, hey, Tyson is actually going to defend belts and he is going to fight and this is the one that you want, sure. But we've already like crossed the Francis Bridge. We've already come to terms with that fight happening. Why did you have to take all the luster away? Because I feel like the luster has been taken away. I feel like the stakes have been diminished. I feel like Francis has been disrespected. I would love to have Tyson on the show and ask him these questions. I would love to have Frank Warren on the show and ask him these questions. Although the last time we had him on the show, or at least invited him on the show, he canceled at the last minute, but I was told that he was dealing with some health things. So he is still invited on the show. I would love to have anyone involved on the show. But I know in speaking to Francis's team, that they feel some sort of way about this. Are they showing up on the 28th of October? Absolutely. Are they going to use this as motivation? Are they going to try to shock the world? Absolutely. But I think what it says to the public is, hey, you wanted the Usyk fight? You're getting the Usyk fight. This is just the, you know, this is just the one that gets us there. Or maybe we couldn't get it done in time and he was fighting Dubois and who knows what else. I feel like, no, like when... People are going to say, oh, yeah, when this guy was fighting that guy, Triple G had a fight coming up. We knew that he was supposed to fight uh, whatever, Kovalev, this and that. It was never officially announced like that. It was sometimes rumored. It was sometimes discussed. It was sometimes uh, bandied about whatever. But there was never like a poster and an official announcement where everyone involved, including the Saudi officials, say like, yeah, this is a done deal. It's signed. And now this is the one for the baddest man on the planet. Which one is it? Um, so yeah, that I, I was, I was bummed to see that I'm, by the way, don't get me wrong. I am thrilled that that fight is happening. I can't wait to see that fight. It's going to be great. It's what boxing needs. It's what the heavyweight division needs and everything else is going to fall into place afterwards at heavyweight. This is the fight that had to have happened. This is the one, but I'm cool with waiting 24 more days for it to be officially announced. By the way, I was cool with it being reported that, Hey, if Tyson Fury wins, it's happening. But I just think that the announcement and the, the, the way it was rolled out was uh, deflating. Am I wrong, guys? New York Rick, what do you think about this? Am I off? Because people are going to come back and say, oh, he has no chance. There's no belts on the line. This has been done before. Oh, what, once? Twice? It's not common. Again, reported, rumored, 
that's a little bit more common. We know who's next. We knew that, you know, uh, I don't know, in um, when, when uh, I don't know, when this guy fought this guy, this guy's next. Like, this happens all the time. But announced like this for, you know, uh, 24 days, well, now not, not 24 days, 28 or so days, four weeks before the fight that we've had to been sold on. Like, we had to get warmed up to it. We had to, we had to actually have come around to it and they have had to educate us on its legitimacy. And then you come back and then you ruin all that work. Now you've just told everyone, nah, the real one is coming up in either December, December 23rd, if that's even possible, or by the end of Riyadh season, which is March. What? What was the point? Am I wrong? Agree or disagree? No, you're right. And I think I said it in our group text like when it happened that tyson fury is typically smarter than this tyson fury is typically like raising the stakes of his fights um and giving opponents who people might say oh he's already beaten them and it's a rematch and he kind of elevates um his opponents he makes sure um that he what he's selling is a good fight and and he's typically very mindful of that so the so this feels completely out of left field and and astray from how he usually handles that the only possible thing i can think of is if in his mind he's kind of seeing the buzz and kind of seeing the attention and feeling like nobody cares uh about the fight and doesn't think it's going to be competitive and thought to himself if i line this up maybe there's a a way that francis Ngannou will get interest or, or attention as playing spoiler now i'm giving tyson fury a lot of credit here but i will say there's a history of him kind of understanding the promotion of this and and elevating the opponents. So that's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, it does feel like a diminishment of the fight. And now, will that storyline matter? Will that storyline sell more pay-per-views? Maybe not, but I also could see a world where now all of a sudden people are saying, yeah, he is disrespecting Francis. Yeah, Francis is going to be the one who upsets it and kind of tune in for that basis. So maybe there's a method to the madness, uh, but it does feel odd it does not feel in place um with both tyson fury's history and how these fights are typically announced and by the way i can't i can't overstate this enough if this was if this was announcing that joshua fury was going to happen after fury Usyk, i actually would have you know appreciated it more if they would have you know framed it like this if tyson fury wins on x day against alexander Usyk. The one that you've always wanted to see is going to happen, but it's a big if, but we have come to terms on a deal for to, 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 to do Fury Joshua. But this is the fight that you've had to explain to people is the real fight. You know what I mean? Like when Fury and Ganu was, was first announced, people were like, well, I'm talking about on the boxing and, and regular sports side of things. I think MMA has always been kind of excited about it. And now all that work that you've done since you officially announced this fight a couple of months ago is pretty much out the window because you just told people, oh, don't worry about it. The real fight, the one that you've all been complaining about and wanting is coming up in a few months' time. Just let us get over with this one and then he's going to win and then he's going to go on. Like there's the, the suspension of disbelief is gone. The intrigue is gone. The stakes are gone. Now I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm down. I'm going to watch it. I'm excited about it. We're going to talk about it. Uh, I think we don't take ourselves as seriously as perhaps some other people when it comes to these things. But... I, I just can't imagine that they would do this. I can't believe that they would do this. I was, I was blown away and I, was, I, I felt some sort of way about it. And that's why I reached out to Francis. Like maybe he knew all along and maybe uh, I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm being, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, 
uh, hyperbolic here. Maybe I'm being a little bit too dramatic. And uh, no, the confirmation that I got was, uh, no, you're, you're on the right side of the argument here, at least from their perspective. Is there not a point to what I'm saying, though, that now this is a storyline? That now this is something to Yeah, we've made that storyline. They haven't made that storyline. We made this. But, we'll, we'll, do their, yeah, but, we'll do their work for them and create that storyline. But uh, the story... So maybe, that, maybe that works, though. Mm, you think that was their that was their intention that listen i i'm willing to if if they if they if it was i'll give them credit for it if it wasn't now it becomes one and it becomes so one I, for francis yeah and francis needs one Fra francis in this fight was being counted out and this is another example of it happening and that and i think he needs this i think he needs to be disrespected i think that is the most interesting part of this entire fight is that he has no chance. Man, and we're going to see. People are disrespecting old Francis. Yeah. They're really disrespecting. I think that is the best thing that could happen for him. So because you like if, this if, move then, Rick? Look, I like the I like the fallout from it. I like the outcome from it. I don't I, it'd be hard like I don't I'm not Tyson Fury and I'm not in Tyson Fury's camp. I don't know what the objective was here other than to kind of announce a fight. But it makes it more compelling in my opinion. Like the idea that Tyson Fury is saying, eh, I'm stepping over this guy. I don't give a shit. Like, he's not going to upset me. I got plans. That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. It'd be a lot more interesting than if it was just like, yeah, we're at the fight, and Francis Ngannou has no chance, and there's nothing more to it. Like, that's interesting. Tyson Fury taking his, potentially taking his eye off the ball. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. If that is truly what happened here, then it just feels like, okay, Tyson's calling all the shots. And I understand this was all like, get he, the, but like. He uh, is calling all the shots. I know, but suspension of disbelief. He bequeathed, he bequeathed Francis know, this fight. I wanted suspension of disbelief. How'd you feel about it, GC? Yeah, I felt like it was disrespectful off the bat. Just like imagining another fighter doing that. Uh, and this sort of being somewhat of a gimmick fight in terms of it's an MMA guy getting in there to box a world-class boxer. Obviously, the odds are not in. Francis Ngannou's favor, him being like, all right, and then I'm going to have my real title fight in December or January. And I mean, if it's December too, that is like, that's like what, a six week turnaround for him coming off of this one? I so, like, that seems like a quick turn. Unless he maybe, gets. Maybe it'll be January, something like this. But like, the fact that he's dropping promos for it or dropping the, the poster for it, it was just like, man, you still, you still do have this fight on the books, man. Mm. Like, I, we discussed this. Like, I would have thought it would have been. Fantastic. If if he did what a lot of people expect him to do, if he just kind of made it look easy against Francis, then as soon as he gets the microphone after the fight, I'm coming for Usyk, undisputed. Yes. First time since what, 99? Well, why couldn't it have gone down like that? That was perfect. It's not like it's in four months, the fight. It's in less than four weeks now. It just would have been great. And then he wins, and now all of a sudden, let's just say the fight doesn't live up to whatever expectations we may have. But you drop that bomb on everyone afterwards, everyone's buzzing afterwards. That becomes the story, right? Uh, it's sort of like the, the one that's freshest in my mind. It's, a, it's not the greatest example because the fight didn't come to fruition, but it's when Amanda Serrano fought at the theater against Erica Cruz. You guys were there, right? They had the promo ready to go. Now, in the end, they were a little bit too ambitious and Serrano got too banged up and the fight didn't happen. But Katie was there and they did the face-off and they went to the promo package and they've done this with, with uh, Triple G in the past as well. Like, why can't you do it that way? Uh, in the end, what's done is done. The toothpaste is out of the tube. You know, 
it's it's going to be fine. But uh, I'm curious to see how Francis channels this. And man, I see, like I was watching Eddie Hearn interview uh, this morning with uh, our, our friend Charlie Parsons of Boxing Social, and they're like clowning on him. They're you know they're clowning on his on his uh, on his mitt work. They're clowning on him. Tra- like, like he's got to be trolling, right? Then, then I guess I don't mind the the Rick Spin zone for this, like. It's he's just, just being, he's disrespect, being disrespectful. Man. I mean, this he, is our heavyweight he champion. He has a chance to play the biggest spoiler of yep. all spoilers. I mean, imagine the egg Can on Tyson Fury's face. He knocks him out. If Francis Ngannou knocks this dude so, out. It sounds like you're both coming along with me. Are, I'm not you, coming along because I never would have done it. We're doing we're 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 actually doing them a favor by doing this. But don't that was don't don't get it twisted. That's not their intention. Their intention is. I mean, I, I saw the Frank Warren interviews afterwards. It was never like, hey, he has to get by Francis first. It's like, no, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Give, you know, give us our flowers. We're doing fight's this. Happening. We're I spinning mean, the fight's this It's happening whether he gets knocked out by Francis Ngannou or not, correct? Man, and then imagine the argument did, how, goes. And he by the way, how does it happen? Like, I mean, I guess it could happen. Yeah. Alexander Gustafson got a title shot getting uh, off a knockout. But, I mean, how do you solve that? You get knocked out by Francis I, I Ngannou mean, and now you're fighting Usyk? If I'm Usyk, I say, sign up Francis. I want that guy instead. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's got some leverage now. But, he's but gotta, he doesn't he's have those belts. Get the this he's got to get the undisputed. Regardless of how we got here, this is more interesting. This is more interesting. But I just want to acknowledge it's more interesting because you're a smart guy and you're a fan and you're making it more interesting. But let's just please acknowledge this wasn't the intention. Do you understand what I'm talking yeah. about? I I would assume you're correct. I can't say for sure, but I would assume you're correct that it just feels like they were they were They're casting rushing. Francis aside. Right. But again, this this helps. This helps the fight. I care more now about I Francis. That's I, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know for the general population. I, don't know if I think they now skip the it. I think they now say, "Oh, okay, he's got he's he's fighting the real dude in uh, December or March." I, Let me skip this one. What, what fight do you want to see more, Usyk or Francis? Who me? Yeah, Usyk, of course. Yeah. But that that would okay, have been I mean, true it's, it's if this was a, if that would have been true at any nah, point. Nah, fuck in that. History. I want to like, see Francis. Really... I want to be. I want to see big Francis shock the world. I mean, yeah, if it's he working. shocks the world, they, I can't yeah, believe I want, Tyson Fury did it again. Tyson payday, Fury payday. and team just did it again. Wow, here we go. Incredible. Rick is spinning this into he's a genius. Tyson Fury is a marketing uh, genius. I will look. I'm gonna say that. I mean, he is to be honest. And and as I said before, this is very out of character. Um. He like think about think about like Chisora, Dillian White. Like, do you hear do you if you if you look back and think back on Tyson Fury um talking about those fights, does he say, I'm gonna go in there and smoke them and they're not up to snuff? Or does he say these guys are dangerous and here's why like he's been very careful and very good about making sure that he promotes who he's whose opponent is. Like, didn't he like he went off on True Jordy because he was saying, like, this is not a, a, a suitable fight. Like, this is not a good fight for the fans. He takes it seriously. So this felt weird and felt out of character. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say I know that this was premeditated. But no matter what, sitting here on October 4th, the fight has more interest to me. Francis Ngannou stopping Usyk versus Fury from happening. It's interesting. Boxing fans would be so pissed if he does that. <laughs> Imagine if this is this is it. <laughs> they'd be yeah, so they'd be they'd be livid. There's 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 another Where's sort of ripple effect here. If they do in fact do it on December twenty third, that was the date that was rumored for um, Chris Eubank Jr. against Conor Ben. Oh yeah, can't imagine they would then do that, right? I mean, I know it's not going to happen in England, 
Ben Eubank would be in England, but like you wouldn't put both on the same day. So them, I don't know if that was the intention to throw that out there to like beat them to the punch. I don't know if the intention was to steal some shine from the Canelo fight. I don't know what the intention was, uh, but I don't know. Again, just to be clear, love the fight, love the idea. It's what needed to happen. But I just love wish, the fight. Yeah, I just wish they love waited the just a couple more uh, weeks. Also, what about the awkwardness? And Frank Warren also promotes Daniel Dubois, and he had been saying that Dubois was going to, um, and I think had a ri- like actually officially filed an appeal, and now it's like, oh, well, you're not going to get that appeal. Um, it doesn't really matter. You're off to the side. You know, that's kind of weird, but whatever. No. One Can I give a hot scared. take? Yeah, go ahead. I'm actually more interested in Connor Ben and Chris Eubank than I am in Fury versus Usyk. Uh, yeah, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. That's a hot take, dude. That is a hot take. I mean, that's I, a great I, fight. Um, but Undisputed I'm heavyweight in. champion of the I'm world. In. I Chris love it. Eubank, it's Connor great. It's Ben. A great fight. Eubank and Ben, for me, has vaulted into like... No, it's great, but like you can't. I like... There's no, there's Come not on, an man. MMA fight on the schedule that I care more about than Eubank and Ben right now. What? Um, it sounds like there's not a boxing fight that you care about more there's than not. There's no Chris fight Eubank on and Connor Earth. Ben. Please explain no slap why. Fight like <laughs> like slap no, fight. No, no explain. Anything. I love this fight too. You know, I love my British boxing. Oh, come, on. come on, break this down. Break this down. I, I loved it the first time when it was just the family lineage story, the heritage, all that stuff. It was great. The legacies on the line. I love that. Now it's got 10 more wrinkles about the drug testing. It's kind con- it feels a little bit outlaw with Connor Ben. Um, the rivalry between the two. Uh, first of all, Eubank losing in that time, um, and then coming back and avenging that loss. Like, there is so much more to this fight now. It- it's my number one. And yeah, if you can do that in like one. if you what? can do that in Wembley, if you can do that yeah, in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere. Wait, number one fight in I don't all of combat. I don't want to shit on this. The number one Anglophile, the number one, like, I, I wish I was English person 100%. in the entire world. I love everything about it, but I, yeah. I'm not I'm not crazy enough to say that I'm more excited about this than any MMA fight or any number boxing. One, number uh, one fight so in good. all of combat it's sports. so good. I'm, I'm more excited. So I'm more excited about Saw Poppy versus uh, Call, Slims. Is it Slims or Swarms? So you know I'm not sure which one. When you Eddie, get the point. When we <laughs> said, when I send this to Eddie Hearn, I go. You do stay because I I want to go to that. No, fight. no, no. I, I want to be at that fight. I want to be at that fight. I like. I that think fight. that's the biggest thing in in combat sports. No, right now. no, no, that no, 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 Massive. No, yeah, I no. love it. I love the drama. Of it. I, you can I, you I can say this. Your opinion is that's the fight you're most excited for. You can't. Yeah, say that that is the biggest fight in no you just said it's the biggest fight in all of combat sports no mm. i said it's the one i'm i'm looking forward to no 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 but you just said it like 10 seconds we can roll the clock back roll the roll the table yeah, you did okay well the biggest the frame, fight in combat sports that maybe have yeah of course not like nothing's <laughs> bigger than conor mcgregor I, i'm the one who always says that whenever we talk right, about this right. um but yeah i mean you so, I mean, is bigger than it too we framed this conversation with one I'm most excited about. That was my. And by the way, you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a difference. Okay, yeah, yeah. L- let me play the semantic game as like, well. Don't, a... don't twist it. I've, I've made no. it very clear. No, no twisting. Stances. I'm just using your own words. We can always play this, the tape. Back by the way, we this are is, being I actually right want to defend Rick in this regard. Okay, there's yeah, a yeah, difference because this is something that I feel like Rick would say. There's a difference between biggest and most excited, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's, yeah. a, there's a difference, but I feel like that's what I just clarified. No, no, I know, but like they're both. Crazy no, but you're trying to like go in the minutia and like. Yeah, yeah. That also is. That also is my point. Very clear. It's a crazy statement. It's a crazy statement. It's a crazy statement. It's a crazy thing. No, love it. 
Not, yeah. I mean, were you were, were we not just talking even. about the potential of Canelo versus Crawford on Monday, and you were like, "That's like Great. one of the." Uh, uh, if that happens, I'm uh, it's it's up there with Usyk and Fury, but nothing's topping Eubank and Ben for me. That's the wow. one. I mean, like Love this it. is I love mean, it. You you were it's, like, it's just so good. You were amped, pens and needles, watching him in a co-main in Orlando, ten rounds. You were like, <laughs> this has to happen so we can get to. The Eubank fight. Yes. Have to happen. Yes, I have to see have it. To I'm just so happy. Could you imagine? I wish we had a live cam on that. I if I would have said this, camera. people would have said, like, you're in Eddie Hearn's pocket. You're in DeZone's pocket. That's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm in Connor Ben, Chris Eubank, Eddie Hearn's pocket. Who I wins love the fight? fight? It's the who wins it? Oh, boy. Yeah, do you have a dog? Do you I, have a horse in this race? I th- No, not really. I, I'm just in for the competitive matchup. I think Eubank is going to be too big ultimately. Yeah. But I sure as hell want to find out because Connor Ben is a mean mf'er and I and I really want to see it. But I, we I do think, a road show there. I mean, I just want to see. I mean, you. yes. Can Let's can go. can Rick host it? Yes. It's all, he's going just so hard me. on this well, I mean, that it seems like we're shitting on the fight. But we're no, not. that's like I'm true. down for this fight. You guys I would are, be very you guys are just excited. Not ready. For it. You guys are just not on the level it's yet. That's crazy. All right. You'll get there. Crazy. And You'll then, by there. the way, the week of the fight. We're going to be like, this is great. And then he's going to say, oh, you guys weren't into it. You guys weren't into it. I was into it. No, it's just like. A, I will say that. I you could say, say top that. 10. I'm starting it now. You could say I'm top 10 most like, anticipated fight, but like number one. Number Honestly, one. if you had me number guess one. the 10 fights in all of combat sports Rick was most excited for, I don't, I don't know is if I would Is he John Jones? This. Like what? Hamza no. against. Is he John Jones? Not a real fight though. I'm just saying. Hamza, yeah. Like, give me Hamza in a title Those are fight. all up there. Those are somewhere in that top 10, but it, it's not dethroning the number one. The drama, the drama of this fight is just next level. I'm all, I'm all in. I'm all, all right. in. December. Well, yeah, yeah. You made it clear. You are all in. Uh, by the way. Any questions uh, down? One question down. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, I just want to say congratulations to friend of the program, King Ryan Garcia, back on December 2nd. It was announced yesterday. So Love these, like, near the holidays. Yeah, this is fun. You love that. December 23rd, I mean, gather around with your eggnog. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Watch, by the way, there's a very good chance that neither fight happens on December 23rd, right? Like, Eubank Ben, there's all kinds of hoops. And then, like, what if Francis Knight, like, it will be left with nothing. We're going to be left with... uh, Freaking uh, Virna Janji robot the apex in the main event, you know. Well, always even that boxing Francis, day in the prem, right? That's yeah. Oh, that's even true. if Francis doesn't win, even if Tyson wins, I don't think it's like assured that that December date is is no. the one anyway. So yeah, there's a possibility neither of those fights happens in this calendar year. But uh, when it does, send me Eddie. Send me. <laughs> I, I won't go. Uh, number two. By the way, I saw in that interview with uh, Charlie Parsons, they actually referenced our show. It was just coincidental. I was watching it. Uh, on my my little run this morning, uh, do you know what they called Steve Cooper? They called him Steve Gibson. Now, to their credit, they corrected it after, but like Steve Gibson, come on, have some respect. Uh, ben P. Hello, Ariel and gang. With all the speculation around John Jones retiring after the Stipe fight, win or lose, I don't believe that to be true. Anyway, it's obvious that it would take something exciting for John to keep fighting. I mean, he's never actually said that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has he come out and said I'm retiring? No. And... I don't think he retires with a win. What do you think the chances are we finally get a stadium fight in the UK for Jones versus Aspinall? Does Jones do that? Man. Frank was so quick on the draw, you'd think he chose the questions. I found out today that Frank has a whole soundboard of things, right? But you never use them on this show. You use them for the other shows. Yeah. You have... (laughs) It's the first time I heard it. Uh, Give us a a Jasmine... Jazz the busiest. That is the best. Steve Cooper? 
the 8-bit winner. Love that one. That's tremendous. Anyway, I feel like John would enjoy the challenge of going into enemy territory, being the guy. Would he want to do that? I don't know. Here's what I feel comfortable saying. I don't think he's retiring with a win. I feel comfortable saying Stipe is retiring win or lose. There's nothing left. I think if John Jones smokes Stipe Miocic on November 11th, and I don't know what's going to happen, but if he is dominant, why would he walk away at this point? There's so much to be made. There's so many more opportunities. What else is he going to do? I, I, I just don't see it. Cool. Happy Wednesday. And by the way, I would love to see that fight. And uh, maybe Aspinall gets another win and, and they do it there and they load it up with uh, whomever's a star, uh, Leon Edwards. And I just saw, uh, what did I just see here? I think it was on MMA Fighting. I just saw uh, briefly uh, Arnold Allen is coming back. Who's he fighting? I just saw this two seconds ago. Arnold Allen. So Arnold gets a win. He's Most back on Evalon, track. Right? Yeah, okay. Whoa, that's a big fight for Arnold. Big. UFC 297. So that's uh, that's in the T-Dot, right? Mm, January 20th, yeah, T-Dot, unofficially. Uh, yeah, Cub Swanson had that tweet saying that he got offered a fight in right. Toronto. A little leak there. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Cole, happy Wednesday, Ariel and crew. My birthday is November 11th, so naturally I have a birthday watch party every year with friends and family. My question is for you as well as the crew. Has there been a fight night moment either on or close to your birthday that you'll always remember. My personal one is when Yair got that crazy KO over Zombie a few years back. Yeah, the uh, 25th anniversary show in Colorado. Thank you for the time and love the show. Uh, I've mentioned this one before, but yes, I do have one. So my birthday is on July 8th, as you know, uh, International Fight Week. Uh, the the event this past um, this past July was, in fact, on my birthday. Uh, but you know, at this point I'm just watching it by myself. However, 2007 UFC 73 stacked in, in Sacramento was a little bit before my birthday. It was, I think if memory serves me correct, I'm going to say July 6th, July 7th. All right. One day off. Anyway, so my birthday is coming up crazy. The, yeah. Okay. I thought I read something here that is actually wrong. Anyway. I told my family that I wanted to go to a bar in New York City to show them what this great UFC thing was that I keep talking about that I want to have a career in and cover. I was just about, like, I I hadn't gone to Spike yet. And then, of course, I stayed at Spike for a month, and then I started the website. So this is right before that because I went to Spike in September. But, like, here I was thinking that I was going to work in, like, TV production on the UFC side of things. So I said... What I want to do for my birthday on the Saturday night, the day before my birthday, is everyone come together, family and friends, and we go to a bar. And we went to a bar called the Playwright Tavern in Times Square. And uh, my brothers came. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, came. My friends who were in town came. And we all went. And the card was called Stacked. And it was a great card. Anderson Silva against Nate Marquardt for the middleweight title. Rashad Evans against Tito Ortiz. Sean Shirk against Hermes Franca for the lightweight title. Antonio Rodrigo Noguera against Heath Herring in a rematch of a pride fight. I mean, it was solid. It was a solid card. And I was selling them on it, and they were all into it. And it ended up being a terribly boring card. It dragged. On the main card, it was just like decision, decision. It was just like, it was just like a string of bad fights. And then even the Ortiz-Evans fight ended up being a draw. It just dragged. Uh, Shirk Franco was 25 minutes and it wasn't terribly exciting. Uh, Big Nog against Heath Herring wasn't terribly exciting, went to a decision. 
So it dragged, uh, and it dragged so much that even the Kenny Florian-Alvin Robinson fight got pushed to the post-slim after the Anderson Silva-Nate Marquardt fight. Now, Anderson did beat Marquardt in the first round. Thank the heavens. At least we got some exciting finish. But it ended up actually producing one of my favorite post-fight interviews in UFC history because after that fight, they rushed Kenny Florian out because here's Kenny Florian thinking he's going to be maybe two on the main card, three on the main card, that swing bout. He gets put to the end. We've talked to uh, to him about it on the show. He goes out there. He freaking starches Alvin Robinson, beats him in the first round, and he's all fired up. He was wearing the Bruce Lee outfit, the yellow uh, tracksuit, and then he gets on the microphone. And he says, "Who wants to see fights finished at 155? I finish fights." It was it was amazing. It's one of my favorite post fight interviews ever. Um, so anyway, I felt very embarrassed that I had been building up this card in this sport and then ended up producing a bunch of stinkers so that's a birthday party that i'll never forget and and the last time actually that i forced family and friends to watch a card eric shalom ariel and crew ariel i humbly believe your interview last wednesday with jim lampley was perhaps your greatest interview ever he shared so many incredible stories that i know were only the tip of the iceberg one thing that stood out to me most however is I speak, oh, one thing stood out to me the most, however. I speak, of course, of Jim's recollection of Howard Cosell's less than stellar treatment of him. You've mentioned several times that Cosell is one of your heroes. And thus I ask you, how was it for you to hear one of your heroes in Jim Lampley describe another one of your heroes in Cosell in such a manner? Were you disappointed, surprised, saddened? Love to hear your thoughts, your friend Eric. What a freaking question, Eric. Tremendous. Here's the truth. I have heard people in broadcasting speak of Howard Cosell like this. Uh, Bob Costas himself has, has told stories about how Howard Cosell wasn't too kind to him. And, and I look up to Bob Costas perhaps even more so than, uh, than Lampley himself. That's why I wanted to go to Syracuse, Bob Costas and Marv Albert. So I've read books on uh, Howard Cosell and I've watched uh, documentaries on him and, and uh, I feel like I know a lot about his, his career. So I'm not necessarily surprised by any of this. If you've read anything or watched anything on Cosell, you know that he wasn't exactly a, a warm and uh, cuddly teddy bear. But when you hear these stories and 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 you see just how like truly difficult he was to work with and not so receptive to others, um, yeah, it is a bit of a bummer. And so I have been able look. I didn't grow up watching Howard Cosell. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know. I was I was I was a baby towards the tail end of his career, but like you know, by the time I really started following watching sports, he was no longer on television. Um, so it, so I didn't really necessarily like grow up saying like, oh, tonight I have to watch Monday Night Football because Howard Cosell is on. I grew up loving the idea of who he was and respecting his body of work. And when you watch clips and docs and read stuff about his relationship with Ali and then you watch the interviews and his command of the English language and his classic calls and his presence his demeanor it's hard not to be infatuated with that but then you find out about people behind the scenes and then you kind of form your opinion I don't have posters of him on my uh on my wall just like Ange Postacoglu doesn't have posters of Liverpool on his wall you might get the reference you might not. He did have Fonzie. He doesn't anymore. Anyway, that's a Premier League joke for all of you. Uh, the point is, not too surprised about all of it. You hate to hear that stuff. He was a very complex guy, a, a complicated figure in the world of uh, 
sports television, television period, but hard to deny the body of work and what he meant to combat sports, what he meant to sports television, what he meant to the industry, and hard not to respect the journey. This was a guy who was a lawyer in his 40s and decided to pivot and change his life and career and go into media in a day and age when there wasn't social media, there wasn't a thousand networks and channels and, and radio stations. Like there was five, if that. Um, so it's, it's really remarkable what he was able to do. And so I'll always have respect for that and who he was and what he did and what he built and how he conducted himself on air for the most part. And then you hear about these stories and that's what makes it uh, complex. But not surprised because I had heard of these things. And in particular, Costas has talked about him. Uh, a lot over the years as well. But tremendous question. Really appreciate it. Joshua, love the cast. Keep breaking down those fourth walls. Two quick questions. Ariel, what's your favorite Montreal coffee shop? Any insight into why UFC stopped selling UFC or device? Okay, so that's the second question. Um, Favorite coffee shop would have to be Pigeon, uh, which coincidentally or not is owned by a longtime good friend of mine, Jonathan Dresner. Uh, But there's a couple of locations one in um, NDG, Notre Dame de Grasse, Monkland, uh, and there's another one downtown. There might be another one, but I do love Pigeon. Every time I'm in Montreal, I try to go there. So, so shout out to Pigeon. In fact, their like slogan is the worst coffee, but it's actually great. They're just trying to be a little bit cheeky. So that would be my favorite. And then the second one is any insight into why UFC stopped selling using the device that allowed live event attendees. The ability to listen to the commentary team while watching live in person. Yeah, this was great back in the day. You'd get there and you could buy a little like uh, mini radio that you could actually listen to the broadcast. Tremendous. I feel like every sporting event should have this. Baseball would be great. Or you could just bring your own radio, I guess, or listen on your phone. But this was a really cool thing. Now, by the way, uh, you can listen to the prelims and the non-pay-per-views on SiriusXM. Shout out to that uh, channel. But you can't pay-per-views. Um, do I know why? No, I don't. It used to be available to purchase at the merch stand stores. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Attending UFC events is tremendous, but not having the audio commentary takes away from the overall experience. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I always say this to people. Someone asked me recently, should I go to the MSG card? And I said, have you ever been? No. I said, yes, you should go if you can afford it. Live event-wise, it's up there with the best. The adrenaline, the excitement, the buzz, the energy. But after two, three times, I feel it gets a better experience at home. And that's not me hating. That's saying the production is so great, the commentary is so great, the camera angles, the uh, the access, the uh, in-between round stuff. Like That's so great that I feel like you miss a lot of that. Now, is it great to go to a big Vegas event and feel that energy and see the celebrities and the buzz and the walkouts? It's tremendous. There's nothing like it in sports. Um, but if you've gone a bunch of times and you have to choose, I, I, and you really want to lock in at home because of the commentary, you're able to do so better, in my opinion. Oded, hi, Ariel. In order to make judging a bit better or at least get some answers to why a round was scored the way it was, do you think that maybe each judge should add a few words to every round they score to explain what he she saw. This way, someone like Valentina, as well as the media, would have immediate answers on why she lost a 10-8 round. Keep up the great work. It's not a bad idea. They only have a minute, but a couple of words, yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I still don't understand why a judge can't explain to a Valentina. The referees can talk to the fighters beforehand, but the judges can't talk to the fighters afterwards. Why? 
I still don't understand that. Um, that to me is very bizarre, but I don't hate the idea or the suggestion. By the way, yesterday we found out that Alexa Grasso had surgery on her hand. Wish her a speedy recovery. And now it feels like it all just confirms that we're going to get Fiero versus Blanchfield next. This is not something that I've heard or been told, but to me, it's kind of a blessing for the UFC. You can wait until both of them hopefully recover in due time, and you could run that one back in maybe the spring, and then you get a number one contender with Blanche and Fiero. That's what I feel like is going to happen. Um, and Dana White kind of alluded to that, but that was even before we knew about Grasso injuring her hand, which is crazy that she was able to also fight a five-round fight like that as well. Um, did you guys see that thing that came out from the Premier League involving the uh, the controversy with the VAR and the Liverpool-Tottenham game? Did you guys see this? GC may have seen it. Definitely not New York Rick. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, I actually didn't see it. Holy shit. It was no idea. Extremely controversial game on Saturday, Liverpool Tottenham. In fact, I think Twitter slash X uh, almost like like swallowed me because I had a bit of a cheeky take on it all. They were not very happy with my take. But in, in any event, they re- there was a there was a moment where Liverpool scored a goal and they said it was offsides, but it wasn't. And they went and checked it. VAR is like the video, uh, audio right, right, re- replay. Right, right. And, and they, they checked it, and then they ended up saying it was offsides. And everyone freaked out because the replays suggested it wasn't offside. And what ended up happening was yesterday, they released the commentary, the audio of all the officials speaking to each other, checking that clip, checking that moment, and coming to the conclusion that it wasn't offside, but they ended up relaying the information incorrectly. And so what ended up happening was the guy's like, okay, uh, the, 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 the ruling on the field stands, I think he says. And then the guy's like, wait a second, wait a second. You're saying it's offside. It wasn't offside. And then, but the game had already uh, started. And then the guy's like, you need to stop the game. And he's like, I can't stop the game. It's already passed. And the guy's like, fuck, fuck. And they released this audio. And so now the Liverpool fans are going crazy. And they're like, wait, we actually did score. And this shouldn't have been a loss, which could be, I mean, this could affect... Champions League standings next year. This could affect Premier League. Stand- like, this is massive. Uh, Jurgen Klopp saying today that they should just restart the whole game and replay it. And so the reason I bring this up is that's transparency. And I know that we can we can talk all day long about VAR. And I know it's a very hot topic in the world of soccer. But that is transparency. And, and, and these guys can't come out and talk about why they scored a 10-8. Really? We're talking about we have to protect the guys. And you were talking about soccer fans now and how, like... I don't know if the, I think one of them is suspended now. I don't know if those guys can ever walk in Liverpool again after doing that. And and we're worried about like what what's going to happen? Mike Bell can't go to, you know, can't go to Kyrgyzstan one day if he explains like what what are we talking about? It's crazy the way we're coddling these guys. Like you're in the hot seat, you're making the call, this is what you're doing. At least give some explanation whether it's a written statement, whether it's an explanation to the fighters, someone to the promoter. Explain it to the promoter. If you want, but I couldn't believe that. You guys got to watch this. They're 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 talking, and and they're they're like, no 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 no, that's not what we wanted. We wanted it to be onside. We wanted it, and they, they got it wrong. The, the the communication, how that happened, I have no idea. But it's riveting to watch. And listen, I'm sorry, Liverpool fans. I was just messing about. I like Tottenham. They're not my they're not my team. Let's not get crazy. But you know, we got Brandon on the squad, even though he's injured. Ange Postacoglu. Ange Postacoglu might be my favorite character in sports right now. This guy's amazing. You see this guy's press conferences, GC? This guy's the man. 
You're not as into it as I am, I feel like. Sorry, I'm, like I'm also listening to the audio right now, trying to find the... Uh... Oh, it's amazing. Ange Postacoglu, the, uh, the, the manager for Tottenham. This guy's incredible. His press conferences are the best. He's got a very sort of dry sense of humor. He refers to the media guys as mates. Uh, he's just tremendous. Former uh, Celtic manager. Shout out to AK Lee. I know he's a big fan. And Angela, our friend who visited the studio. Anyway, I could go on and on. There's been, you know, there's been a big push to do a Premier League hour. What do you guys think of that? Or a footy hour? There's been a big push for this. Do you guys have any thoughts? I think we do that already, no? Question for you. Now. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming that that kind of release is not normal. Like where they no. release the audio of this type of conversation. No, no, no. But it's freaking and fascinating. My other question is, so they, so they're like, we want this thing. It gets called in incorrectly, and then, and then what? They don't try to correct it. Like what happens from there? I don't so understand the how game, the game like started, ends. No, the game didn't end. It's mid game. So the so there's a goal. Yeah. There's a goal. Yeah. They go to they go check, and so now yeah. all these dudes are talking to each other. And they have this recorder. You know, like when they go to Sakakas for the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're it. and then they're like, okay, now you can resume the game. It was offside. But it wasn't offside. And then the guy is saying, wait, 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 you need to stop. And then there's one guy who's like, no, you can't stop. The game has already resumed. Now why? I mean, this goes back so to like... So that's what happened is the one guy was like, no, we can't go back to yeah, this. Which is, in, in this, so, this, the subtext says VAR and he's just like, can't do anything. Nope. Yeah, too anything. late. Too late. Can't do anything. Oh, Nothing I can do right, now. Well, that like, guy, all he's saying to stop the game. Stop the game. And they're just like, nope, yeah, that, can't do that it. That guy's got to take the heat then. That's, Yo, that's, that's unfortunate, the dude. But, that but that's like me saying that they the should heat. like resume, uh, like when the dude says that he tapped, just like resume the game, resume the fight. What are you so worried about? It's a little different. No, I know it's Can't a little different. It. I know it's a little different. You, you, isn't the clip riveting to listen to? Yes. Them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Could you imagine the feeling? And it just ends with the. Yo, could you imagine? Like, I'd be crapping my pants, like thinking, like, holy shit, we just fucked up to the point where. We just called it completely wrong, and we're all acknowledging on this audio system that it's wrong. We're screwed. Who released the audio? VAR. Again, transparency. Like, the, the Premier League released it. It wasn't like this See, was like... I don't get, because like... No, they're trying to be transparent. They're trying to say we've... It's like the NBA comes out with that two-minute report. Yeah. This is I know, what, but there's... This is, trans, you this have is to all assume, I've been preaching. You have to assume that there have been times that they have messed these up before. Yeah, and, and so I, I read something that I think Liverpool, like you have to officially request it again. See, we're, that makes sense now. But okay, something port, something pushed them to do it. I'm not saying that this is not good. I'm just saying that it would not have made sense if uh, if they just proactively decided to get this guy on everybody's hit list. But the Nevada State Athletic Commission can't come out with a statement and say, you know what, maybe we got this one wrong. No, hey, by the way, no harm, no I mean, foul. It's a draw, right? But come on. Release the audio of... Well, of there's them. a foul. because I, mean, I know. She would be champion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Great question, though. That is fascinating. Hey, this question is for GC and York Rick. Since you guys interviewed Ben Davis on the show last week, did you catch Fight Circus 8 over the weekend? I'm a guess that GC did, but New York Rick didn't. Hmm. Ben Davis was there on commentary and was in an event leg wrestling, followed up by a nothing but kicks bout. If you did catch it, then what did you think? And which event was your favorite? I thought the, I'm going to screw this up. The Lethwe fight was nuts. Flying headbites, headbutts. Sheesh. Did you guys watch it? GC? Yeah, so, yeah, so I watched some of it. I mean, I, you can't 
watch the entire thing. Like it's, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but the the stream for it was uh, 12 hours long. You're kidding. Uh, I mean, that's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was it. It's so ridiculous. I mean, the production level is pretty decent too. Like, I'm a little bit uh, jealous of Ben getting to work with him. I mean, straight out of his fight with Gabe Silva, now he's flying to Thailand and doing this. Uh, yeah, he did like a leg wrestling thing. Um, and then there, I saw another one where they were fighting on like a lubed up canvas that like made it seem like they were uh, ice hockey boxing and like they just kept eating shit the whole time. Um, yeah, I mean, it was good stuff. There was there was one I also saw with Bane when he was in the commentary booth, but one of the guys giving commentary was blindfolded uh, and still trying to do it. It was a ridiculous scene. It always is. I mean, why why does it feel like this got less attention than the Gabe Silva fight? Uh, I think this is a little less mainstream than Mis- Misfits Boxing. Okay. I mean, uh, there's just, like, some ridiculous stuff going on. I'm just clicking through to random things. I saw the leg uh, wrestling thing. That was ridiculous. His reaction I mean, was hilarious. The, he cut a great promo beforehand. There's also, uh, I saw one where it's two guys in one shirt having to box another Jeez, two guys please. in one shirt. Uh, I'm just clicking another one. It's, it looks like Ben did some sort of uh, tag team here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a whole scene. It's It's wildly entertaining, and... I mean, the production level is like, it's it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. So yeah, shout out to Fight Circus. Now, can I just say something? Okay, so so we, we I mean, we we were big Ben Davis guys, right? We were always, I mean, we love Ben, we're, right? I mean, ben, it's, no, no, no. For like, no, no, I'm saying like that week, I think we were really pushing oh, that, yeah, that yeah, fight, yeah. right? I mean, I was freaking live tweeting it. I rearranged my whole Saturday afternoon just to watch that fight. My kids were sitting around saying, this guy's your friend? Uh, is he going to win? I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. He's going to beat the, the son of the legend. Um, it was great. We're, we were happy for him. We were proud of him. So we're, I think we're very positive, and I think that we're allowed to be unbiased when it comes to Big Ben and what he's doing. And, and what I love so much about what he's doing is that he's creating his own path. He's creating his own voice. It's unique. It's different. He's not trying to follow everyone else. He's still so young. But, you know, let's let's keep it real here, New York Rick. Does he have to be a little bit mindful now of the direction? Like he can't jump on everything. We do. We don't want to water down the brand too. We can't be on every single fight event doing crazy things. Like it has to feel special. Am I? Am I wrong? Is this tough love? I think you're wrong. Wow. Okay. I think it's okay. I think it's okay at the moment. At the I moment. Think, uh... At the moment. But we have to be mindful of it. I'm not saying he's jumped the shark. Shout out to the Fonz. But I'm just saying, we need to be mindful. It's okay to say no sometimes, right? I agree with that, but I feel like this was just like a stop. This was a rest stop on the way to like grappling Brendan Fitzgerald. So like it'll be, we'll we'll get the stock back up. You know what I mean? Like we'll... uh, Will elevate again. Yeah, I mean, he, he a lot got a of... last minute offer to to get flown out to Thailand. Again, I'm not saying this is the one, but we can't. Okay, do the losses matter? Do we need a victory at no. some point? No, no the it's, losses it's, do not matter. It's okay if he loses every time. What would have happened if he? Had it's won almost funnier. In the leg wrestling. I feel. I feel like we need one just kind of sprinkled in there. One victory. I mean, we have up. to get one eventually, right? Like the <laughs> uh, uh, laws of averages, it eventually has to pay off. That that Ben's going to get a W. Uh, and so I want Ben I, to know I don't this. Think leg wrestling at Fight Circus. Yeah, would have been. A, I think that would have been an easy dub. But was that person like a, a, a like an aficionado? And yeah, I believe B Mott is her name. Okay. Yeah, I think she's the champ. Okay. Um, oh, there's a championship. Okay. 
uh, Ben might be watching or listening to this and saying like... gender championship, I believe. These guys are turning on me? No. Here's the thing. This is actually a compliment to Ben. He has reached a status in the fight world to where like we have to break things down just like we're breaking down as Chandler, you know, sticking... Like these are the decisions that, you know, the big time stars, uh, you know, we scrutinize them for. Um, So I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying he's done it and I'm not saying he's there. I was just throwing out the open question. Does he have to start being mindful? My feeling is yes. It's okay to say no sometimes and uh, not be everywhere. That's all. I mean this with the utmost respect. (laughs) What's below fight circus? Like well, this, this, that's was why the, I brought up this the question. was the floor. By the way, that's this why I brought the up floor. the question. So I think we're only up from here. Like I don't now. I'm gonna get some hate because there's a lot of avid fight circus yeah, fans. I think Jed Mishu, um, one of them. But like, what's the, 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 the we've reached the floor. He's he's good. He'll be fine. Like right, we're, right. we're we're up from here. Free trip um, to Thailand. I don't think young young. I don't think he needs Thailand. to. I don't think he needs to win. I think his his um. The, the story that he's telling right now is like, I'm just going to show up anywhere and I'll I'll be game to compete against anybody. There's no um, consideration. There's no carefulness about it. Like, I'll show up, I'm game, count on me, and I'll be there. And so far, he's he's been delivering on that. I mean, I got the stream up right now. Big pop for him in the YouTube chat when he showed up. Oh, people love... Yeah. What, he's on? He's in our chat right now? No, 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 no. I'm talking no, about no, okay, fight okay. For the fight circus. Uh, I... I I will also say he could also go the complete opposite direction and then just be the guy, like the jobber who competes every weekend all over the world in crazy settings yeah. and loses. Now you're going fully, you're leaning fully into that. I just don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he's actually a great broadcaster. I think Misfits should hire him, to be honest. Yeah, I think I that's why he doesn't like... care about the L's in combat, like actual fighting is because that's not his intention. Okay. I just hope that he knows it's coming from a good place. That's all. Yeah, just... Um, you want him to do what? I'm looking you at him, yeah. You want him to succeed. Uh, uh, speaking of which, uh, Chael Sonnen hosting the Bellator 300 press conference. A good look for Chael. Still don't love the glasses, if I'm being honest. It looks like he should be 65 when he wears his glasses. Also, Chael, uh, yeah. He, we've already talked about, mm, have we? I don't know. I'm not going to bring it up. Anyway, uh, Lemon Shaped Rock. Hello, Ariel. Did you read about the Expos possibly coming back to Montreal? Any insights into the logistics obstacles involved for that to occur? Do they need to build a new stadium, for example? You know what's interesting about this question, guys? Um, yesterday was October 3rd. I was talking, uh, no, 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 pardon the, uh, the name drop, but I was talking to my good friend Marty Fish, legendary uh, American tennis player, and uh, we made a little friendly wager. He's a big Minnesota Twins fan. I am a Blue Jays fan. We made a wager. He is currently in uh, a good spot as they won game one, game two coming up, actually in a matter of seconds now. So uh, it's just a three-game series. If the Jays lose, I owe him $100. And we were talking yesterday about the fact that that was the first time in 18 years that the Twins had won a playoff game. And I told him how jealous I was of the fact that, you know, the Twins and Expos in 2002, there were rumors that they were going to be contracted together and how I always missed the Expos, especially around this time and how I never got to see them in the playoffs. And then I was like, holy crap, it was actually October 3rd, yesterday, 2004, final uh, game in Expos history. Uh, it was at Shea Stadium uh, in uh, in Queens. And I was uh, lucky, enough, uh, lucky enough to... Um, to attend. And, uh, I mean, it was heartbreaking and I cried on the subway home and it was, I'll never forget 
getting to go over the dugout for the last half inning and chanting Let's Go Expos with fans that were there. It was horrible. So I just couldn't believe that it was uh, that day, sort of like today's revelation with the Lead XC. Anyway, I saw a report earlier this week from a very respected reporter in Montreal named Jeremy Filosa um, about there still being hope. And I don't know, I've gotten my hopes up over the years and it's kind of like a fool me once thing. So I will always hold out hope that baseball will be coming back to Montreal at some point in some way, shape, or form. I can't believe it hasn't come back, even in the form of like a AAA team, to be honest, because there's such a rich history dating back to before 1969 when the Expos came because of the Montreal Royals. They were the AAA affiliate of the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Jackie Robinson spoke so highly of playing for Montreal and said it was the only place that truly accepted him. I mean, there's a rich history. Delormier Downs, Jerry Park, educate yourselves. But to this question asker's point, uh, they do need a downtown stadium. You have to understand there's only like three nice months in the summertime in Montreal to go all the way to Pinev to watch a baseball game under a roof that doesn't open in July is just a tough draw. They had a spot downtown right next to the Bell Center and David Sampson and Jeffrey Loria, those Grinches, got rid of it. And I'll never, ever, ever forgive them for it. But I will hold out hope. And I will be there on opening day. No matter where I am in life, I will be there on opening day when the Expos return and it's going to be a glorious day. Uh, Zach, hello, Ariel and crew, fellow listener from Niagara Falls, Ontario. When I was younger, there used to be a, a commercial for SeaWorld in Niagara Falls, Ontario. No, it was Marineland. Marineland is the place to go. See the friends you miss. A great big kiss. Everyone loves Marineland. It's a great commercial. It would play all the time. Anyway, best program, MMA program, and it isn't even close. Thank you, my friend. With the rumored UFC 297 in Toronto in January, who do you see headlining? O'Malley has been teasing an early 2024 return, and Vogue tweeted, January works for me. Is there any chance they have both of them defend belts on that card? Perhaps. But I do feel like... Two title fights in uh, November, two title fights in December, two title fights in January. It's a little bit thin afterwards. So I think if Volk gets it, they probably do one. But crazier things have happened. And by the way, would you put Volk in the main event or would you put Sean O'Malley in the main event? And if you put Sean O'Malley in the main event, is that not disrespectful to Volk, who's been such a great champion? I almost feel like you have to avoid that and not put them together. What do you guys think? If they do Volk, Taporia, O'Malley, Cheeto... And, you know, unfortunately from Rob, it doesn't seem like it's going to be him. Who do you put in the main event? I think you put Volk. Man, O'Malley's such a big star. Yeah, no, like I know. Credentials-wise, I mean, I think... you make it Volk. Star power-wise, you make it O'Malley. They'll both be on the poster, and I don't think... It, 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 Sean O'Malley is not Conor McGregor yet, and so I don't think he needs to eschew the, the weight class thing at the moment. And you put them both on the poster and you sell the hell out of it and people will still come for O'Malley. So I, I think you can still have the appropriate respect for Volk there. Uh, and yeah. put the right thing to do. Also it feels like O'Malley wouldn't be disappointed yeah. with still being in a coma. It doesn't feel like he like has the like he like has to be main eventer. He's not gonna do anything at all. Yeah, we we can rehab this conversation a few fight, fights from now. Sean O'Malley's still champion, knocking people off, then all of a sudden it might be yeah, you have to have this guy as the top billing. But for now, I think Volk has definitely earned that, and I don't think it would be out of place to put O'Malley in the co-main. All right. Well, 
I, I haven't heard it's going to happen. Let's see. Let's see if either of them go on there. I would think they would. And, and when the hell is Juliana Pena going to fight? Um, feels like that's been kind of hanging around for a while. Anyway, he continues, would make it interesting with Tepori and O'Malley, recent bad blood. Oh, yeah, true. Um, O'Malley's got beefs going on with everyone. It's tremendous. Planting those seeds, just like Chael P liked to do back in the day. Anyway, keep up the great work, and thanks for the content. Uh, the good news is, above all, Canada getting a pay-per-view again, tremendous. Toronto getting a pay-per-view again, tremendous. When are they coming to Montreal? It's been a long time. UFC 186? Come on. Uh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a poorly attended card, but it wasn't a very good card. That was DJ versus Horiguchi. By the way, can we talk about Demetrius Johnson? Did you guys see this video of him doing the face-off with Kenny Omega for the, uh, the video? I did. Yeah, they're, they're playing Street Fighter on, uh, on stream. I sent this to DJ. I was like, DJ, where has this personality been for the last 10, 15 years? Why does it seem like DJ at this point is like showing us this different side of him with his YouTube channel, with like even the Twitch stuff back in the day? It wasn't getting like his social media is on fire. Shout out to Michael Wantsover of ESPN, formerly who's working with him. But just this stuff he's doing, he cut this promo on, on, on Omega. I was like, wow, why couldn't you have cut a promo on Chris Carriasso like that? Where's this guy been all this time? You know what I'm talking about? I I think it was. I think he was ahead of his time and in his in his interests. And now, right here in 2023, everything has kind of coalesced. Is is what I. I think he was the same guy. I think he had the same interests. But I don't think there was outlets and channels and opportunities to kind of showcase them in, in this way. I think he seems to be somebody who's who cares a lot about the authenticity of it and not using it just to like get ahead. I think he just wants to do what he wants to do. And I feel like it just kind of like worked out timing wise for him. Now, could he have been bigger if the timing was different? Maybe. And these things kind of happened five to 10 years earlier, but he's living his best life right now and, and crushing it. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's it. I think his interests were kind of a little bit early for when they were best utilized. That's a good and, point. and now, now they're right at the forefront of everything that everybody's doing. His he's YouTube great. channel is sick. Thumbnails. Fantastic. Tremendous. I mean, he puts yeah. all of us to shame. Uh, I, I, I will just say it, it feels like he is going to be like exig, exhibit A of the guys who are way more appreciated, loved, respected when they're gone, right? He's, he's rounding third on the career. There's no doubt about that. And uh, it just seems like he is way more, like before people used to bemoan the fact that he was on a card or like, you know what I mean? And it's like, what? DJ, like you guys didn't appreciate this guy when he was doing his thing. So at least he's getting the love now. And, and you know what? At least he's getting it now and he could capitalize off of it because his channel is doing well. He's putting out great stuff and people seem to be enjoying it. Uh, Iman O'Keefe. Hey, Ariel. Love the Stevie Cooper interview. Oh, what a legend. The gaffer. With that being said, oh, what a great question. That's me, yeah, that's me. Uh, would you ever consider a soccer hour show? Could you imagine if I called it soccer hour? We would be dead on arrival. No one would listen to it. Where you interview heads from the game and discuss nothing but soccer. I think it would be really good. You know, I have to tell you guys, um, there's there's a lot of feeling, you know, here's the thing. There's haters out there who would be like, eh, well, well, you I, I love, I love soccer right now. Love it. Dare I say, I, uh, I watch and follow it more, like podcasts, social media, you know, Champions League on now, Premier League, you know, I'm big into the EFL. I don't know if you guys know this as well. That's the championship for the, uh, 
the uninformed. Um, you know, you have La Liga, you have League One, Bundesliga. Uh, I was at the Red Bulls game this past weekend. Um, you know, you have the USL. I, I, lo- I love it. I love it. And I think it's probably because I, uh, I'm watching it with my kids. I'm able to pick them up from school and be like, holy crap, did you see that Arsenal lost to Lens yesterday? Did you see that Man United lost to Galatasaray? And they would know what that means. If I, if I pick them up and say, did you see that the uh, Dolphins scored 70 on the Broncos? They'd be like, yeah, so what? It's just because that's what they like. Um, so it's fun to, to live vicariously through their fandom. Uh, got the Awani jersey yesterday. Got the Morgan Gibbs white jersey. They wore it to school today. They were on cloud nine. Like, this is, this is fun. This is everything you want as a, as a dad of boys. So, Yeah. You know, there could be a world one day where it's Monday's MMA hour, Tuesday's the boxing hour, maybe Wednesday's is uh, wrestling hour, uh, maybe Thursday's is uh, the footy hour, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Friday's the basketball hour, or it's just the smorgasbord. You know, like, we, we, could, we could be entering that phase of our lives. Who knows? Watch this space. But thank you for the, uh, for the words of encouragement, Iman. Um, question two he has is, question for the whole gang, what was the last concert you each attended and what was the best concert you ever attended? Thanks, y'all. Wow. Uh, I didn't even know that this was one of the questions. I kind of like skimmed them, but we were talking Wait, about... Well, I skimmed them. I skimmed them. I, I, you know, I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt, but I just... read them word for word or don't read them at all. <laughs> last concert for you, best concert for you. Um, last concert was the Mars Volta and the best concert was Gary Newman back in like 2019. Would you lose respect for me if I told you I don't know what either of those bands or people are? That tracks of what I think of you. Yeah. Um, so the best was what? George Hamilton? Gary Newman. Okay. <laughs> wow. And where was it? Uh, that was in uh, Phoenix. Okay. Uh, I feel like New York Rick isn't a concert guy. So I'm going to skip him for a second and go to GC. GC, best and most recent. Uh, most recent I went to, uh, Tame Impala at Barclays. Wait a minute. We went to, uh, Action Bronson together. Wow. We did. We did. We did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how soon we forget. You know, I may flake on the day of, but you Mm -hmm. flake in history. Wow. Good one, man. Yeah. That's, that's definitely better than, you know, not showing up, leaving me at, at the doorstep of wherever we were going to show up empty handed. I was at Action Bronson. Action Bronson. Wait, was that your most recent? That Frank was my well. most recent. No, Frank as well. No, the Mars Ultra was like a week ago. Oh, wow. Weeks. Look at you, bro. I mean, the Bronson concert was phenomenal. Nice, intimate setting. I mean, he killed it. Um, Bronson is the freaking man. Big time in an arena, though. It was, it was Tame Impala, which was... What is that? Up there, up is that a guy for, or a band? It's, it's actually a guy. Yeah, it's a guy. Forms of the band. Okay, so I'm so far... Toby Keith yeah. was your favorite. Toby Keith, man. What? I'm glad I was wrong. <laughs> Okay, so I'm talking over three. about it. Wait, that's Travis your... Scott was probably. I mean, I've seen Travis, Travis Scott, Scott three times. Really? Yeah, I mean, his Astro World tour that was mm. that might have been the best concert I've been to. That was a lot of fun. Not the um, the Eras tour. That, that's not on the list. I mean, I couldn't afford tickets. If I could have, I would have gone. Midnight's great album. Um, Big time into the herd coming to all the Chiefs games. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great content. Um, New York Rick. Was I right in my assessment that you're not a big concert guy? You've never been I'm a big... I'm not a big concert Right? You're a I'm podcast a guy. You're not guy. a music guy. Yeah. Um, I've been to a few. I went to... Um, 
what was the all of the lights tour no was, uh, i forgot it was like kanye rihanna uh nerd like it was a crazy tour back in the day this um, is like over the, the course dark, of your glow life in the dark tour it was the glow in the dark tour what's that like the course of your life you've only been to a few concerts yeah handful at wow. most um but the best one was not even a concert. It was a comedy show that I went to. I went to see Hannibal Burris at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Oh, legend. And he had advertised like special guests. And at the end of the show, he brought out Method Man. Oh. And Method Man did a, a concert for like 20 people in a room, um, including walking up to my buddy Amon and like taking his glasses off his face and putting them on and like doing half the, the show with his glasses on. So it was pretty cool. Uh, to be in a room of very, very few people seeing uh, that experience. Um, so yeah, the best concert I went to was uh, was a, a comedy show. Yeah, that's pretty man. amazing. We're having a renaissance right now. Method Man is. Uh, We're going through it. I love it. Um, actually, your your pick is uh, a little similar to mine. I don't know about my favorite, but in two thousand four spring break, I was uh, unable to go home because my visa was processing. So I went to, um, I think I've told this story before, I went to Melbourne, Florida and covered the final Expo spring training um, for a week. Uh, I wrote a letter that I made up saying that my radio station was sending me to go cover them and they gave me a credential because no one was covering the Expos at that point. And I got to hang out in the in the, in the clubhouse and interview the players and it was incredible. And I went for a few days and then on uh, the way back to Syracuse, I went to New York to spend some time with my brothers who were living there. And my brother, uh, David, middle brother, who is way more into music than I am or will ever be, um, and especially hip hop and R&B, took me to a, um, like a New York, not even a club, like it, it felt like an underground thing there couldn't have been more than 500 people there if that feels like less feels like 250 like very very small and uh kanye west was performing fonsworth bentley was standing next to me with his uh he was the guy with the uh, umbrella that um always used to be around kanye west now this was kanye west like um when he came out with the album graduation day and i think that was his best and so that was incredible and then to see like what he became so that was very memorable for me. I don't even remember what the last concert was that I went to. It's been that long since I've been to a concert. I have zero recollection. I've been trying to rack my brain this whole time, and I can't even tell. It might have even been that in 2004. It has to have been something since. I have no idea. Does, like, Megadeth at Affliction count? Um, I don't think so. Uh, but I have been to some fun ones, especially when I was younger. I was big into Eminem. I saw him in uh, Montreal, and I was big into Limp Bizkit. And I saw them in Montreal. And I also saw Public Enemy and Can I Bus. Anyone remember Can I Bus? Second round knockout, LL Cool J? Who remembers that? Not I. Wow. Can I Bus? Do you remember Can I Bus? Yeah, of course. I'ma let the world know the truth. You don't want me to shine. You study my rhyme. Then you stole your vocals after mine. That's a mm -mm, something that a anyway, I'm gonna get in trouble. I don't want to do that. Uh <laughs> This this tour that I did go to that tour that I said go in the dark tour at MSG. This is an insane tour. Kanye West, Rihanna, Lupe Fiasco, Nerd, Santa Gold, and Nas. Wow, I mean that's pretty nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah, I've been to I, I've been to very few, but I've been to some good ones. I went to a uh, I went to a Young Thug concert. 
They brought out Migos, and then Gucci Man had just got out of jail in Atlanta. Wow. No one knew he was going to show up, and when Gucci Man walked out, uh, the whole place went crazy. It was pretty wild. That is just sick. think, soon we'll be able to say that we all four went to see you two play at the Sphere. Hell yeah. That's a good point. I really want to go see, I want to see Drake. I've seen Drake. You have? I've seen him at MSG. <laughs> Gotta get good seats. I was up in the rafters. It, it wasn't as wasn't as good as when like you're down low. Right, Drizzy, where you at? Um, some uh, an account, one of these aggregator accounts, uh, reported that Sean O'Malley and Cheeto Vera is happening in Toronto. Uh, Cheeto, excuse me, Sean O'Malley quote tweeted said fake news, and then Cheeto just responded four minutes ago saying shut up, and then and, and not a nice thing. Um, <laughs> uh, was it MMA uncensored? Uh, you know, you know, try, they 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 like to put like stuff of me and I don't know if they're I don't know, but yes, it was, it was. Yeah, I think I saw that post too. Right. I mean, they got called out by Tim Welch also. All right. Yeah, they were getting called Cap. Oh. Um, Cap City. My my son, my oldest son, these days, his two favorite things to say are A O and stop the cap. It's like God. Ao like in the Ao Ao you hang out with him and his friends for thirty minutes. There's at least forty five Aos drop. Like when Ao you see that Ao man United long Ao Ao. Oh okay, like that. Oh my gosh, I see what you're saying now. We were thinking different. Yeah, thinking something. Oh come on, guys. Last one, and it's from an old familiar face. Moderator Lewis Forever Emeritus is back. With a question. How about this? This is lovely. By the way, you know Frank has really dialed it in because you could see there's there's peaks and valleys to the questions. He's starting with a hot tag. He's ending with with a familiar face. This is lovely, Frank. Well done. I don't know if you get told that enough, but this is probably your finest hour. Um, Ariel, at the beginning of this Thanks. year, <laughs> a few weeks after the Dylan Dennis December 2022 interview you said and i quote i was down i felt dirty i felt like i'd wasted your the audience time and i'd wasted my time just a few days removed from the most recent meeting of minds how are you feeling how's it digesting the lie counter was a stroke of genius and all involved should give themselves the old barry h frank is cooking as moderator and i am here for otn through the frank lens Wow, that is, I mean, Mario Lewis always has a way with words. Uh, that was beautifully crafted. So yes, I did say that. And the reason why I said that, and this has been consistent throughout, and, and it dates back to me standing up and offering to shake a hand. When I invited him on and when he accepted, I thought that we were going to essentially do what happened on Monday, which was bury the hatchet, you know, there's, there's, there's a relationship there, whatever you want to call it. And it was clear to me that he was not in a place or was interested in doing that. He didn't shake my hand. He was making things up. He was nasty. It was this and that. And so that's why I felt dirty about it all. Now, I know the views were high and all that stuff. I don't care. I don't benefit. If the views get 1.8, if they get 200, like it doesn't affect me at all. I've said this time and again, and it's still the truth. I felt much better about the Monday one, even though there was ribbing, even though there were shots or whatever, because... By the end, and I'll say that, like, when the cameras were off, I'm not breaking kayfabe here. Like, we we shook hands and, you know, wished him the best, and and that's that. And perhaps I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Um, and so, yes, I don't know which was better. I don't know which was worse. I don't know. I, I just felt better about it after the fact. And contrary to what some jabrones will say online, 
I actually think I went easy on him. I didn't, you know, he talks about CryptoZoo all the time. I didn't bring up his scam that he was involved with CoffeeZilla exposed. I went easy on him. So everyone's saying that, you know, oh, you favor Logan, you favor this. Like, oh, they say, why do you put up a lie counter for Dylan? That's the relationship I have with him. And it was a callback to the previous conversation in which he lied profusely. The best is, why didn't you bring up CryptoZoo to Logan? And I did. And I asked him a follow-up. And if the guy says he's not going to talk about it, I'm not going to answer. I have to respect that. But I did at least ask you. You can't say I didn't because I did. It's right there on video. Um, and so ultimately, I feel better about it. And let me just say this about Dylan Dennis. Do I agree with everything he says? No. Do I agree with the approach to selling this fight and the lengths in which he went to it? No. But hey, you know, even Logan himself seems to be at peace with it to a degree. Um, and, you know, you can subscribe to the theory of all's fair in love and war. But I will say this, and I'll give him this compliment, and maybe he sees this, and he could stop saying that I never compliment him. We have we have been critical of him. We've talked about him. We have said he can't, you know, not show up and all this stuff, and he really screwed up last time. The vast majority of fighters in this game would never show up on this show again, let alone in studio. The vast majority of them. Trust me, I know. It can be a very sensitive world, and this is coming from a sensitive guy. Um, I'll give him a ton of credit. He showed up. He took shots. He received shots. He shook my hand and he walked out. Not a lot of people would do that. And so stripping away everything, I actually respected him a hell of a lot more after Monday because I didn't think he would ever come back on because I did think that it, it it went into like a weird place. And, and even he said something, and this is the same thing that I would say, about anyone else who has had a beef with me, Patty, Ali, as as personal as it has ever gotten. Um, I mean, this guy's coming up with like fake DMs for my wife. It doesn't get more personal than that, right? I would still, life is too short for this shit. Life is too short for this nonsense. Life is too short for this drama. I don't care. None of this matters. As long as we're all healthy and happy and able to live our lives and provide for ourselves and our family, nothing else matters. None of this matters. Uh, tomorrow, everything could be different. So I'm not going to hold on to these grudges because those grudges to me are 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 poisonous, toxic. I'm not going to hold that in my heart. Can you feel a certain way? Sure. But I do think it's important to, to move on and let bygones be bygones. Um, and so I give him a ton of credit for showing up and uh, for doing that. And, and sure, you could say like there's, there's a benefit to him, but he's not getting pay-per-view points. Um, so like he didn't have to do that. And sure, he's going to do media. And sure, he's trying to capitalize off of this. But like this particular one, he didn't have to do. Nothing would have changed really, right? So I think it's important to recognize that not a lot of people in his position and, you know, who have been subjected to some of the stuff that we've said about him, I've said about him, tweeted about him, this and that, uh, wouldn't have wouldn't have showed up. So I think that's uh, that's worth noting and made me feel better about the way in which that interview ended. Uh, as opposed to the one back in 2022, in, in December of 2022. Great question, moderator Lewis. I appreciate it very much. And I want to remind all of you that on Monday's show, we're going to have uh, a fun announcement about Wednesday's show. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate moderator Frank through the Frank lens. Moderator, Myster- mysterious moderator. What is the name? I don't even know. I mean, it's just everything. Now. It's everything. Um, great job. Thanks for all the questions, my friends. Uh, Frank said he had a tough time whittling them down, 
but that was a solid, solid list. So, all right, Parlay boys. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? You're still out, huh? I'm still what? Oh, yeah. Still I'm still out. out. Still Loving out. life, yeah. Um, well, sounds like you're out, <clears throat> you're out on uh, Eubank Ben, too. How dare you disrespect that No, that is that not fight. true. That is not true. But, I mean, Wood mm-hmm. Warrington mm-hmm. is for a title. Is Eubank Ben for a title? Yeah, big, biggest fight in the world title. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest fight in the world. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and uh, hit the randomizer here. Still don't have uh, Payne's pick. I need to hit her up for yeah, that. Wow. Slipping? Um, no, no, no. no. no you know, the off after. week takes a second to get back yeah. into it. You know, okay. we understand. Um, all right, it looks like we got Rick first. I will go second, and uh, Frank will go third. Oh, cool. So, Rick, if you want to kick us off, man. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna head to uh, to Bellator 300, 300, and I'm gonna take Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg. Oh, yeah. Wow, you predicted that? Wow! I, mean, I already have it in. The, I already have it in the slip. I don't even have to click it. In. Wow! That I, have a, an- I have another I nice one that I really like, but uh, I'll save it. I'll, I'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, I mean, come on, I have to go with Chris Cyborg. Female goat, uh, returning to action, rivalry with Kat Zingano. Zingano, but uh, yeah, Cyborg's gonna get it done and just keep the train rolling. Still can't believe that's. Uh... That's not the main event. Yeah, I get, Usman, I get it from name, the perspective that like Usman. Nah, that's yeah. the main event. That's the bigger fight. Come on. Anyway, no harm, no foul. Uh, all right, that's a good one. That's a solid one. Shout out to her. And she's. Uh, I do want to mention that she's doing a great thing. Chris Cyborg is. Um, <clears throat> she. This uh, tweet deck is very clunky these days. I don't really like it anymore. If I'm being honest. X deck. X deck. It's called. I don't know. No, X Pro is actually what it's called now. It has um, a new, completely new name. She uh, hooked us up with the uh, the kit there, and uh, she also tweeted recently: October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month to show support for those who have been diagnosed with, or are battling, or are recovering from the disease. Chris Cyborg will wear a pink ribbon as she enters the Bellator 300 cage Saturday night in San Diego, and her. Um, her fight outfit is tremendous. It is very San Diego Chargers-esque. Oh, I love it. It's great. Well done. Uh, and she posted a picture of that on her Twitter feed. Still can't get behind the X feed nonsense. Um, okay, what else we got? Uh, that'll bring us to me. Um, I will go to UFC Apex 80. Chipping away at 100. We're getting there. We're getting closer. Uh, I will go with one of the most beautiful men in the sport. Uh, I'll take Drew Dober on the money line. Wow. That's a good one. What's so funny? I just knew Frank was gonna. I knew Frank was gonna. Oh, you knew that was his. Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh Oh. Uh oh. What do you got, Frank? I just wanted to. What is that other Bellator pick you were gonna use? It wasn't a Bellator fight. It was a UFC fight. (laughs) Which one was it? I'm sorry, Frank. I just it was it was right there. So what I I, what I was looking at, I like the alternate line under two and a half. Pfeiffer versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. That's a good it's one. It's like minus four fifty. Minus minus yeah. for for under two two and a half. I feel like those two are gonna are gonna scrap or sub uh, knock out one of those. I'm a pretty big Bobby Green fan. Yeah, th- I'm. This is just one no, I like. I just go, wanted to go hear do it. your thing. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, go. I'm gonna do you, Bobby Green money line. Bobby Green plus three twenty. Wait, <laughs> for real? I thought it was a negative. We're gonna go with uh, Rick's pick. I'm very confused. I mean, let's, he's, he's, letting the, he's letting the odds you, persuade him. Let's yeah, if you're confident in... My pick was locked 
if you're confident in Bobby Green, I, I just shrugged I'm my shoulders. You. you said Drew Dober to me. You I just like, shrugged oh, my shoulders. <laughs> I said that. Yeah, and then it was there for me, so I took well it. Played. I mean, is it? Well a, uh, that's all I'm saying. Now I'm all flustered. Wow. But anyway. Um, what if I told you the randomizer was down and I just chose our order today? I actually believe Ooh, that that just, happened as just well. Just to lob you up for that. Frank, so do, do you the want Cyborg the and, I'll take, and I'll take Piper and, and Abdul Razak Al-Hassan? Oh, it doesn't make a difference. It's all going into the same yeah, parlay. I mean, that's just, that's well, where no, we start getting into difference. our egos. Yeah. That's when we start It'll getting into our egos. When, uh, we, play when somebody, we play as a team. When somebody blows it, they'll be like, ah, uh, you <laughs> always blow it. Uh, Chris Cyborg minus 650. Drew Dober minus 455. Under two and a half in Pfeiffer. Al Hassan minus 450. Uh, we're at minus 139 pending Pena's pick. Mm. A little triple P there for you, pending Pena's pick. I like it. Do we picked, do we reserve uh, the right for Frank pepper. to switch if he if he comes up with something better? He's not going to come up with anything. That's rude. No but um, yeah. I mean, he had what? He had three days to do the research, and then what? We we get thrown Look, man, off. Those by questions by take day. a lot out of you. Shout out to moderator. Did Frank? <laughs> did Frank no show something this weekend? Because you're go you're going hard at Frank no, right now. I, I feel was like I feel there like before he was. <laughs> yeah, he technically was. No, I'm not going hard at him. I mean, it just—it was right there for me. He comes—he comes and he asks for the clarification on the pick. He does this every single week. I've had many opportunities to do it. It's a conversation starter. This week, you know, I was like, "Eh, might as well. I did know you were being a little shifty. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot of good parlay. (laughs) There's a lot of good parlay picks on this one. Should have gone with Bobby Green. Solid parlay. Yeah, honestly, if you like Bobby, I'll ride with you. We'll do it. Bobby Green, solid parlay piece. Don't don't post it. Uh, all right, you know. Just final answer, Frank. Bobby Green. Right. Money. Really, line. really, we're we're doing I mean, this? it's done. <laughs> we just hope that Juliana fixes the odds. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, well, fixing no, you, the odds. Well, it that, makes them a you little fix more the odds. Dicey. Yeah, we're now at plus four ninety two, depending on what Juliana Pena does. We're really doing Bobby Green. I mean, you don't have to take it. <laughs> all right. Final answer. It's been final. All right. No, there it is. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like Frank. I mean, yeah. Huge Bobby Green fan. Ah, King Green, he's the man. All right, what else? What else we got? Uh, all right. I got a decent amount this weekend, so I will run through it quickly. A little something special on the end oh. uh, as well. Let's get right into it. Bellator 300, I have to say, though, we're trying to move quickly. Can we talk about the gloves? We're going to get special gloves Oh, this the weekend. gloves are great. The I saw the picture. gloves. Uh, they look absolutely fantastic. I'm going to take a little sprinkle on Leah McCourt. She's got a massive – there's a massive age discrepancy in this fight. I believe she's 12 years younger. She's going to be the bigger fighter. I believe four inches of height, four inches of reach as well. At this price, I was willing to take uh, a little shot on her. And next up, just a parlay, you know, just an absolute chalk dumpster, chalk soup parlay. I mean, this is just – what what isn't plus EV about playing over minus a thousands in Bellator? I mean, especially Bryce Meredith. I mean, just a few fights on the record. Bobby Cerrone. I mean, I think he's got three fights on his record. I mean, that's just that's plus EV if I've ever seen it. Uh, so we had to do it for Bellator three hundred. Moving on to UFC, Montana De La Rosa. I'm going to play her in basically a coin flip of a fight. JJ Aldridge coming in on short notice. Uh, just fought a few weeks ago at Singapore. Wasn't. You know, I'm not overly impressed with J.J. Aldrich. I think this is uh, a good matchup for Montana De La Rosa and coming in off a of full camp. Uh, I like where we're at there. Don't don't hit the breaking news. Don't you know sound the pressers or anything like that. Flyweight unders are not back, but I will be playing the under in this fight. Uh, both these guys are actually coming down from bantamweight. Uh, I don't love it 
for Nate Maness and then Mendonca coming in, shoot box. You know he brings the chaos, has the finishing capabilities, uh, and I likely think that that's how he gets this one done. I think he gets a finish here. So uh, at plus money, I was willing to play the under. Next up, my guy, my pick for the parlay boys, Drew Dober. I took him inside the distance. Ricky Glenn. I know he's only been knocked out once, but it was his last fight against Giagos. He just did not look right. Drew Dober can absolutely crack. He has all the power, and he has an incredible chin. I know he's coming off that TKO against Frivola, uh, but I just don't think Glenn's got the power to knock him out. I think he's going to push the pressure. Don't think there are going to be any takedowns in this one. Glenn has not gone for a takedown in six years or hasn't completed one in six years. I think they're just going to stand, strike. Dober's going to eat a few to give a few, and uh, he's going to be able to finish Ricky Glenn here. Moving on. It's kind of become a little bit of a tradition here. You know, I get an eye on Kutalaba fight. I'm likely going to play the under four straight, under one and a half for him. Nine of his last 12. He is a uh, he's an agent of chaos, that is for sure. I know Procneo, three of his five in the UFC have gone to a decision, but uh, he does have two first-round finishes, one where he got finished, another where he won. He does have finishing ability. He can be finished, and Kutalaba, I think his uh, pace is going to command this one. He is going to bring the chaos, and and I think someone is going to get finished. Next up, unfortunately, it's not Shark Week, so we don't have the uh, mythological powers given to Alex the Great White Morono, uh, but I do like him in this matchup. You know, I, I feel like these odds are a touch disrespectful. Had he not got caught in the third round against Ponzinibbio, he'd be on a six-fight win streak. Um, and while that is a little bit concerning, getting knocked out by Ponzinibbio, got dropped by Simmelsberger as well, Obviously, Buckley has a ton of power. If he doesn't get caught in this one, if he doesn't get knocked out, I like him to to win the minutes and, and be able to win a decision in this one. So at the price, uh, I was willing to play it. Just a couple more here. Bye for Al Hassan. Speaking of, I will be going with the under one and a half as a single. I mean, if you just look at the numbers in this one, Abdul Razak Al Hassan, 12 wins, all by knockout, 11 in the first round, and the one that left the first round, ended 28 seconds into the second round. He has never won a fight past five minutes and 28 seconds into it. Uh, And then on the flip side of it, Joe Pfeiffer uh, has only seen the third round in one of his 13 professional fights, 11 of the 13, ending under the one and a half. I think this one is going to be crazy. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think someone is going to get finished. Last one, the main event. Took the under in this one as well. Um, I, I think Grant Dawson's going to be able to have uh, a lot of success with the takedowns. I think he's going to be relentless. Uh, and once it gets to the mat, I think he's going to be able to shine. Uh, a lot of people may say submission. I feel like he's also live for a ground and pound over the four and a half rounds, though. I think it's going to end inside that. I think he just has the advantages uh, where Bobby Green obviously lacks some when it comes to the groundwork. A uh, couple parlays. Grant Dawson, Drew Dober, Joe Pfeiffer. I mean, the, another just square chalk one but but that's where i'm i'm going and then a little violence parlay and then this one last but not least uh this one is for ariel if you're feeling frisky oh if you're feeling it on saturday a little oh. friends of forest parlay. oh forest to score ah. money line that gets you to plus 113 God, not the bitch. oh i love that that's a great one I mean, what is, I it? What is it? Can I see the can I see the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? Let's see it. Forest to score minus two ten. Leewood money line minus two twenty five. Gets you to plus one thirteen. Just forest to score, not forest money line, huh? 
Uh, I think well, it's money line. I mean, if you want to throw a little sprinkle on that, they're like plus they're away. 50 yeah, against yeah. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, it just makes it fun. You know, you get the goal and then everything's good and then you get Lee, uh, Lee Wood money line to come through later in the day. Is Wood the favorite? Wood is, yeah, minus the 25. Pretty closely lined boxing fight. Gonna, that, that, that crowd is going to be, do yourself a favor. Um, it'll be the second best fight of the year behind Eubank Ben. Do yourself a favor and second tune biggest. in. Yeah, biggest. biggest, best, whatever. Uh, watch it on Saturday afternoon. Watch it on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be 50%. Oh, I got big clients for Saturday. What do you got? What do you got? Sitting in my house all day okay. watching Lee Wood, Bellator 300, and UFC Apex. Oh, my God. Probably it's going to be great. By the way, the juxtaposition of the crowd at Wood Warrington, oh, man. the 50% Nottingham, 50-50 yeah. leads Nottingham, and then the uh, Bellator 300 crowd. You know, San Diego has always been kind of good to Bellator, and it's always a, a solid fight crowd. And then Apex, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the worldwide leader. This is This is... That's what I'm going to say. Like, Lee Wood is probably going to be going on like after we're like, what, 90 minutes into Apex 80? And it's just like, it's, I mean, I, it's side TV, muted. Right. The Lee Wood fight, obviously, Apex on with sound. All right. I can't wait. Anything else that we need to get to? I think that's it, right? We've that's done it, it all. Me, We've said it all. It's time to go. Big news Gents? on Monday? Yeah, big news on Monday. We'll share that on Monday. Uh, but for now, I do think it is time. Oh, you're back. What happened? You guys? No, I mean, we didn't need to come. <laughs> <All right. laughs> See you, man. Peace out. Bye-bye. Uh, all right. Time to go. Great show, but it is time. Frank, thank you very much. Our music can be hit. Our music. Wow. I'm loving this whole our music thing. Yeah. Hey, congratulations to uh, Newcastle United defeating uh, PSG 4-1. That's a big-time win for them, right? The absolute scenes. Uh-oh, I see something here about Celtic. Is everyone uh, okay in the AK Lee household? And, uh, hey, come on, Blue Jays. Let's get a win here, right? Big game. Don't let this be like last year, losing both games to Seattle. Come on, guys. Um, so there's a lot to like in the world of sports. There's a lot going on. I love this. It's a great time of year. GC, where does October rank as far as sports months? One. One? More than April? April's always a great one. April's great. April's great. But you got football in full swing. Yeah. You've got MLB playoffs going on. You've got NBA and NHL starting as well. Premier League is obviously on. That's true. Uh, Our Liberty, our New York Liberty in the the WNBA finals. Uh, I mean, college football. I thought you would have said April because I know you're a sucker for the the weather, the Masters. Oh, I actually actually like the weather. Now, now better. Oh wow! October is my favorite month of the year. Wow, really? Love it. Oh, I when I say am I I am a sucker for fall. Pumpkin spice lattes, decorations. Uh, my house right now is decorated head to toe in fall. I'm stuff. shocked. I'm shocked that you're oh, into love the decoration. Can we get some decoration here or what? Yeah, we'll have it later this month. All right, how do we do it? Uh, thanks to all our guests. Costumes this year? I would I would be into it. Yes. Uh, you want to keep? T- <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just <laughs> we're just <going laughs> way past the, the damn <laughs> way past the damn uh, song. Uh, thank you to all the guests. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to all of them. Back on Monday, same time and place. Until I say peace. I'm out of here. I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five Buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So 
there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.